What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by Bloke Jumpers. That is right. Bloke tan hoodies and trackies are dropping next Wednesday, 6 p.m. Not this Wednesday on Origin. Next Wednesday, 6 p.m. Make sure to be there. We've also got Bloke beanies. We've got Bloke red, so they're the mid-strength red and yellow, and we've got OG Bloke colors of brown and yellow beanies. Go to blokeinabar.com or bloke.shop next Wednesday, 6 p.m. There is a limited amount. After this drop, we are dropping no more hoodies for a whole nother year. So if you want a bloke hoodie, make sure to be there next Wednesday, 6 p.m. Also, I will be out the front of bloke, not, not bloke stadium. Maybe one day we'll call it bloke stadium. Suncorp Stadium for Game 3 Origin. It's on the Caxton Street end near the Wally Lewis Medal, also near the big mural. I'll be with the NRL uh, doing live interviews with uh, fans. We'll also be doing competitions, giving away prizes of Queensland, New South Wales, competing against each other in cool, funny competitions. Plus, I could interview live on the NRL social media. Come down, make sure to say hi. It's between 6 and 7 p.m., Game 3 of Origin. I'll be there. Make sure to be, de- be down there. Come and say hi. Talk a bit of footy. But as usual, let's get straight to it, baby! Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. Before we get started, guys, I will be outside Game 3 Suncorp Stadium on the Caxton Street end near the Wally Lewis uh, statue and the big mural. So it'll be the NRL and TikTok. I will be there. Make sure to come down because we'll be giving away free prizes, plus interviewing people on the NRL live stream. So get down, come say hi. After it, I'll stick around, say hi, have a chat with you, talk about Origin. Uh, Really, really keen to see everyone outside Origin. It's the best. It's Christmas. It's literally Christmas. So that's outside Suncorp Stadium. Game three between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. I will be outside Suncorp doing interviews with people, doing competitions of New South Wales versus Queensland, interviewing people on the NRL's live stream, and then obviously mingling with the crew. So make sure to get down. Also, you may be looking at this beautiful jumper I'm wearing. Dropping next Wednesday, 6 p.m. Not this Wednesday, Origin. Next Wednesday, 6 p.m. This great cream slash tan colored hoodie is dropping. It's my favorite color by a mile. I absolutely love it. Also, the trackies of this color will be dropping. So next Wednesday, 6 p.m. Plus, we got beanies, bloke beanies dropping. How good. How good. Dropping at 6 p.m. next week. So set your alarms. Limited amount, uh, especially these jumpers, very, very limited. We want to make it so only the the really uh, loyal community can get these jumpers. So next Wednesday, 6 p.m., be there. But the great Gurino. How you going, brother? Going good, mate. Snuck down the coast, south coast on the weekend, so relaxed, yep. ready to go again. Relaxed, recharged. Recharged, ready to go. What about you, Matty? Yeah, good. Uh, bye weekends, bit, get a bit lost with no footy on, well, none until 7.30 on a Saturday and then four on a Sunday. Um, but South are back in the winter circle, Origins in two days. Life's good. Life is good. Life is good. Uh, also, grab a case of bloke in a bar. From your local, our bloke Mitty is in every single Liquor Legends and our OG bloke is in every single Celebrations, Bottolo, Porter's Liquor, IGA Plus Liquor and New South Wales ACT. Go to blokeinabar.com, type in your postcode, it will show you nearest stockist. Grab a case, grab a case of our Mitty's for uh, Origin. Perfect for midweek. Have a few of these, wake up the next morning feeling fine. Uh, so make sure to grab a case of bloke in a bar. But biggest talking point. Oh, man. Breaks me wee little heart, Guru. Breaks me wee little heart. Munster and Taolangi get COVID. Dearden and Oates come in. But let's talk about Munster and Taolangi. We'll talk about Taolangi first. Um, 
I'm more sad for him personally. Mm. You know, he, he had this opportunity to really redeem his himself from game one. Not that he played shockingly at all, but you could tell him and Selwyn were really keen to bounce back and also potentially get it cement a spot there. You know that. So I'm I'm really disappointed for him because he'll have to continue to fight really hard to get that spot. Whereas he comes out game three, plays really well. You know, you could have that spot for, for a quite a while. So, really sad for him. Thoughts on Talungi first? Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, uh, didn't have his greatest game in game two, but you want to see how guys respond to mm. those games that aren't as good. Um, and, I mean, he's been one of the form wingers in the competition this year as a New South Welshman. Um, you know, I'm obviously stoked that both of these guys are out mm. heading into game three. But from a personal level, as you said, I wanted to give this guy a chance to respond in game three yeah. on the biggest stage he's ever played on. Hopefully he gets to play on bigger stages later this year, but I think he deserved the opportunity to play and it's un- oh, I think it sucks that it's happened in this fashion. Yeah, absolutely. What he'll, do you reckon? Yeah, he'll he'll definitely play again in the near future, but it's, as you said, it's, it's disappointing for him personally, but from a rugby league perspective, I think Oates coming in, it's a, you know, it's a bit of a sideways move, which is, which is fine. Um, obviously the monster loss is going to be significantly worse. Um, yeah, sad for Talungi personally, but I don't think Queensland are too worse off because of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, Oates, what, a, what an opportunity for Oates. Still only 27 years old. He comes out and kills it. All of a sudden, that's his spot again. Um, so, yeah, really disappointing for Talungi, but I guess the good thing is is he did get a debut at least. You know, you cannot take that away from him. He wore that Queensland jersey. Um, and, yeah, one or two things didn't go his way when he debuted, but, you know, he also had some solid touches as well. He didn't look... It didn't look like he wasn't uh, at that level at all. You know, he just got pretty unfortunate that fucking Matty Burton has a bomb from the gods. Um, but outside of that, so yeah, disappointed for Talungi for sure. He'll be back, back better than ever. What's the scary thing about a guy like Talungi is he's getting better and better each week. I was going to say, Talungi was barely in my Cowboys first grade team at the start of the year anyway. Like, well, we, we didn't have him in it. Remember yeah, we, we yeah. were talking about and we didn't have him in the side. He's handy. Well, really, yeah. yeah. And we're like, oh, well, you know, you've got Hiku, then you've got Hamiso. They're probably ahead in the pecking order. But you're totally right. Like, he's proven all of us wrong and nailed that spot. And, I mean, like, he still hasn't played – like, he hasn't played finals footy or anything, so he's only going to get better and better yep, in this side. Yep. So. It's a great point, Matty. Um, at the start of the year, I absolutely – like, and it wasn't – I didn't think he wasn't a first grader. I just thought that back line mm. – because what we were trying to – were we trying to squeeze Drinky in? We are trying to find a spot for Drinky. And we here. thought he was a fullback. Yeah. And then we had Hiku on one wing. Sorry. We, 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 had, we certainly had Hamiso and somewhere – and we had – um, felt as well. Was it Hamiso, Hiku, and then uh, Felt on one wing, and then who and then was the other? Well, Val. One? And then Val. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So it was, uh, it was Hamiso, Val, and then oh no, Hiku, Val, and then Hamiso on a wing. Well, I, oh, yeah, I, I think our argument was that all the mail was that it would be Dearden and Townsend. Yeah. Which we were a little bit skeptical of at the yeah. start of the season. Then we said, well, you have to find a spot for Drinky and. So that, I think that's why we sort of had him out of the side. Yeah, okay. The, and we, va- we, we had Hamiso at centre and Valentine on the wing, I think. Um, but yeah, credit to him because, I mean, outside of Val, he's probably the best outside back at the club. Yeah, I think outside well, of Val. got Drinky there. I mean, he's up there. He's up yeah. there. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I, I cannot see him losing that spot anytime soon. Well, I mean, you, you've got, you know, a guy in Hamiso who was an origin centre last year who handled Turbo. I mean, at no point past week two or three would we have said, oh, Hamiso needs to replace this guy. Good question. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Actually, we'll do it now. Where does Hamiso fit in this Cowboys roster? And could we... Because the guy like Hamiso could, could get really big money fullback somewhere else. I'm going to go out on a limb 
and say that Hamiso, I can't, I don't think he'll be at the club in 24 months' time. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. I, I mean, the only reason he is at the club in, in 24 months' time is because someone else leaves. Yeah. Like, I, I think Drinky's going to have a lot of money thrown at him yeah. by a number of clubs. Um, so if one of them does leave, I can see him staying. But, man, I agree. I don't think I could have him in this side anyway. How, yeah. how old's Kyle Felt? Is he, is he coming to the end of his career? He's like, like 29 or something like that. Okay, so he's still... Not that... Actually, yeah. you know what? He might even be younger. Felt? Kyle Felt's 30. 30. Okay. Yep. So he's still got a few years left in him. So, so yeah, like like that won't line up. How about yeah. Peter Hicku? He's always younger than I think he is too. I think he's like 28. Do you 29. make the tough call and go, sorry, Hicku? Do you make that call to keep Hamiso? It's tough, It's man. unfair I think Hiku's been unreal. I know, I know. I mean, last few games, he's been a bit patchy, but overall from a season, he's been outstanding. I've thought for a couple of weeks now, surely Wayne gives Hamiso a call. Yeah, because like you got to you got to expect Hamiso, rightly so. Well, not rightly so, because you're going to put the best team on the field. But you don't want to be sitting on the bench. Your value's going down and down and down and down. And the Whereas Dolphins like, are screaming for, for a big like name, a good player in the in the spine. Yeah, like a good good player. Well, I mean that's the other one too. Like you you got the Dolphins sitting there, but I mean if Cameron Munster leaves Melbourne, I think Drinkwater to bring him back to Melbourne would be mm. a perfect little fit there. Yeah, that's a good point. And you could you could probably give to to go back to Melbourne. You could probably give him like five six hundred, and he'd probably take it, which is less. And you've already banked for that with the seven fifty yeah. you offered to to Munster. I mean, in saying that, to the Cowboys' credit, like. The Melbourne, like at any other time over the last 20 years, you would have said the Melbourne Storm ringing a Cowboys 5-8 and saying, come to us, yeah. to do it in a heartbeat. But yeah. the Cowboys are building something pretty special up there. He gets to play his preferred position, a fullback. I think he's a fullback. I think he's, I a, think fullback. he's a fullback yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, but like if Melbourne rang him, he wouldn't play fullback. Yeah, He'd yeah. have to play six. So, yeah, yeah it'd be interesting. I do. I My understanding is he really likes the lifestyle up there. Mm. Really likes being out of the, you know, hustle and bustle and, you know, kind of outdoorsy kind of bloke. Um yeah, Hamiso's in this really, really weird position right now because as a club, if you had to make the tough call between Hiko and a, Hiku and a Hamiso, it's not as simple as, oh, well, you keep Hamiso because, you know, he's got this crazy future because Hiku, for the price that he's on, is doing an incredible job. Whereas Hamiso, to keep him, you're probably going to have to pay him a substantial contract. If you had to rank <coughs> Hamiso's best positions... Mm. Fullback center wing. What order would you do it in? Oh, oh God, it's tough. It's tough, but but like I mean, if you sign him as a fullback, it's going to be different money to sign him as a winger. Realistically, yeah. so yep. I mean, probably a center. If I'm being honest, yeah. I, I, I don't know if he fullback he gets through enough work into that. Like he doesn't get his hands on the ball enough. Mm. Um, yeah, look, it's really tough. But like the reason why I like him in center is because he can just come in and break the game open like mm. he does. You know what I mean? Like he has seven touches and one or two of them are just these crazy incredible moments anyway really interesting to see and it's it just shows you the strength of the club if you've got a guy like Hamiso coming off the bench it is incredible where the Cowboys are at right now I mean, like it's crazy to think you look back to last year and Granville jumped in at centre and stuff and we're going okay fuck he's their best centre all of a sudden <laughs> yeah like, it's crazy to think where and he was at fullback now. and we're like he's, he's their best fullback it, yeah. yeah um yeah look it's really interesting uh really interesting to see where the Cowboys go uh and how they manage to keep everyone um the good thing is is I'm pretty sure Amiso is signed on a two, three year deal. Yeah, 2023 will be his last year. So he can, he can chat in a couple of So months. he can chat now. Ooh. Almost, yeah, yeah. Wow. I tell you what, if I'm Redcliffe Dolphins, I'm seeing what's going on there. Would you rather get, like, would you rather get Drinky for six, 700K or Hamiso for fours? I'd take Probably drink Drinky. Water, yeah. Yeah. 
probably Drinky, just because like what he's done this year. And, and also like he's shown, Drinky has shown this class for a while. The only issue he had was his defence yep. um, in the front line. But now that he doesn't have to do that, I mean, some of the stuff he does is just, uh, if he was doing that as Sydney club, he'd be an absolute superstar. Uh, but yeah, uh, anyway, really, really good signs for the Cowboys. Um, On to Munster. This, this sucks, even from, even from a New South Wales perspective, yep. this sucks. Because now everyone's going to go, bruh, we had our main guy out in a, you know, and it's quite lean times at the moment for the, for the Queensland side in the sense that we're, we're just trying to rebuild at the moment. It's not, not to say that we don't have a team that can't, can beat New South Wales, but, you know, it's not like we have fucking depth for days in, in the halves. Um, and so this sucks for Origin and the, the spectacle because we don't have Cam Munster the, the, the king of Suncorp, this generation anyway, obviously Wally's always going to be the real king, but this generation's guy at Suncorp, I just... Look, I'm not a doctor at all. <laughs> I hope you guys know that. <laughs> My brother's a doctor, but I'm not a doctor. Uh, is it time to let this shit go? Is it just a flu now? I, what I'm not getting is like... And please, again, you know, speak to your medical practitioner, all that stuff. This is just a, a guy, a stupid bloke's opinion. Just a bloke in a bar. That's it. But what I'm not understanding is, is that like, if there is one group of people outside of young children that are not affected by this, as in affected, what I mean by is like, they have barely any chance of going to hospital, rah, rah, all that kind of stuff. It is extremely fit athletes. Now, obviously they can still get the flu and feel bad for a few days, all that. But I just think, is it like people are talking about COVID bubbles again? And it's like, w- w- are we just going to do this for the rest of our lives? Like, not like it's, there's no new strain that I'm aware of. It's, it's here. It's here. It's not going anywhere. It's a flu. I don't get it. I don't get it. What do you think, Yuri? Also, not a doctor, which won't shock anyone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it is starting to feel a little bit over the top. I mean, to think that we're pulling Munster out of this game and then you're going to have another 50,000 people, like, at Suncorp, there'll be a thousand people with it there. Easy, it's minimum, minimum. I'm not a doctor, but I, I just it just doesn't feel right to me. I don't know. There's no regulations anymore, though. They did it. They were so pedantic last year because of like all the restrictions. Now yeah. we've and, you know we're all vaxxed, blah blah blah. Yeah. I, I don't understand why we're why the Origin boys are getting tested twice a day. Look, I understand. The bubbles last year, year before, and like fair play to everyone that did that. Like I so much respect and appreciation. But I just feel like it's here. Like what are we doing? Like it's here. It's here. It, like it's a flu, you know. And again, I'm not discounting the people that have had some real hardship and heartbreak over this um, this, this strain. I'm not. I'm not like at all. We're talking. That's we're, that's different time. I'm talking about right now as it stands. Um, yes, it is something to be taken seriously. Yes, we should always keep a vigilant look on how things are going, but I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's a part of society now. Essentially, everyone's had it. Um, I, I don't know why we're pulling guys out of origins. Like, I just tell me how that helps the general population. Well, COVID put me in hospital at the start of the year. And, and like, I'm even saying it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it, it makes no sense. Because like, if we're not stopping it now, if we're not removing these restrictions now, what has to improve to change that? That's what that? I mean. That's what I mean. It's not going anywhere. It's not going away. It's, you know, I mean, it, it may, like, fizzle out over the next five to six years or whatever. 
Um, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know how. Like, is anyone sitting there going, oh, thank God those Origin boys isolated? Like, no. Anyway, and I, and I say the same thing. Let's say Nathan Cleary was out. I'd say exactly the same thing. Uh, and, yeah, look, again. Well, I mean, that's the other scary thing, that finals is only 12 weeks away. The climate isn't, probably isn't going to change in the next 12 weeks. We get to grand final week and this sort of stuff happens. Like, I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. And, and, it's, and again, I'm happy if there is uh, information out there that says I'm wrong about this and there is a very real reason why we have to continue to worry about certain things. Is it the pressure on the hospital system or whatever? Maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I just think that like it's gotten to the point where there are so many people walking around with it right now that just because they don't like people just don't test and you know fair enough it's it's the flu um i'm not understanding i'm not i'm not anyway what does this do for queensland yeah it hurts and mate i agree with you as a new south wales fan yeah i said before i'm I'm happy about it like i'm not happy that munster's out Mm. i want to see the best of the best i want Mm. us to take on the best of the best and the reality is that you know i i think you've got players like i'd probably move Ben Hunt six. Mm. That'd be my move. And I think Ben Hunt's a quote, you know, champion player. He's leading the Dally M still as it stands right now, I believe. He can come in and do a job, but Origins won in moments. Mm. Munster's the guy that owns moments. And that's where you're going to miss him. I think Ben Hunt will come in and do a good job. I'd go with Hunt at six did on the bench and then move Hunt to Hooker eventually. Uh, but it's it's those moments that Munster can win out of nowhere, yeah. Which you know you, you said before, he, like he's the modern day king. That's exactly what Wally used to do. These games would be close, and then he would break it open in a single moment. And we've mm. seen Munster do that on a number of occasions. I think it's a massive loss for you, mm. huge loss. I, it's. Yeah. I was yeah, I was at the pub when the news dropped, and I won't lie, I was very happy for about half an hour. Like I was like, fucking earth, we're gonna win Origin. Yeah. But then I had that kind of deflating feeling come over going oh i mean we were talking before the show like even if the blues win now like and cleary has a good game are, are people gonna say oh well munster was out yeah like and it, like even the win at suncorp it's still an incredible feat and don't get me wrong but it, I, I, it'll be hollow it it'll will be, be. Hollow. there's no denying yeah. like, but, I, i'd love to be a fly on the wall in nathan cleary's oh. room when this he would have just gone fuck i okay. can't win yeah. mad yeah i tell you what i fucking hate queensland but <laughs> This has Queensland and Bush written all over it. And so that, that's my next point. My next point. Really, like, not the only real winners, because that's stupid. Like, whoever wins the last game is the real winners or whatever. But, like, Queensland are in this, like, really kind of, like, pressureless situation. Outside of getting absolutely fucking towed up, like, that would be, you know, devastating regardless. But Queensland all, all, all of a sudden get in this position where, like, Oh, everyone thinks they're not going to win. If they win, it's the greatest. Put it this way. I feel like Queensland have more to win than New South Wales do. Because, like, New South Wales win, everyone says because Munster's not there, rah, rah. Queensland win, it's the greatest fucking win in history. It's perfect for you. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, I, yeah, as a New South Wales fan, like, it's great that your number one player isn't there. Mm. But it just builds a perfect narrative for you guys. Mm. It really does. It's... Yeah, I, I, like I was thinking about it today is is Munster being out of Origin three is that bigger than when Cam Smith was ruled out of the 08 Grand Final? Like is it? Yeah, well, like we saw how that played out. Yeah. Oh, I think the thing that sucks for <coughs> Munster is that he's missing this game because he exists. Yeah. He hasn't done anything wrong. He doesn't like it's just. And Billy Billy came on and said like he is literally sweet. Yeah. So Taolangi apparently is is you know crook, and Munster is like literally sweet. 
Yeah. There's like I mean, nothing wrong. Uh, yeah. I mean, as expected, but credit to Queensland for being upfront and honest. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Credit, like, cause I tell you what, if that test comes past my desk, oh. I'm, always, I'm always doing these ones. Yeah. Fuck. At minimum, test. there's a conversation. There's, <laughs> there's a, a conversation. What do we think? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and yeah, look, just to be really clear, guys, we are not discounting the heartbreak and suffering people have gone through, you know, in the, the last years. Just talking about as it stands right now. Um, in regards to, to COVID. Um, just, just one more thing about the COVID thing. This dropped on Friday. The game's on Wednesday. Mm. Like, even if he was sick, he'd be over it by Wednesday anyway. I know. I know. Well, wasn't it crazy how, like, we had the Nico Hines drama and then we're like, oh, New South Wales got by without, yeah, without getting go. it. How good's that? Then this drops, you're just going, what the fuck? Yeah. How? Oh, man. And then, like, then the, the questions start becoming up of, like, oh, should have they gone out to the public and done all these things? It's like, that's what Origin's all about. It's about getting out in the public and making the days of some country town or but I mean, like, rural like, area. What do you do now for, for the finals? Like Grand final week, do they do coaching clinics? Do they go to the breakfast? Do they? I, I don't think you can afford to do nah, it. No, there's no way. If I'm if I'm a club heading into finals, we are bubbling. Yeah, like we're bub- we're, sure. we're getting in a bubble, um, and that sucks because I, I don't I think we should move past that as a, as a society. Um, but I, I would be bubbling. Like think about it. Are you going to risk? To prove a point, yeah, like to, yeah. you know, and like if one of the guys in your club's got it, like it could cause a domino effect that could last for a month and a half. Yeah, just keep. Yeah, it could derail keep, everything. It's uh, fuck. Anyway, I, even like some like I get on the plane every. This is how crazy it's gotten. So you get on the plane, you got to wear your mask in the plane. But like so, a few months ago, it was mask in the airport, and so everyone was doing it. Yeah. Now people walk in and they're like, no one's wearing a mask in the airport. But when you get on the plane, they make you wear it. Yeah. So you get on the plane, you put a mask on, you get off the plane, you take the mask off. Like, what? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I want to be really clear. Like, this is, this is not like saying that the restrictions and stuff we went through weren't reasonable and all that kind of stuff. Well, not reasonable, but needed or whatever. I'm just talking about now as it stands. I just... <laughs> It just blows yeah, my you get mind. Get off the plane. You all gather around to collect your luggage, standing. I know. It's just I know. Or, or you're going out into the public. Like it's yeah. it's bizarre. Anyway, okay. There's, there must put it this way. There must be more that I don't know about it, and I don't. I'm just some fucking idiot, uh, rambling on. But it's annoying because it's fucked. It's fucked up the game. Oh it's man, just, it's super shit. annoying. Super super annoying. Uh, but anyway, back to Munster. Look, I will say silver lining for Queensland is Benny Hunt's probably leading the Dalian right now. So, although we are missing Munster, and although it's very easy for Queensland to go, oh, poor us, we're missing Munster and all this kind of stuff, we have the current Dallium leader half in our halves. Who has always stood up in the Origin Who's Arena. Who's always gone well at Origin Arena. And, he can, and let, you just look at the game yesterday. The, the difference he makes with St. George. Oh, my God. Crazy. And so, I, I, look, I get the argument of, like, Munster's arena and he's the one that stands up. But... You know, if you're being fair dinkum to the Queensland, you go, oh, okay, so are you saying you can't win with Ben Hunt and Daly Cherry Evans? So you're telling me that, okay, yeah, Cleary, he is incredible. Luai, you know, he is really good. You're telling me that DC and Ben Hunt don't have what it takes to beat Cleary and Luai? Well, I reckon if Ben Hunt was New South Wales, he'd be in our team somewhere. Yeah, for sure. He'd be a 14, I reckon. Mm. Um, I So... Although it sucks that Munster's out, I don't think that Queensland are in a 
crazy position where you know they're picking Benny Hunt out of form and he's just coming in to save the day. It's like no, no, we're leading. Where he's currently most likely when it went behind closed doors, he was leading the Dalians, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So like, we're we're pulling in a Dalian leader to the hard position. That is his. Like obviously he's going to be six, not seven. But I actually like him at six anyway because he's ball running so good. So and he's won the Queensland Player of the Year twice in the last three years. Hundred percent. 100%. So are you telling me, like, they don't have the team to do it? How does this bloke get bagged? I know, it's crazy. I I'm know. so glad he hasn't got bagged in a few recent years, but a few oh, years ago, like, it was fucking relentless. Ne- oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck. It's crazy. Anyway, um, so, like, I kind of, as a Queenslander, I go, yeah, devastating, lose Munster. Yeah, okay, the win will be a little bit hollow because that's all we'll be focusing on. But, like, f- fair dinkum, like, it's Ben Hunt and DCE. Yeah. Like, if you can't win with those two, then... Ben Hunt has played many games better than Ken Munster. And I'm not saying he's better in the Origin Arena. I'm just saying, like, Benny Hunt has played some fucking incredible footy. And this year, he's playing the best footy out of everyone, arguably. Yeah. I mentioned before that I would go start six, did not the bench. Are you thinking the same sort of... <clears throat> yeah, look, I, 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 there is an inkling. There's a, a concern that, like, maybe Billy really is going down this youth route. And he's going to put uh, Tom Dearden in the starting side at the six. Um, oh, look, I would disagree with that. I can understand where Billy's coming from, like of like, you know, we put Dearden in now. He's clearly been identified as someone that we want to bring in long term. It seems like Billy has made these decisions. You know, there's been quite a few decisions like Nanai starting. I don't think anyone could have predicted that. So Billy has got it in him to make a big, big call about a young player that a lot of us are going, whoa, um, I don't know if he's ready to be starting. So, yeah, there were some, there was some male that did and may even start at six. I personally think that's – yeah, I disagree with it. I would be putting Benny Hunt at six and I would be like saying basically DC and Benny, this is your time. This is your time to have your moment. Like could you – like for example – how poetic would it be for Benny Hunt to come in at Suncorp, win a series for Queensland at seven, or oh, six, sorry. It would almost erase the, the grand final. As much as I would hate it, God, I would love it for Ben because he deserves mm. it. He did, that's what I mean. If there's yeah. one bloke that deserves that moment to go, okay, yep, the grand final happened, comes back, everyone thinks Queensland are done. Like, done. What paying, New South Wales paying $1.30. $1.35. In Suncorp. That's just fucking. A dollar thirty-five against Ben Hunt and DCE. <laughs> this is our spine: Ben Hunt, DCE, Harry Grant, and Kalen Ponga. Like I, I am not so convinced that we are out of the fight, and I am not so convinced that that, that spine couldn't put on a better game than one, a one with Munster in it. I, I, I don't think anyone's suggesting you, you're out of the fight. Yeah, but you obviously are losing a superstar. There's no doubt. For about sure. It. Yeah. But I'm talking general consensus. Yeah. Most people would would discount. They're not really appreciating the fact that Benny Hunt is literally yeah, leading Dally M. You yeah. know, I don't think anyone. Everyone is focused on. Oh, Origin is the the you know Munster is the Origin guy, and he's done this and that, and and rightly so. But you know, Benny Hunt has done some pretty good things in fucking Origin. Ben Hunt's not not the Origin guy. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I don't think we're out of the fight anywhere near as much as some people may think. What do you reckon is going to happen with um, Harry Grant if Hunt does start in the halves? How long do you reckon he would play? Yeah, so like, will, will Hunt move to hooker at some point? Yeah, I think I think I think they'll basically say Harry, we're going we're going to get you in there for the first twenty to thirty, then bring Hunt there for for um, thirty to half time, and Dearden comes on. Um, 
and then maybe Dearden starts the second half, Hunt in at nine, and then then the last uh, 30, uh, Harry comes back on and they just say, Harry, we just need you to get through it. Like, just mm. get through that 30-minute period and and see how we go. That That's how I see it happening. I think Dearden will get about 20 minutes in the middle, in the on the halves there. Right, so, so at the back end of the game, you think they'll take Dearden back off? Well, I, I think that they're going to hope that Harry can do something special and just hang in there. Well, he's done it before, Harry, in the last 20 in origin. So Yeah, well, uh, this would be last 30. Last 30, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, they bring him on. I mean, maybe they bring him on for last 20, but I would be saying, look, bring him on last 30 and just fingers crossed that he can, like, hang on. Just hang on. Um, because I think we're going to need Harry on the field for as long as possible in this game. I mean, the other thing with Dearden, you know, as we just said with Hamiso, like, he's played incredibly well this year. But club football's been Tom Dearden's peak mm. at the moment. Like, he hasn't played. Oh, yeah. We don't know. So it is going to be... I, 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 I'm... <clears throat> I think he 100% deserves to be there, and I think he will do well. But it would be a lot to chuck him in at six to. And also, not to be not to be harsh, but he did take a while to warm up to first grade. Oh, for sure, and and, and also to be even harsher. And again, I'm he deserves it. Like he's worked his ring off, but right now his defining attribute is defence. Mm. You know, like I don't look at him in attack and go, "Oh fuck, I'm I'm worried." Uh, as New South Wales, like, like he's a good, solid attacker, but he's not tearing teams apart um, with, you know, he's not like the same vein as a Munster or even Luai. He's he's a very, very fucking strong defensive half. If you're going to go down the route we're talking about, mm. having Benny Hunt at six, Dearden off the bench, as you said, I, and I agree with you, I, I think his defence has been the hallmark of his game this yeah. year. Would you have considered a Sam Walker or a Reese Walsh or someone with a little bit more X-Factor to Nah, I, I think we have the X-Factor with Harry Grant and I think like DC is going to have to have the game of his fucking life. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we have the X-Factor. I really do. Kalen Ponga, like, are you telling me Kalen can't do Drinky's job? Like, mm. um, you know, like Drinky does at Cowboys with yep. Dearden? I, I think we'll be, I think we've got enough X-Factor for sure. Um, but yeah, look, really, really interesting. I, um, I like Benny Hunt. I don't know. I just got a feeling that he's going to take this opportunity, and also it could be a a um, almost a test run for Benny Hunt. Let's say he goes into the halves, does really well. Let's say they lose lose the series, but Benny Hunt kills it. You could argue, okay, you know that puts pressure on DCE keeping his spot the next year, and Munster comes back in, and it's and it's a Munster Hunt pairing until you know the next. No, I is think ready. there's a real world where that could unfold. Mm. So really interesting. As I said, devastated to lose Munster, but I absolutely do not think that uh, Queensland are out of the fight at all. And I think that it's almost a bit like if anyone, if if anyone in the Queensland camp is thinking that, that's a soft way to think because you've got Ben Hunt. Mm. I can understand if you're bringing in like a rookie that's never played before and he's just going, okay, then I'd understand if there was a bit of like, ooh, we're fucked. We're, we're fucking in a bit of world of hurt here. But like, I'm sure Billy and Cam and JT and uh, Hannay will, will be sitting all the boys down going, boys, like, yeah. are you fucking telling me we can't win right now? I think it's one of those situations where, you know, like, I, I think you're better with Munster, but with Hunt there, you're different. And yeah. different can be scary. 100%. Like, especially in a decider, you don't, like, I, I don't really know what, Hunt That's what I mean. Look like. New South yeah. Wales game plan. How like how do you defend Benny Hunt? Yeah. Whereas whereas Munster, 
there would be systems and systems on systems of like every time he gets the ball, you stay square, always have two people around him, you know, watch his inside. Left, whereas like Benny Hunt, how, how is Queensland going to play? Is it going to be Ben Hunt dominant or DCE dominant? Um, you know... I also think of the Dragons, like, like I, I think Ben Hunt's got one of the best running games in rugby league, full mm. stop. But I think quite often the Dragons, if he gets tackled, they don't get off the back of him. Yeah, no. Nah. You bet your dick, Harry Grant, oh, 100%. he's going to be cruising off the back of him. Absolutely. So I, I still think it's going to be an incredibly entertaining affair. And although it's going to feel hollow because Munster, you know, if New South Wales win because Munster isn't there, but I think New South Wales fans should still be like, hey, hang on a sec. Let's just remember we beat the Dallium. And I'm pretty sure DCE is in the top 10 as well, is he, Dally Ems? He'd be up there. Well, he's had a fucking good year. Yeah. You know, outside of some issues, like some things in defence, in attack he's been absolutely outstanding. Yeah, yeah, he's right, he's right up there. Yep. You know what I mean? So you start saying to yourself, well, hang on a sec. Matter of fact, they're both higher than Munster. Yep. Yep. Yep, he's um, one point. Well, yeah, yep. So, look, it's going to be really, really interesting. I mean, <laughs> Queensland are almost in a... Like silver lining wise, they're in this like really a uh, a spot where they have so much to win. They have so much to win. Like they they don't need any more motivation. Think about how easy it is going to be to get them up and about for a famous victory at Suncorp Stadium without the Mad Dog Munster and Talangi. Um, so, do you, what do you think with with Deirdre? And do you think they'll bring him on? Yeah, oh, I think they'll start Hunt at six. I, I think it's interesting what you said. I, in my mind, I thought they'd start with Hunt at six, mm. bring Dearden on. Then I, I, in my mind, I think Dearden will play the game. Mm. And I just think that the Hunt and Grant rotation will go back to as it was Okay, with those two. Yeah, okay. Interesting. I, I, I hadn't even considered what you said, to be honest with yeah. you. It was interesting, yeah. Yeah, well, I was just thinking like, you just, you, you I, I kind of feel like you want Harry on there for as long as possible. And I just think that, you want Dearden on there, not for as least as possible, but when you've got Benny Hunt there, it's mm-hmm. kind of like Benny Hunt is he is playing better footy at seven, at six or seven, but in the halves than Dearden anyway at the club. So why would you, when you've got Harry Grant that can play, that may be able to punch out those minutes, why? Yeah, I think yeah. you're actually better off having Benny Hunt at seven, six. I, I, I think that Slater will come in with a general plan, but I think the plan will have an asterisk on it. See how Deedon goes. Yeah, for see sure. How he's travelling. Look, if he comes on and kills it, keep yeah. him on there. And is, just is there a world where all three are on the field at the same time? Like, could, could you play Benny Hunt at like 13? Or even pull DCE off and it's Hunt Deedon? Could you imagine? Didn't think Might, that. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I think there's crazy things that could happen. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, it's Especially a, if they do run out with DCE and Nanai defending there, mm. if there's an issue, because you know New South Wales is going to go there, that's oh, no fucking secret. All night. If they do get caught out there. Mm. When you think about it, what as a New South Wales fan, what concerns you more in defence? Two sides with Bruce, Benny Hunt, and Dearden defending? Like, that's, that's actually two of the best defensive fucking... Like, both of them can shot. Like, Dearden was literally... Picked up and put stags on his ass. Um, I mean, look, I know it's a massive smoky, a massive smoky, but I don't think they're afraid to make the big calls. I don't know why. You're right, as a New South Wales fan, that, not, no offence to him, but that Nanai Cherry Evans combo is getting me excited. It, it yeah. pretty much writes our game plan. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, if, if, 
you know, some crazy percentage of your attack isn't down that edge, I will be absolutely And it, it works to our favour. You've got the entire left edge from the grand final. Like, you've got Matty Burton. You've got um, Jerome Luai there. You've got Cam Murray, who's one of the best edge runners in rugby league. Yep. Like, the narrative kind of writes itself. Mm. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be really interesting. I wonder if, like, let's say two early tries go down there. I wonder if Billy just makes a snap call and goes, oh, could you imagine? As crazy as it is for the Queensland captain to get hooked, I, I don't think it's that crazy. I really, I think it could happen. Yeah, it yeah. could, but that, but like, if they do concede a few tries, then they don't they have to rely on DC to try and get get some points back. Well, maybe they just Benny Hunt. They just trust him to do it. I, I think it'd be a different scenario if Deedon, if this was his first time coming to Origin. He's been there for all three games. Yeah, it's true. It's true, and and, and they have been pretty. I guess. The fact that he's been there all three games means he's identified as the next guy. You know, because even even in the Blues camp, you know, I know Nico Hines has been there all three times, mm. but he, Nico Hines isn't necessarily a rookie rookie like Dearden is. And Nico can cover Multiple every position. position and he's not really there as the next seven. Yeah. It's like, but I know. mean, like, like they also, you know, they spent the first two games with Dearden in the squad. You could have brought Sam Walker in at any point you wanted. Yeah, they didn't. They stuck with Dearden yeah. and Reese Walsh. Like... There's options there yeah. when you have got the Dallium leading halfback in your team as well somewhere else. I'll tell you what, and, it, and from a game plan, like, Freddie would almost be like, what the fuck? Like, what? Yeah. It would almost shock them into, oh, shit. Now you've got Dearden defending down that edge, who's a great defender, and Benny Hunt on the other edge, or Benny Hunt on that edge, or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, look, again, I know it's massively long odds, but it's a real possibility. A real do you do you still think they'll start with Nano on that edge? Yeah, I think they'll start. I think yeah. they'll start. Mm. Okay. Slater, it seems that Slater doesn't fuck around with yeah. that stuff. Yeah, he doesn't fuck around. Man, every time he talks, he's like, "You just listen, eh?" Like you're like, "You're so smart, bro." It's so annoying, like because <laughs> yeah. he's from Queensland. <laughs> well, it's like Freddie for me. Yeah, you know, like I love Freddie. Like mm. oh, I'm so impressed with what he's done, um, and like it pisses me off that he's done so well, but I can't help but admire what he, like, you know, the, the massive calls that he's made. Think about, think about the calls this bloke has made in such a short time. And in, in nearly every other scenario, every other dimension, they would completely implode. Like it would be a fucking disaster of making, like I would love to see the number of players he's gone through in squads. It would be huge. People forget, this is crazy when you think about it. They like look back and think about it. He debuted 11 people in one game. I know. 11 people. That's insane. And so you can't, you like, well, I know it's a very fast moving world and, and new cycles. It's almost every 24 hours and then we forget. But like Freddie's career at Origin Coach has been nothing short of it. Absolutely incredible. Yes, they had the one hiccup year. But outside of that, he's made huge sweeping calls on regular basis. And every single time he does, it seems to work. Um, and this is coming from a bloke that sometimes I still think like with those big calls, I wonder how good it is for the, the squad long term. Like when you're sending like, for example, like all of us, we sit and we go, I don't understand the selection process from Freddie. We, we don't understand it. But at the end of the day, it's if they win this series, it's four out of five. Like how, how much longer do we need before we start going, okay, Freddie clearly sees something that we all don't see. Yeah, we don't have to understand. Yeah, we don't have to understand working, it. Yeah. It's working. Like it, it's, it's, almost, it's almost a swing series because if Queensland managed to get the win, it goes to 3-2. 
and all of a sudden it's kind of like this huge window New South Wales had may just have closed. And it's crazy, you know, if either team could win this by one point and we're looking at it completely differently. It's insane. Yeah. I will say too, another thing in New South Wales defence, we have to remember, you're missing Latrell and Tom Dravojevic. Mm. So like, yeah, we're missing Munster, but you're missing Latrell and Tom yeah. Dravojevic. So, you know what, the more I think about it, it's kind of like, is it that much of a hollow victory? What's more valuable to State of Origin, Turbo and Latrell or a Munster? Well, you look at last year's series and you go, Tom Dravojevic, mm. every series he's played, he's won, hasn't he? He's never lost a live origin match. So what that means is when the game's on the line, he's never lost. So yeah. like he's played and lost in dead rubbers, but that's it. Mm. But he's never lost a series though, has he? No, 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 neither's Latrell. Yeah. You know? Mm. So I would say they at least both of them equal one for sure. Like both of them equal Munster for sure. The difference though is what you said before is like as good as Tommy and Latrell are, generational players, at least we can kind of cover it whereas Munster. Yeah, it's, it's a big loss just on the eve of the, final, uh, but, the finals. But, you know, like, that's, that's still one for one player out. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you, ha you have key players out. So, yeah. Fuck Origin, man. There's all, like, the drama. It, every year, something crazy happens where you're going, holy fuck, like, how, how is this happening? But at least when something crazy happens, it usually is injury, suspension, yeah. whatever. Like, like I, unfortunately, I think this series, if the Blues win, I think it's going to be remembered as the series that Munster <coughs> was. Yep. Imagine time. being Munster, sitting, will it be, he be at home? He'll be at home, yeah. Fit as a fiddle. Going. He won't be home if they're not letting him play. Yeah. Fit as a fiddle. Just like going, fuck. Like I'm, I'm not sick, not so, like nothing. Anyway. Uh, you do, do you, like I, I imagine too, without ever meeting Cam Munster, I imagine that he'd, he'd be a pretty big loss during the week as well. Being the yeah, oh, for like, sure. For I, sure. I imagine he'd, he'd be one of the alphas and the... Main guys, energy yeah, guys. energy guys in For this sure. squad. He'd be bouncing off the walls in that room, I tell you what. Holy shit. That's another thing. He has to stay in that room. He can't just... He can't leave and go home and then isolate there. Oh, that is so fun. Oh, does he have to stay in the hotel? Well, I'd assume so. Oh, that's torture. Because, like, you've got to isolate immediately. Yeah, right. you have, yeah if they're not letting him play Origin, you'd have to assume he's Like, he went yeah. straight into that room and then he couldn't come out. Oh, they certainly would. Yeah, true. They wouldn't let him go across state borders. Yeah, cross state borders, like getting a plane, fucking go home and that. <laughs> oh, fuck. Your head noise <laughs> would be off. Oh, dear. Oh, in that room. It's not even in your house. Oh, that is... That's... Oh, anyway, we won't get into it because we don't... Yeah, anyway. Um, now, more devastating news. McLean out with a hamstring injury. Jacob Saifidi comes in. Watching this interview with McLean, basically understanding that it was probably his last chance to make his origin debut is some of the most heartbreaking stuff you'll ever watch. Because he knows, he knows that the chances of him making it back are so slim. Like, that, that's not to say he can't at all, but it is to say, like, yeah. he is at the end of his career. You know, there's been multiple injuries or people out or whatever that have, you know, put him in there. Um, devastated for him. Devastated for him. Yeah. I mean, there's a world where he could get another shot, but it's going to be tough. Mm. It is going to be tough. And you, you could tell that he knew in that moment. Yeah. God, he did well to answer some of those questions. Like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, they were just some, some of the, the ways those questions were worded, just very detached from the reality. Of what was, yeah. yeah not, uh, not, not like some of the interviewing questions were like not understanding rugby like yeah. didn't sound like it understood the situation this bloke was in it was almost like 
as if it was a fairy tale. Oh, you'll fight your way yeah, back in, mate. It's like, like a Walt Disney, yeah. Yeah, yeah this, like but this was the fairy tale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A 30 roll coming in for Origin 3. That no Payne one expected. Gets ruled out. Yeah. Like you just. Yeah, it was. Br- fuck. It was it's tough. One of the harder interviews to watch. Mm. I've seen it a lot. Especially long time. talking about his. Like how he had to tell his kids yeah. oh. he's going to miss the game. Oh, my God. Fuck. Um, I will say, and look, it's, it's probably just by chance, but like two hamstring injuries with two Cowboys players in origin, I wonder whether um, their workload is quite substantial. Again, no evidence of it, but it is. I, I heard somewhere that McLean's had 20 hamstring injuries in 10 years. Oh, really? Like something, okay, something well, then that crazy. has nothing to do with the Cowboys. Yeah, okay. Did you say 20 in 10 years? Yeah. I'll have mm. to check that, but that's what I heard it on the radio, I think, on the weekend. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then obviously absolutely has nothing to do with – it's just, just – uh, the only reason I ask that question is, like, obviously we – Cotter was – it seemed like it was a – you know, yeah. could have easily been prevented, could have just not played or whatever. Um, but if he's had 20, then that's absolutely no – It, it no adds problem. to the like, – obviously, it's obvious why he was upset, but that adds another layer to it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, fuck. Like for, for that to be the thing that stops you yeah. when you, when you seemingly overcome it. For yeah, for so long. And the, and the Cowboys have done such a good job to get this bloke into peak Nick at 30 years old. Yeah, sorry, I'm just reading it here. 20. 20, okay, well. Far out. He's also got like, I think people forget when the Cowboys signed him, he, he was the best front row in rugby league. He'd won a competition for Australia. He's a kangaroos front rower. He's been absolutely uh, like uh, he, he's he's copped a fair whack since he's probably been a little bit he's probably got away a little bit because he's up in North Queensland they mm. don't tend to get as much attention but I mean <clears throat> I, I think at some point we've all sort of sat there over the last three or four years and gone fuck what happened to Jordan McLean oh for sure for sure and now for him to get this opportunity and for someone like Freddie to see you know for someone like, like Freddie that gets Origin to see that he's cut from that cloth to be there mm. just devastating yeah oh man I definitely like that like. If you had asked me asked me at the start of last year, is McLean towards the end of his career, like in the sense of like he'll probably be in Super League soon, I probably would have said yes. If you said to me at the start of the year McLean would be on the bench for the Cowboys, I'd go, yep, no, that probably makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's just an incredible sentiment to, you know, him, his work ethic and his ability to bounce back even though, you know, had every reason to go, you know what, I'm on a big contract. Yep. It's the end of my career. Let's just cruise the boat on in. But he hasn't. He's taken his game to a whole new level. And I feel like we do it every week. But that Cowboy system, whatever they're doing up there, it's bloody working. Holy moly. The amount of that, I think they have more, like if you include the extended squad, I think they have as many people in the squads as Penrith maybe. So they've got Chaddy Townsend, Jordan McLean, Robson. Tommy Dearden. Robson, um, Talungi, so that's five. Gilbert. Gilbert, six. Could you count Ruben Cotter? You could count Cotter because he's been in it, yeah. We've got Nanai. You've got Nanai, Nanai, eight. Fucking hell, yeah. There's a lot. Val. Val, nine. That's incredible. These guys were 15th last year. 15th. I'm pretty sure Penrith have eight. They might even have seven. I think they've got seven. Mm. Seven. But we are counting Cotter, who was out. So look, let's just let's just call it even. We'll call it even. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I'm not pretty amazing. It's bloody incredible. Did you say um, Hamisa? Didn't even say Hamisa. Yeah. So you you look at like 10. 10. 10. 10 Cowboys have been through both squads. Far out. Amazing stuff. What they've done there, Toddy Payton. Honestly, <laughs> he must be sitting there going like, I know he would trust his processes and 
you know, he would have always planned for it to be like this. But surely he's sitting there going, fuck, how did this happen so quickly? This this was a ten this is a five year plan, not a well, two year plan. That's the other thing. Like the way they're playing, it doesn't feel like a flash in the pan, a team that just got a hot handle. No, nah, no way. They're playing grindy, proper team rugby league. Yeah. Like it feels like it can go on for longer, you know? Absolutely. It almost feels like they actually got a bit more in them. Yeah. You know, when you watch them play, you know, sometimes they have really low compl- like perfect example, they play Penrith, they lose twenty two nil. They've clearly like if they complete at a higher percentage that game, they lose 16-6 or something yeah. like that. And all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're only losing by, you know, 10 points to Penrith Panthers at Penrith. Whereas, like, there's been teams in the past, like, you look at the Eels in 09, went on that unbelievable run, but we all knew. shock anyone, they weren't that great yeah, in 2010. we all knew what was happening yeah, there. It was a like, crazy run. It was even the same as the Cowboys in 2017. Was anyone shocked they weren't sensational in 18? Yeah, yeah. Whereas this team just feels like... Yeah. Cowboys in 17 were really interesting because... We did think bringing back Thurston and Scott That's true. would be yeah. really good. But I know what you mean where when you saw them come out the next year and struggle, you're like, oh, okay. like they Michael Morgan had the hot hand. Tam Lolo won the, yeah. the Daly M that year. Like, yeah. like, whereas this team, like, I said to you, who's been their best player? Very hard to but say. You could go to 10 people. That, they could say six different blokes. Mm. I yep. know it's obvious, but it's obviously their defense that is – they're averaging 14 points conceded a game. Yeah. Compared yeah. that to last year. Yeah. So good, honestly. The Cowboys, what an incredible story. Toddy Payton, absolute shoe-in for Coach of the Year. Unless, like, the Sharkies continue to improve, which we'll get to, because, like, I think the Sharkies might be back. Yeah, quite possibly. Definitely. I think they might be back, Definitely seriously. Back. They're playing like they were playing at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, so look, Cowboys, massive congratulations. Everything that's going on up there. And they're, they're, like, they're, almost, they're in this perfect spot because it's a rugby league heartland, but it's out of the spotlight. And so you've got the whole community behind you, but you don't have to deal with the Sydney paper, there's a Brisbane or the, you know what I mean? You're yeah. out of all that nonsense, but you have the whole community behind you. Whereas like Melbourne are out of all the nonsense, but they're not a rugby league town, you know? So that, it's just a great spot to be in. And Cowboys. like going to Melbourne's tough, but... Going to North Queensland in mm. those conditions. Hot weather, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, devastated for McLean. Devastated. Um, I mean, I know he didn't get to actually wear the jersey, but at the end of the day, he was selected to play, you know, so he can hold on to that. I know it's a small, small, tiny silver lining, but it still is the fact that he was selected to play in Origin. <clears throat> I imagine, too, part of him would have... You know, would have come out of that World Cup that he played in. I think was it 2018 or 17 mm. around that mark. Just thinking, okay, Origins next. Mm. Yeah, and it's taken four or five years to get there, mm. and then this happens. And he would have been fighting with himself, like yeah. going to the Cowboys. Did that ruin my career? Did I make that? Like, and again, not the Cowboys. I'm saying, like him personally, going, did I make the wrong decision? Should I stay at Storm for less money? It would have been playing on his mind constantly, and then for. And, and look, for him too, he's been a part of Cowboys' resurgence, you know, so he can hold his head high with that as well. Um, yeah, look, incredible stuff. Incredible stuff for um, McLean's turnaround. So, yeah, wishing him all the best. Uh, Jacob Saifidi comes in for his debut, the big fella. Uh, look, like there's been, I guess, a lot of, um, first of all, massive congratulations to Jacob. Um, I think Freddie sees something in him. I think he's a player that Freddie has identified as can do a job, big body, uh, and also, he's going to get a lot of confidence out of going into camp like this. I think it's it's exactly what the Newey Knights need, uh, a player of, of his age and importance to the squad to go and get some confidence. So, yeah, massive congratulations to Jacob Saifedi. Do, do we think he's going to play? 
I think he'll do more than come into the squad, won't he? Like, I'm looking at their team list now. They've still... Oh, no, they're no, playing. He's playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah playing. he's playing. Yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, all the criticisms I've heard, you could copy and paste from four years ago and replace Daniel with Jacob. Mm. Yeah. Didn't take long for everyone to say Dan- Daniel was a good pick. He turned into one of the better front rowers. So, um, another one that we don't have to understand what Freddie's doing, but if it works... It works. Yeah, Freddie sees something. And look, I understand people's frustrations of like, look, you knew we were struggling. Jacob has had, you know, okay year, not hasn't set the world alight. I he think did, if he you did. would have picked him last year. Yeah, a I was bit of a just about to say that. He won yeah. the Knights Player of the Year last year. Mm. And I, I think last year, Jacob was playing better than what Daniel was when he got picked for Origin. Mm. This year, I don't think Jacob's been as good as what he was last year. Uh, but he's got it in him. He's got it in him. You sure. know, like yeah. he won the Player of the Year, especially there was a, like, like a, five to six week period at the end of last year where he was outstanding. So, you know, sometimes players just need someone to show a bit of faith in them. Um, and Freddie has done that with Jacob. So massive congratulations. Um, now, RC, a lot of chat about RCG not being selected and, and you know, people kind of saying, how do you go from starting front rower to can't even get a call in when there's two front row injuries? Um, plus, Jake Trevojevic got called in. Uh, Freddie said in an interview that RCG's style of play doesn't suit how the Blues want to play. I'm pretty sure he said that when he was asked about uh, Penrith and is there some tension between RCG and Penrith. Freddie said, no, no, this was my decision. He doesn't suit the way the Blues want to play. Um, I, I, I actually can see some sense in this only because the McLean selection and the Jake Devoy selection and it seems like Freddie has identified that he needs two front rowers that are like really good defensively. Not not to say that RCG isn't, but they are both kind of. You look at McLean and you look at Jake Javorovic; they're both kind of old school front rowers. Mm. Um, in saying that, like, can Jacob Saifidi offer anything that RCG can't? In my opinion, probably not really. I'll just throw this in there: Jacob Saifidi's missed two tackles in the last four games. Okay, and how many tackles has RCG missed? I'll get that for you. So he has gone that defensive route again. And so that, that idea of Jake Trevojevic and McLean, who McLean had missed like 12 tackles all season or something, mm. so that's not even won a game. Um, he, he must, Freddie have must have identified, I need two front rowers that can just defend their dicks off and we'll get the speed from our outside backs. Um, thoughts? I think however you look at it, I think Regan's been pretty unlucky. Mm. I think that's fair to say. Uh, and, you know, as you know, if, if this is true, and, you know, th- there is evidence of it with the Jordan McLean pick and the Jake Trevojevic pick, I think it's Freddie's way of saying without saying, I fucked up, mm. got it wrong early. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just I, I get the vibe that it could be a little bit deeper. Mm. Does seem strange. It's does, strange. Yeah, it it's really. definitely, definitely strange. What do you got there, Matty? Uh, yeah, so he's, I mean, he's still tackling at 93% all year, so this mm. is not to say it's bad. But yeah, in the last four, four weeks, he's missed about 10, 12 tackles. So, so yeah. So it seems pretty obvious that the, the key must be defensively. They're looking at defensively. But in saying that, he's probably got through more work than Jacob, though, hasn't he? Because Jacob's been coming off the Yeah, he has. A, a lot more. And, and, um, Regan's like in attack significantly better than Jacob this yeah. year. Yeah, what's Jacob's uh, percentage tackle percentage? It is ninety five point six, and Regan is ninety three point six. It's not that much difference. It's it's not that much difference when you consider that Jacob has he played what he played one game of finals footy last year. Mm. Hasn't played Origin before. Whereas whereas you've got Regan who has 
played finals footy. I mean, I, I thought he was Parramatta's best forward in the final series last year. He was good in game one for New South yeah, Wales. He's good. Like, like he's been on like it's for three percent tackle efficiency difference or whatever. Not even three. I think it's yeah. like two. And, and he gets and, through more work. And re, yeah, Ring gets through more work. Way more work. Really interesting. Yeah, look, it, it's it's. I th- I just I've gotten to the point where Freddie clearly sees something that I don't. Yeah. You know, I I, he, I think he's proven that. Fair. Which is, which 100%. has been that's always been that's been Freddie's entire career. He's always yeah. seen shit that other people can't. That's yeah. You're right as well. Like Daniel, he's proven to be one of the premier front rows of the game. But when he got picked. He pretty much had two good games that the media were talking about, one against the Roosters, one against South. Mm. And I was like, oh, yes, I feel he could play. Uh, like uh, he's done a lot less than what Jacob's done when he got picked. I agree, yeah. I, I think the Daniel pick was weirder than the Jacob one now. Mm. But Freddie was proven. Yeah. Proven yeah. Right. Again, I just trust Freddie. Yeah. You know what? I'm not a doctor and I'm also not a New South Wales coach. <laughs> just so you know, Which guys. Which one are you closer to, do you reckon? Probably a doctor, mate. Probably a doctor. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Because <laughs> my brother's a doctor, so. <laughs> um, it's so weird, like, my brother's a doctor. It's like, what the fuck happened to my fucking brain? <laughs> hey, hey, bro, can you do some research into my brain and, like, why you got the better one? You can't. What a dog. Gets to be a doctor. What a fucking dog. I'm off him. Um, no, but the problem is he was a fucking crazy athlete too. So, so, he got he's, so he's got everything that the dog. I'm <laughs> off him. Um, he's talking shit about you at his work? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, he does market research. Oh. So he's always like, like a young fellow will come in or whatever that's between 18 and 35. And he, he won't bring it up, but like he, for some reason, if you're 18, between 18 and 35, you have some connection to bloke somehow. Like you, <laughs> you listen to it, you watch it or, or whatever. And he's always like, oh, okay, yeah. Right, and they don't know that he's my brother. I was wearing your um your bloke shorts on the weekend, and someone said, "Oh, bloke at a bar," and I had no idea who I was. No oh, really? I was like, oh, this is fucking awkward. I, you know, oh, I like the podcast. I was like, "Yeah, no, it goes all right. It's good." Oh, is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, what a, I don't know. I'm not gonna fucking say, oh, I'm on it." Oh, fuck. Like, yeah, no, it's good. It goes good. Well, some people still think that, like, some people are like, "Oh, I love the podcast," and I'm like, "Oh yeah," and they're like, "Yeah, the locker room," and I'm like. <laughs> Locker room hasn't been around for ages. Like, I, I haven't interviewed players for, for a while. But, I look, I appreciate any... What I really find interesting about, like, bloke merch and that is, like, most other brands, when you see, like, somewhere in a Nike or whatever, you wouldn't walk over to them and be like, oh, fuck, Nike yeah, or whatever. No. <laughs> Whereas bloke, people will, don't know each other will stop and get yeah. photos together and be like, fuck, yeah, goosey, or mm. bloke in a bar or whatever. It's, um, it's great. It's friggin' awesome. I think you've, you've seen it built from the ground up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, even like little things, like the beer, like this, this is like true, this, like VB4X, like awesome, like so good at what they've done and what they mean to this Australian culture. But the beautiful thing about Bloke and Bar is like, this is our generation. Like we, we get to tell our kids that we made this, not, you know, not, it's not a hundred years old by made by someone that's not connected to us. Like we made this. And again, VB and Forex and Great Northern, all that stuff, they'll always be, um, I guess, staples of Australian culture. Um, but yeah, that's a good thing about bloke. It come around in your time, in our time. Um, yeah, so look, interesting things. Interesting things going on with the uh, the Blues camp. But I just, as I said, I think we trust Freddie. I think we just trust Freddie that he knows what he's doing. Um, I, I think Jacob Saifidi is going to have a good game because I, I just think that like he's. You look at his physique. You look at his body. He he is made for Origin. He's big. He's mobile. He's fit. Um, and 
And sometimes, like, it's even like sometimes when you play first grade, you play better when you play first grade than when you do play reserve grade. Because when you go down to reserve grade, like, people around you are making mistakes and they're not as good. Sometimes you need to get into a system where everyone's a gun and you just need to do your job. And maybe that is the case with Jacob where, you know, New Knights aren't going that great. He comes to New, uh, New South Wales and all the players around him are killing it and it makes him play better as well. And I know we've mentioned it and you can probably talk about it more, Matty, but I would assume that Freddie made this decision with the Savides probably four and five years ago mm. when he saw them in those pathways that he would have seen something then mm-hmm. that he would have known there was something here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, just want to give a quick shout out. I feel like this is a Cowboys podcast, but Chatty Townsend getting called in. How good is that? How good is that? And you know what? The amount of people that where they were like, oh, what about the fucking terrible signing by the Cowboys? Chad Townsend, are you serious? And the amount of people like, bro, put some respect on his name. He won a premiership. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't understand. Like, just so quickly people forget. He won a premiership. He's a high quality half. He won their player of the year in like 2019. These... They don't grow on trees, good halves. They really don't. And also there's so much more to rugby league than try assists and, and, um, and tries and line breaks. Like there is so much more to rugby league. And so there was never a, a day where I thought Cowboys signing Townsend was a bad thing. And I mean, a lot of people that said that they paid him too much. I mean, I reckon you could push on those people. He's probably the value signing of the year at the moment. Him and Reynolds, 100%. Him and Reynolds, it's easy. And you know crazy. what? You could argue probably better than Reynolds because Reynolds has been injured in that. Yeah, and I, I'd say, like, value-wise, mm. they would have paid less for Townsend than what the Broncos would have played for, for Reynolds. No, I think Reynolds took a little bit of a pay oh, cut okay, to right. go to, to Broncos. But you're right. Like, if if Reynolds took... I'm pretty sure Sharks offered Reynolds more than Broncos Brisbane. did. Yeah, okay. Um, I think they're on about the same, about, about 700. Again, I don't know for sure. Yeah. I, think I just think it's unreal for Chad who... Like the other thing about him, he's never put a foot wrong. I know. He has always put the game first. It's yep. never been about Chad. You know, he, he was a Sharks junior that came through there. They pissed him off to the Warriors. Mm. Yep. And he and tries you, to give insight to people, like with his yeah. YouTube and Massive his social insight. media. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I had him on my podcast probably 18 months or so mm. ago, and like the kids are in the background crying, and he was sort of, mate, I'm so sorry. Just give me two minutes. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <coughs> going, mate, you're, <laughs> you're giving me all the time. Yeah. Well, don't. You're doing you know, me a favor. He's the sort of fella he is, though. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. And you know what? I think he would do a job at Origin. I really do. Like, I don't think he's been brought in just for moral support or whatever. I think he's genuinely been brought in in case someone goes down. And I think he would play. I really do. I really think if Nathan Cleary were to go down tomorrow, they would put Chad Townsend in. It's probably good now that now that Dearden's playing that Chad can get in Freddie's ear a mm. little bit as to what Dearden's going to do. Yeah, that right? 100%. Absolutely. You can talk about it. And I, I, like, he obviously spoke about it in my podcast. I'm sure he's spoken about it in other places. Like in that finals game for the Sharks where he got hooked. Yep. And he just went into Flano's office on Monday morning and said, yeah. hey, how do we move? For, what's the best thing for the Sharks? Move? Not, well, where's my fucking spot? It's my, t- you know, blah, blah, blah. It was, mm. how, do we, how do we work this out the best for the Sharks? Yeah. Unreal. And then he came in the next game and the first thing he did was put Lukey Lewis yep. over and yeah. then they won the comp the next week. Yeah. That's the guys being the key seven at your club, winning a premiership. It is not easy, and also the Sharks like they came from nowhere in the sense of they didn't have this crazy roster that like a Roosters roster. Now, don't get, you look back on it and you go, "Oh, look, Lewis, Paul Gallen," um, but it wasn't this 
just out of this world roster. Like Jack Bird was a rookie. Uh, Valentine Holmes was still essentially a rookie. I think it was Gerard Bill on one side as well. Uh, they we had, had like, like, like Fecky, um, Latelli. Latelli, Latelli. Yeah, like, you know, it wasn't like, a like cr- the only superstar was probably Benny Barber. Really? Yeah, Benny Barber. And like, he had a really good year, but it, he wasn't vintage Ben Barber. Like, he wasn't 2012 Ben Barber. Um, then you had what? You had Fafita, you had McInnes. Oh, Taylor had a good year. Matt Pryor was good that yeah, year. Matt Pryor was outstanding. But again, is he a, a, a renowned, yeah. you know, whatever? Like so he, he, he was in England <coughs> within two or three years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you look at their bench as well. Like, it wasn't this crazy roster. Put it this way. Compared to, say, the Melbourne Storms roster, mm. where you've got Cam Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater, uh, you know, Cam Munster. <laughs> we'll never get a spine that could again. Well, mate, all, all the talk that entire 2016 was all about the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. That spine, oh my God. Yeah. Cam Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, Cam Munster. I, I honestly think that might be the best spine in rugby league history. For in a club side? Yeah, for yeah. a club side. Yeah. Was that the spine in the 17 grand final? Yes. Fuck yes. me. That's so, that's just, no wonder they dominated so hard. Well, oh, like, like, like the, Because Bridget Slater the, was injured in 16. Oh, yeah. He was too, yeah. And, and Munster went back to Munster the fullback. Fullback. Yeah. 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 So 17, that was, okay, yeah, because... If they beat that spine, holy shit! But like, like that big three is so good that like you can make an argument for the twenty twelve team. Like they, they had Gareth Widdop at five eight. Yeah. But those big three are so good together in a club team. Right. You almost wonder how they didn't win a premiership every year they were playing together. Like seriously, they're far out. Like, yeah. Uh, let us know in the comment section any other spines at club that you feel are better than Munster, Smith, Slater, Cronk. There'd be a few that would compete, like obviously the Canberra Raiders, you know, Steve Walters, Ricky, Daly, yep. Gary Belcher. Well, that's what I want to know. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm open to suggestions. Like, I'm not sitting here going, that's definitely it. But in my memory, what I've seen of rugby league, I can't see a spine being better than but that. I mean, like, at the end of the day, you've got the best hooker ever. Fair. Easy. Best fullback ever. Yep. yep. Fair. Top three halfback at worst, I think. Statistically, you could have him at number one. Yes, you could have him at number yeah. one. Yeah, I, I think it'd be fair. He won three premierships in a row. Yeah. yeah. At two different clubs. At two different clubs. Tell me anyone it else. It took 16 franchises, 40 years for someone to win two. Yeah. He won three. He won three in a row. And he was, I think he was part of like five of the last six premierships or some shit like that. Uh, grand final, sorry. Five of the last seven or whatever it was. Well, what, let's have a look. So six, 16, 16 17, 17, 18, 18 19. 19. So that's... He was in four, and then 15 was Broncos, Cowboys. Yep. 14 was... Rabbitohs, His doggies. one before that was 2012. 2012. Yep. So he was in four of the last five. Yep. Four in a row. 16, 17, 18, 19. Holy and shit. And they could if they could have won 16 on the bell. Yeah. And 19, then he retired. Yep. <laughs> His last four years were grand finals. Holy shit. And then the team that he left, the Melbourne Storm, yeah. as soon as he retired from the Roosters, they won the comp the next year. It's just incredible. Like if he, if, he, if he wouldn't have gone to the Roosters, mm. oh. I think there's a world where Melbourne could have won four grand finals on the trot. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. And Absolutely. People, I know he doesn't have the highlights of, you know, you're Joey and these sort of guys, but fuck, winning <coughs> matters at some point. Mm. He does that, it a heap. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, rugby league gets harder as time goes on. Um, have a look at the one origin game that he – it was 2014, the one series he I missed. I know. I don't think – if he plays, I honestly don't think you win that. I, I don't think we win it either. No. That uh, first game was brutal. And he came broke back his hand early. Three, you're one by oh, 30. I know. I know. Anyway. Um, yeah, really interesting. Really interesting. Can I... Is, is he an immortal in your eyes? Oh. Well, 
put it this way. If Alfie's not an immortal, then I can't give it to Cooper. Because I think Alfie is the most underrated seven probably ever to play the game. When you look at Alfie's stats, was it like six grand final wins or whatever? Like it was something mental. Look, I, I, look, I am not against it. I am not against it. I think right now the Immortals should be uh, Darren Lockyer. Yep. Cam Smith. Thurston. And I know what you're about to say. Well, he's got, you know, more wins than Thurston. So I wouldn't argue against it. Wouldn't argue against well, it. Uh, no Slater? As an Immortal? I reckon my definite's a Slater and... Oh, I think Smith. you have to. I mean, we, yeah. we just had Slater's the best fullback ever. There's two other fullbacks that are already immortal. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yep. That's a good point, good point. So Slater. Does Freddie miss? I think Freddie's the unfair forgotten man, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, he is too, yeah. I, I, he Do you want like, Dallium player position of the year into three different positions yeah. like seven times? <laughs> and I think like... It's crazy. I, like, I actually think him coming back to coach origin has like revitalized the memories of how good he was. Mm. Whereas if he just like sails off into the sunset, doesn't do any media, it's very easy to forget what mm. they did. Um, not easy to forget, but you, you know what I'm saying? It just revitalizes everything. Yeah, no, I think Freddie should be immortal for sure. I, I think that- But all of a sudden we've named six guys from the last 15 years when you've got 13 from the first Yeah, I, I get That's that. That's what makes it tough. But I, they've just been, they were so Dominant, like they just also, had... you know, like I, I reckon a guy like Brett Kenny should be spoken about more. Really, I, I fuck wouldn't know. Well, like, like Brett, Brett Kenny played in four grand finals. He scored two tries in three of them, mm. like on the biggest stages, on the biggest. Mm. I, I didn't watch any yeah. of that old school footy, so couldn't tell you. But I don't know. I, I just think that if you you can't leave out Cam, and I agree, you can't leave out Slater. If we all agree he's the best fullback of all time, I actually think Darren Lockie is there with him at fullback, but that would be bias probably. Um, oh, I definitely have Lockie as an immortal. Yeah, no, I think no Lockie is an immortal yeah. for sure, for yeah. sure. So Cam Smith, Lockyer, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, Fred Fit, uh, Freddie Fitler. I, I, I would be happy with all of them in immortal. Gi, I, I wouldn't. I think Gi just misses for me. The only thing Gi just uh, consistency, like yeah. not like he was always good, but there were just sometimes like. He just sometimes would just chill and then he'd come out and break a game open. But, I mean, uh, G.I. is probably the best outside back ever for me, seriously. I have G.I. and Kronk as two very, very good Hall of Famers yeah. just missing out. So you have Kronk missing out? Yeah. Yeah. There's just, not, there's just too many yeah. absolute Because then all of a sudden... Yeah. If, if Kronk did what he did in 10 years' time when he wasn't surrounded by those well, other yeah. guys, yeah. I think he's a shit in for an immortal. Yeah. Interesting chat, though. I'm not sure what the right answer is. I really don't. I know you've got to lock in Cam, for sure. Cam Smith-like, guarantee. Mm. Lockier guarantee, in my opinion. Um, and I see your point in regards to Slater. If he's the greatest fullback of all time, then he should be, you know, in there. Um, yeah, so Townsend. I, I don't know how we went from Townsend <laughs> to that. <laughs> Townsend to Immortals. Yeah, Townsend's <laughs> going to be Immortal. Um, yeah, incredible. Incredible from Townsend. Just want to say congratulations. Um, now into other major stories for the week. Actually, before we get off Origin, score prediction. I'm going to say the Blues by eight. I'm going to say, I reckon it's going to be a weirdly high-ish scoring game. I'm going to say Blues 24-22. It's going to be close. Closer than people think. I'm going to say Queensland ambush. 26-16. If Munster was playing, does would it... Like, if none of this happened with Munster, what, what, what was your score prediction like before we came into that? Does oh, it probably really tight. For you or? Oh, probably pretty tight. 
I just I just think that actually this might actually buoy the Queensland yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But uh, it's not like you've taken X amount of points off four months, do you? Nah, you think they'll nah. rise? Yeah. I think they'll... Uh, I Like, as I said, when you look at the squad and you go, okay, this squad is still an incredibly good squad. Like, incredibly good squad. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I've, I, months of playing or not playing, I have Queensland winning because I just think that at home, they'll be buoyed, they'll be pumped. Yep. It's at Suncorp Stadium. Benny Hunt is currently the leading Dalian player, I think, anyway, before it went behind closed doors. Um, so I, I have Queensland winning regardless. It's unreal. We've had an entire series where I'm sitting there going, it's 50-50. Yeah, oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. It's like usually going up, I would be like, look, it's in Suncorp. The chances are so small. But I do think that this New South Wales absolutely can get the job done up there, even with Munster playing. Even with Munster playing, I still believe it's a pretty fair whack that they can get the job done. Um, but I, I, actually, I actually think the loss of Munster may help Queensland play better. To a degree. Um, I don't know. It's definitely going to happen. But I'm saying, like, if I'm going to guess... You've got that vibe. That, yeah, that feeling of, like, could this be an ambush? Could the yeah. boys just get massively up? And you just know that Smith, Slater... Mostly yeah. mostly not Slater because he's a coach, but you know Smith and Thurston are just in there going, Queensland spirit, oh, fucking do this. Mate, boys, they'd be sitting them all down going, fucking boys. We've I remember the, when you guys won game one, we went to captain's run and the first thing Cam Smith said in the captain's run was, oh, how good is it to wake up and be a Queenslander? I wanted to headbutt the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just, that's just what it's like up there. Yeah. Like they, 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 there's just something different about Queensland. So you just know they'll be jeeing the boys up. Yeah, for sure. And that's also why I think in New South Wales defence that if you do win, the win isn't as hollow as some are going to make out. Like some are going to say, you know, Munster wasn't playing, but it is a very fair argument. You go, hang on a sec. Yeah, okay, Munster's a gun. They had Ben Hunt, the best player in the comp right now, voted by numerous different people. I will say, the more this, the more we're chatting, the more I'm kind of convincing it'll be less of a hollow victory, definitely. Yeah, what, sorry? The, the more, like at the start, this morning I woke up and thought, ah, oh, fuck, it'll be a hollow victory. But the more we've spoken about it, the more I think about it. Yeah, I agree. I like agree. you're missing Latrell and, and Tommy. And Tommy. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So does that mean next Monday we can eliminate the sentence? Munster wasn't there? Mm, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm not going to be saying that. Because I truly believe that Queensland still have the squad to beat. I just, I just hate that the general consensus mm. will, people will just say Munster's not there, Munster's not there. And, and it's just, this is origin. You missed, uh, yes, it is because of a, uh, a reason that is very different this year. But you are not. You don't have Tom Travojevic. You don't have Latrell Mitchell. So, and also you don't have Payne Haas. You know. So fuck. It's not not not, not a, just like a one way street. Um, now on to other stories. Reese Walsh signs with the Broncos. Charles Nick Hookstar signs with the Warriors. What does this mean for Cobo? First of all, thoughts on the Walsh signing? Yeah, um, I think it's a really good get for Brisbane. I think that. You know, I've always felt like he wasn't going to go back to New Zealand. I sort of felt like he was going to go elsewhere. But I think it's pretty evident that it's not like he's just been a dog about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. There, there's a lot more factors that go into this than – I mean, it's not, like he, it's not like he's also signed for the Broncos for a heap of money. He went unders. He went uh, huge unders. Almost, almost half of what yeah. the Dolphins offered him. I mean, we, we, we were talking about him five or six weeks ago saying that, you know, I could see a world where he, he's able to get 700 somewhere. Yeah. Sounds like he's taken almost half that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's a really good get for Brisbane. Um, it's interesting how it's played out, though. That, I mean, that's where he's ended up, back. Yeah. After 
essentially not wanting him two yeah. years ago. Well, I think it's the reason why you know you can almost be certain that he is not doing it for bad reasons is all he had to do was wait an extra twelve months and play for New Zealand, and he would have got a contract double the size at the Dolphins, like a three or four year deal worth eight hundred k reportedly a year. And yet he has decided to take a must, like a much smaller contract, hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars left, actually millions less over the contract period, like one point two million less reportedly, because clearly he's had a relationship break breakdown and he cannot be away from his daughter for a year. Once I heard that, like surely that just eliminates everything. Like yeah. if you can't be with your kid, then that's the most important thing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is is the contract? Is any of it like a player option or anything, or is it all? Is it just? Smack three years is what it oh, is. I think Broncos went pretty hard. Yeah, okay. I think Broncos played hardball with him and said, mate, you either sign, like, we're not, like, I probably reckon Reese may have, well, I don't know, but Reese's manager, he'd be crazy not to go to them and just try and get a one year deal. But I reckon Broncos were like, this it is all we're doing. It says on NRL.com, it just, it doesn't say player optional club option. It's just yeah, got okay. 23, 24, 25. Yeah. Which is even more evidence towards he's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Like if you sure. had two player options at the end of it, you're going, oh, okay. Yeah, we know we'll exactly what's We'll probably go with the Dolphins. Yep. Yeah. And so what I reckon the Broncos have done and gone and said to him, first when he when they approached Broncos, <clears throat> I reckon Broncos said, we got no money, bro. We got no money. Then I reckon when they realised how keen he was to get back, I reckon they put something together and said went back to Reese's manager. And this is all just speculation, guys. I reckon they went back to his manager and said, we're willing to move a few players on, but just so you know... We're not going to do a year thing. This has to be a three-year thing. You have to be committed to this club. If you expect us to move players on at this club and you want to be here, we want you to show how much you want to be here. And Reese probably went, I do want to be there and I am willing to do that for, for the club. Um, so how, how can you knock the bloke? Yeah. How can you knock the bloke? Like, that's the thing with the Broncos. Like Reese Walsh is a great player. I love him, but they don't need him. No, 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 absolutely not. Like... We're playing some bloody good footy. Yeah, you got Tamara Martin, who's been killing it there. I, I, I will talk about it later. I thought Tessie knew that was the best game of his career. He he, he answered a lot of questions I had about him yesterday. Mm. Yeah, was, like he started a bit rusty. A few, I think he had a drop ball and then a bad pass. But some of his play, you're totally right. Like I've I, never seen him pass a ball like that nah, yesterday. He, he looks like he's been really working yeah. on his ball playing. Um, whereas like early in the game, for example, he had a three on two. Steps back inside and drop the ball. And I think that was just like nerves and, you know, getting back into the swing of things. But by the end of the game, he had that same three on two and he was absolutely nailing it. And so, look, great. I'm so happy for – and we'll get to that. We'll get to him. Um, but, yeah, back to Reese Walsh. I, this, I personally think Reese Walsh will play fullback. I think that it's almost riding on the wall. We are either going to lose Tessie New or Herbie Farmworth. And I think – it probably is going to be Herbie because he may be able to get a big right now. He may be able to get a bigger contract somewhere else, and he wants to play fullback. Because if I'm Tessie, I'm like, mate, stay, you know, and stay in that backline. It's a good backline. I'm just wondering, could you play him on the wing? You probably could. Don't forget, you got Jesse Arthur's coming back too. Whether or not he'll come back, I, is I the think question. he'll sign with the Warriors. Surely the Warriors need Jesse Arthur's. Yeah, true. But you're right; he, he could come back. In saying that, mate, like <coughs> I. You know, I think they're both great players, Tessie and Herbie. If you were to lose both of them, I think you'd be okay. Well, Jordan Pereira was outstanding. Well, mate, what about the other Hoyter? winger, Hoyter? Hoyter. Yeah. yeah. He was great. He went great. I mean, uh, uh, 
Branko's leaving too, obviously, so you will need other people to file in there. But there's a lot of talent there. Mm. Absolutely. Like, we have, de- like, a lot of depth. Yeah. Like, Pereira, he's, his carries were incredible yesterday. Especially now that Corey Oates is all of a sudden yeah. back to the Corey Oates that we met. So I think that you either keep Herbie at centre or you put Herbie to the wing and you put Selwyn at centre. You put Staggs on the other centre, Oates on the other wing, Reese Walsh at fullback. Um, the tough thing is, obviously, where does Tessie fit in that, that scenario? And that's why I think, like, you could probably put Tessie in centre and move Cobo to the wing. But then, obviously, then where does Herbie fit? It's a good problem to have, though. Oh, I think for now, I'd be leaving Selwyn on the wing. Yeah. For now, probably for another year or two. Yeah, I would too. I mean, it's working for you. Yeah, I agree. Especially having Staggs and him down that edge. Whilst you've got Chad Townsend having a, a weapon like him on that wing, not Chad Townsend, whilst you've got Adam Reynolds, yeah, um, I think it would be worth keeping him out there. And, I mean, we've seen what happens with Selwyn earlier in the season when you, you might have given him a little bit too much too soon. <coughs> yeah. I, th- there's no need to rush this kid. Yeah, I agree. And keep him on the wing because Crossfield bombs in that as well. Yeah. Like, and also, Kevin Walters has literally come out and said, Reese Walsh is a specialist fullback. Yeah. So. Oh, Reese Walsh is going to be fullback. But I do think long term they are hoping, I don't know how much it's going to work, that Mam turns into a really strong seven and Walsh can be their six. Um, Ezra Mam, isn't he just coming leaps and oh. bounds? He has improved so much quicker than I thought he would. And that's all Adam Reynolds just helping him out. Like his pass selection, the amount, like the, the way he holds it up, so, like he's so mature beyond his years. It's incredible, especially for a guy that. Very easy to pigeonhole him into a running six that is just super explosive. But he's just ball playing. He's so slick. Yeah, he's a bit like Cody Walker <coughs> in the way that, like, you watch Brisbane, no matter where they are on the field, they look like they're going to make a half break. He can just sense it. Yeah. You can always see him in the bottom of your screen just pushing up every yeah. single time. He's just always aware. He's just got a sense for when things are going to happen. And yeah. Like, even there's that play where Staggs, he got the ball down the short side and he grubbed it for himself. Mm-hmm. And the ball, balls happened and he dropped it. You look at his left shoulder. Ezra Mann was standing there. Yeah. Like he's just got a sense of where to be and how yeah. to get there. It's incredible. Absolutely. Um, so, look, it's just good science for the Broncos. And uh, I feel for either Tessie or Herbie because one of – I think I just can't see a, way, a world where, you know, where do you fit both those guys in, you know? It's great for you, though. It's fantastic for the Broncos. Yeah. Is there a world, because Reese is on so little, if Tessie continues to play like he did last night where he has to fight for that fullback spot next year? If he keeps playing the way he did yesterday and he stays there for the rest of the season, you go deep in the finals, definitely. Yeah, which is interesting. That's crazy. That's crazy yeah. to show you the depth that has been built at the Broncos in such a short time. Um, but at the moment, I thought like with Reese Walsh here at the back, it's a dangerous back line. And it just to, to, to give, like, obviously, Reese Walsh has, has been in the Warriors now. He had the opportunity to play with Sean Johnson, but Sean Johnson, the last few few months, hasn't been the guy. Yeah. He hasn't been Sean Johnson. Mm. To give Reese Walsh a couple of months to play behind Adam Reynolds. Oh, mate. Yeah. It'll be huge for it'll him. It'll be massive. Back in the side that's winning games, we'll actually be able to see the best of Reese. Um, not not the battler Reese that's just trying anything and everything to try to get something done. And like the more I look at that Broncos side with him at fullback, like it's such a well balanced squad. You got the real experience in seven. You got these young <coughs> kids, and you got experience out on the wing. Yeah. Experience in the back row with Kate Wall. Yeah, like it's it's a really well balanced squad, mate. I, I can't believe how quickly it's come together. It's crazy. Yeah, I I did know. I did look at it and be like, look, we just need an experience in key positions. Mm-hmm. Like we just we got the young guys. We've got all the talent. Just need experience, and we've absolutely nailed it. It's uh, great. Like, if you would have said 
a year ago that the Broncos are going to go back to Bruce Walsh and say, hey, you signed for three years for less or we don't want you. Yeah. It's, it's, cra- it's crazy how insane. the landscape has changed so yeah. quickly. Don't forget, guys, Bloke Jumper, the new tan, beautiful colour, my favourite colour, dropping next Wednesday. That's not this Wednesday, Origin. Next Wednesday, 6pm, limited amount. That is tops and bottoms. We've got Bloke Trackies in this colour as well, beautiful tan colour. Plus, we've got Bloke Beanies dropping. Really, really warm, really great stuff. Go to next uh, next Wednesday, go to bloke.shop, grab uh, yourself a jumper and limited supply. Once they're gone, they will not be back. These definitely, after this, these are our last jumpers for the year. Next, we have to wait a whole nother year before you get jumpers, guys. So if you want a bloke jumper, do not miss out on this drop. Now, Charles Nickel-Hookstart, signs for the Warriors. Thoughts on this signing for the Warriors, Groot? Yeah, I like it. Uh, I think there's, you know, there's obviously more fullbacks in this game that have probably a higher ceiling than Mm. Charles, but he's proven that he's one of the more consistent fullbacks in rugby league and, Maybe that's what the Warriors need. Mm. Yeah. Instead of a highlights, you know, high end sort of guy, maybe just a consistent guy that you can rely on every single week in a key position. Uh, I don't think any team's going to be worse off for having Charns in their system. I think he's just one of those guys that's mm. worth having. Um, yeah, I mean, have the Warriors come out of this all that badly? Honestly, not 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 really. Especially when you consider, like, if Reese Walsh has personal dramas going on, he's never going to play good footy. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a drama. Eventually, it's going to catch up to him. And also, we've been talking so much about the Warriors, you know, outside backs and them being shallow, and especially in the centres. You know, Chance has proven as a centre, really, really good centre. He played for his country at centre and played really well. So, at the worst, I'm sure it didn't break the bank, that's for sure. I think Chance would have gone back there on a quite, just a solid deal. I think at the worst, you've got, you've got at the very least, you've got an extremely solid centre. At the best... You've got a top, top, like one of the better fullbacks in the competition. Again, not not in your Tom Travojevic and your Teddy kind of breath, but I tell you what, there was a period there where some would have had him in top five. Mm. He was best on field in the grand final until the last 10 minutes. And there's rumours that the Broncos, they could also see Tamari Martin go there as part yeah, of this Tomato Martin, yep. If they get him and Charles, I think yep. they've won. I, I Honestly, again, a happy Reese Walsh, no, but a Reese Walsh that is struggling to be there, I agree. And you know what? Maybe even a happy Reese Walsh, because you're right. That's two for the one. Tomate Martin has proven he can he can really add something to a footy side. Um, no, I, I agree. I, I don't think they've come out of this as badly as some people think. And also, I spoke about it last week, but you cannot put a price on a bloke playing for his country. Mm. They finally have a guy, not finally, but, you know, how much did we see to Avashek? How much extra efforts did he make because that's his country? He was playing with pride, playing with passion. And I think Chance will do the same thing. I was, yeah, I was just about to say that's good to see two Kiwi boys go back. I think, I think um, Chance pretty much lived most of his life in New Zealand. I don't know, I know he moved, I know he's part of the Melbourne system for two years as a 15 year old or something, but yeah. um, you posted the other day, uh, isn't his kid back in New Zealand as well? Yeah, he went back to New Zealand and his kid was like, I didn't think we're going to see you again, Daddy. Like, Jesus bro, Christ. He's like, whoa. It's a lot. That's a lot. And, you know, I understand some people choose to work away. You know, Charles didn't choose to. Like, this this whole situation with that has gone down over the last few years has just made it incredibly tough. And also, people that choose to work away, you also have it tough. Like, I'm not, you know what I mean? You both have it tough. No, it doesn't make one less tough than the other. Um, 
I'm happy for Chance. I, I, if I'm being honest, I don't understand the Raiders' treatment of him. I understand he's been injured in that, and but I don't understand the Raiders' willingness to... Look, actually, you know what? To be fair in Raiders' defence, if it is a family decision about wanting to be back with his family over in New Zealand, um, and it was more along those lines rather than the Raiders going to him and saying, listen, mate, there's just not a spot for you here. Um, Savage is now, you know... Savage is now uh, the fullback. But if it was them granting um, Chance a release on the compassionate grounds, then fair play to Raiders. And I mean, if Savage does go on to be the guy that I think we know he potentially can be, mm. right, this could be a huge win for the Warriors and for the Raiders. Mm. Yeah, I just I just hate... There's like this feeling of like, did the Raiders fight enough to keep him in the sense of... I agree with you, yeah. I just think he offers so much to a team. Like, so you've got, at the moment, who are their centres? Their centres are Sebastian Chris. Sebastian Chris and... Um, Tomoko. Tomoko. Um, at the moment, I would have chance ahead of both of them. I know Tomoko has been... That's yeah. really good. But for me, chance, I, I just rate him so highly. So I... Yeah, look, especially because he has runs on the board too. Yes, he has runs on the board, and he's done it at a really high level. Um, you know, you can't go wrong. Like Sebastian Christo and Tomoko, especially Tomoko, has been really good. Um, but if they have given him the release on compassionate grounds, I think the Raiders do deserve a, a rap for this because it, you know, in their recent history with dealing with players leaving, hasn't been the best. Um, you know, it's it's interesting though, like. Players they want to keep, there seems to be a drama. Players where it's like, oh, okay, there isn't a drama. But Raiders deserve a rap for, you know. Well, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how the Raiders, like, handle this over the next couple of years because has the Jared Croker problem been solved realistically? He's still got two player options up his sleeve. Yeah, far out. That's another thing. Like, we haven't really heard anything coming out in regards to them putting pressure on Jared, so they deserve a lot of respect for that, Raiders. Um yeah, again, congratulations. If they did if they did grant Chance a release on compassionate grounds, I think the Raiders deserve some raps for that. Just on the Warriors for a moment, I'm just looking at their signings for next year. They've got Barnett, Metcalf, Nicole Cookstad, Neil Cora, Dylan Walker, and rumours of Tamara Martin. Yeah, Tamara Martin. Yeah, it's pretty good. That Neil Cora signing is going to be a cracker. I yeah, reckon. I think so too. I think so too. Neocor is a bloody good player. And you know, he's just out of it. Like, is, he just doesn't get as much minutes because he's in a pack that's incredible at Eels. Arguably, on its day, the Eels pack is, could be the best in the comp, literally. Um, yeah, so look, massive congratulations. Uh, really interesting to see. I'm really interested to see where the Raiders head in. I'm, not, I'm unsure as to where they're going direction-wise. a bit of a crossroads. Yeah, there. I don't know. I think, in one hand, I want to give Ricky a massive rap for bringing in so many young players and being able to turn their season around pretty much mid-year. But on the other hand, I'm like, ooh, do they have the, the strike needed to make that next step back into the uh, the top eight? I'm not sure. And they're also sort of at a time where they have got a heap of young guys. Like, they've got the two young centres. They've still got Harley Smith-Shields. Yeah. They've got Trey Mooney, who I think is going to be an absolute gun-like. Gun yeah. So they are at an interesting point where, you know, they now – is Tom Starling the future at hooker? I, 
I thought he was, but it's Wolford now. Is it Wolford's there yeah. still? Like I, I don't like they've. I mean, I, I think they released um, Sam Sam Williams the other day, so they have got a roster spot that they can use too. So mm. it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. They do need to go on the market, though. I think for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've they've they're losing four players that that were here last this year to next year: Williams, Hodgson, Elliott, and Nickel Cookstad. So they've got mm. space. But they've also got a lot of young guys they're going to have to try and... Upgrade in that. Yeah, I mean, like they, they've still got CHN there who they're not using. He's been playing reserve yeah, grade. Which is I can't mental. believe that. Yeah. He's, I love him so much. Yeah, I think he brings so much to a footy I'd side. be happy to play him at centre. Yeah. And, and Harry Ranera is contracted until 2025. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Raiders are in such a weird spot. It's, it sucks because it was only two years ago we were going, oh, okay, these guys really could, you know... Make a push in this comp. Now I just don't know. I just don't know what direction they're headed. I really, it's a really, really tough spot. It's almost like a. If if Ricky does manage to turn this around, it, it'll be it'll show you how much he's matured as a coach too. You know, off very often, he has that great run and then he struggles to really rebuild. Whereas I think that he's he, I think he has matured as a coach for sure. Like I, even in the last two years, remember there was a period where it really seemed like Ricky versus the boys, and like players were coming out left, right, and center. It takes an experienced, good coach to be able to quell that. Like a perfect example is a guy like Tarpane. He was on the bench, didn't seem happy with it. Now Tarpane is literally playing unbelievable footy, and that's under Ricky's tutelage. So like I, I think Ricky does deserve some raps in in that regard. How old's are Papaletti? Is he, what would he be, 31? 31, I think, yeah. 30, yep, 30. Oh, 30, okay. So he's still got a few more years up his Yeah, sleeve, got yeah. a few more years up his sleeve for sure. We'll say this, Tarpany can talk November 1. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's not good. That is There's not good. There's not a single club that shouldn't be looking into him. Oh, my God. And he's like, what, 27, 28, about to head into peak years yeah. as a forward? That's Raiders are gonna have to make. They're gonna have to find some money for him, because seriously, like the way he's playing, even at an international level, is incredible. Isn't isn't Jack off contract soon? Jack's Jack's one's very interesting. He he's actually contracted till twenty twenty four, but twenty twenty wow twenty twenty three is a player option for Jack, and twenty twenty four. No one's talking about it. He it's could leave. funny how like certain players people just hammer. And then other players that are in the exact same position, they just, you know. So, so, so that means that Jack, come November 1, could negotiate? Is Jack that right? Jack could be somewhere else next season. Next season. Oh, shit. Wow. Wow. I'm so, I reckon this, this, this Jared Croker situation is going to go a long way to defining. What goes on. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, I know fans are going to be like, put the club first, but... I don't know. I think Jared Croker has earned every dollar of that contract because, like, he obviously has to continue earning it by turning up to work every day and putting in all his effort. But, but you're also, by saying put the club first, you're saying put club before your family. Yeah. You're, you're, the, you're asking Croker, who's busted his body apart, to go, all right, club, you get this family. Sorry, I just missed out on, what, 800000 And if I'm Jared Croker, I'm going, I've been underappreciated for 12 fucking years. Yeah. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I've been signing, taking unders for... No rep team's ever looked at me when yeah. they should have. It's tough time, mate. Yeah, Ricky's got a tough period ahead of him. But as I said, I do think we have to give credit to Ricky. I think he has matured a lot over the last 24 months. And I think that 
Yeah, this will be a really defining moment for Ricky over the next. Because look, White off contract, Tarpany off contract. Holy shit, the 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 Croker situation. Like White and Tarpany, he's two main players right now. I know you got Papaliki, but Papaliki form wise has been solid. He hasn't been bad at all, but he hasn't been as explosive as as yesteryear. Um, yeah, wow, really interesting time for the Raiders. Hopefully, uh, turns out all good. Uh, now, Sydney Morning Herald is reporting that Tim Sheens is willing to coach the Tigers next year. I only brought this up because I know Tigers fans would want to discuss it, but like we don't really have any evidence that he – we don't have any quotes or anything like that. But I did want to bring it up just because I know Tigers fans probably sitting there just – I don't know. They just want to hear yeah. what's going on, what they – you know, an opinion on it. Um, I don't know if this is the right fix for the Tigers – I feel like it's a bit of a band-aid solution if it's true. Yeah, I sort of feel like it's a band-aid. And, you know, Tim could come out and coach and prove us all wrong like he has on numerous occasions in the past. And if this does play out, I hope he does. But, mate, I find it so hard to believe anything I read in the media from the West Tigers now. You just you, you got no idea who it's coming from. How did this no get idea. out? How, how does any of it – how on earth did the media find out that Adam Dewey reportedly said, I want to play 5-8 in reserve? Like, how does that conversation get out? Like, just in the last week, we've had that, we've had this, and we've had the Luke Brooks thing. Like, Would that ever how, happen how at the Roosters Luke or Brooks Storm? Luke Brooks must be at his wit's end to come out and say, I think there's higher-ups talking shit about me. Yeah. It's it's insane for a, for a player to be that sick of it. Is that player of the year last year? Oh, man. It's just crazy. <sighs> and to publicly... Like, it's almost like you're publicly against someone in your club you know like in the sense of like you're coming out and saying the admin is doing us dirty i think it's becoming pretty evident the media outlets are going not much on today let's stick a boot into the tigers what can we get here what can we drag out but so you but do you reckon they're making it up or do you reckon they're actually getting information yeah they might be getting information but it's just who who is well there has to be some leaks in there there has to be leaks but it's just I don't know. It's just so. It just seems like every second day there's a new article about the West Tigers, about something that we never even thought was an issue. That yeah. all of a sudden it's an issue within them, and like I, I can promise you, the players don't know where it's coming from. They've got no idea. They're trying to work it out themselves. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going on. Tim Sheens is willing to coach next year. Tigers. Only I, look if Tim Sheens is like committed to coaching for you know the next three or four or five years and he can do that then yeah fair enough definitely consider him consider all options but just for one year it's kind of like what's the point of that like let's start building with a coach that you can look for the future for and I mean mate if you're Brett Kamali you've been there for three weeks this is all the stuff that's come out in the last three <laughs> weeks if they say to you do you want to coach us next year I no. think I say no yeah. I don't think it's the job for. I don't, I don't know who it's the job for I seriously it's don't not know. the job for a rookie coach yeah it's oh man I'd feel sorry for Tigers fans they deserve so much better than this like it's one thing to be struggling as a club it's another thing for this constant speculation you know things getting leaked knowing what's going on what's going on this person's getting sacked they're not getting sacked players coming it's just I feel sorry. And it's like you, you feel like, oh, it's Tim Sheens. He won an 05. You know, they could never turn on him. They turned on Benji. Yeah. Well, he got sacked <laughs> Three from, times. Yeah. He got sacked from the Tigers. <laughs> Just, <sighs> honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, look, let's just... I will say the Tigers came out and put on a strong performance on the weekend. I thought they had a red-hot crack. They were very aggressive. They were in the game for a substantial amount of time. Um they looked like the Tigers of before Madge, which was good. 
So good even wraps. Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, now on to another huge story. Brandon Smith was overheard saying uh, Brandon Smith was overheard saying cheating bastard and was referred straight to the judiciary. So he was held down in a tackle. He yelled that out. Uh, he was sent 10 in the bin. Uh, the, ref, uh, the ref basically said, nah, not having any of it. See you later. And then basically the ref said, I'm not going to say what he said on Mike. But then the audio, I don't know whether it was leaked, but it was released, the audio. Mm-hmm. And you can hear Brandon Smith yelling out, cheating bastard. I think Fox Sports have the, the mic audio, so they just... Okay, so they just put it off. Yeah. Um, then as he's walking off, he's getting heckled by fans. He turns around. You know, he says, what'd you say, mate? Um, thoughts, Guru? Uh, yeah, I hate it, to be honest with you. Mm. I hate the... I, I think it's really poor. You can't say this. You can't, you can't run around saying these things. I just can't. Brandon Smith's made a mistake. We all make them. I get mm. it. It's a big mistake. Um, questioning the integrity of a referee is just not on for me. Mm. I can't have it in any way, shape or form. Uh, I think he should get a decent whack of a suspension. Hope, uh, as I said, I, like, I, I hope he can turn this into a positive because mm. respect for referees is something we've got to sort out. And, you know, like I, I, I coach junior footy. Sometimes you show up to games, you don't have touch judges because they don't have enough people that are willing to do it. Mm. The amount of referees I had reach out to me over the weekend that have been like sent into depression because of what they cop every single weekend, mm. it's just not on. And, you know, like I'm not – obviously Brandon Smith did it, but for me it's more about getting rid of that behaviour. Mm. It's not about getting rid of Brandon Smith for eternity. It's about the behaviour that we need mm. to sort out. And should it have been a penalty? I think it should have been 100%. Mm. Making a mistake doesn't make you a cheat. Mm. Yeah. I, and, you know, I understand that it's in the middle of a game. There's a lot happening. I get that. But we've just got to be better than this and full stop, that's it. Mm. What do you reckon, Matty? Yeah, um, d- yeah, you can't say cheat. Like uh, You're questioning the integrity of the ref, so he definitely deserves to be sent for 10. He definitely deserves to be suspended. He definitely deserves <coughs> a fine. Um, nothing too outrageous, but geez, you, you never know in the rugby league world what they're going to do. Like I, I think the, the hearings tomorrow, I literally have no idea what's going to happen mm. because they're, just, they're so inconsistent with it. But... Yeah, there has to be a line in the sand. It doesn't happen too often. I think Hodkinson might have been the last person to do it, which was about five years ago. And he didn't even say cheat. He said something like, you cost us the game. I know Chrissy Sando did it a, like maybe a decade ago now. Um, so it doesn't happen too often, but you, you can't call the ref a cheat. That's, mm. It's just, yeah, not on. Yeah. Oh, I mean, look, absolutely wrong. Like, absolutely wrong. You cannot be saying to the ref, cheating bastard. And look, you can make the argument that, like, cheese is in the heat of the battle, but at the end of the day, our refs already get annihilated. And if I'm being honest, some of the ref calls over the weekend were really poor, but that does not excuse calling them a cheating bastard. I understand cheese in the heat of the battle, and he's already come out and said, shouldn't have done it. This is where I think that the NRL needs to actually take situations like this and use it for good. And what I mean by that is, like, okay, we could sit here and suspend cheese for four or five weeks, which would be on the heavier scale. Or we could suspend him for a couple of weeks and why don't we create a campaign around referees, he can be the face of the campaign, around talking to the referees, treating referees with respect, getting them going down to junior referees and, and you know, interacting with them. And why, do, why doesn't the NRL turn this into a, a, a social media campaign about respect refs? This is a little blessing for the NRL that it is Brandon Smith and he's got the sort of pull that he does. 
Mm. Like Brandon Smith being who Brandon Smith is, people love him. I love him as well. I can't accept this 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 behaviour. But man, the amount of people that I've got messages from this week that are that are, are defending it because it's Brandon Smith. Mm. He's got the sort of influence that he could turn the tide on this sort of stuff. And Matty's right, it doesn't happen all the time. Mm. But take your ass down to Sunday afternoon to local footy mm. and tell me it doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And that's where the problem is because guys will stop refereeing, guys already are stop refereeing, mm. then there's less of a pool to pick from. We say every week the refereeing standard isn't great. Mm. It's going to be heaps worse if in 20 years' time you don't go heavy on guys that are calling them cheats and you make it okay for people to get stuck into referees like this. Yeah. Because they, they, you know, if, like, I, 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 I know what you just said that if he gets six weeks, that's a little bit on the heavy side. Mm. Like, I'm not sure if it is, to be honest with you. Mm. Mm. Like this is something that we cannot let happen in our game. There's no like there's no like we said the same thing in the preseason about the cannonball tackle. Mm. They, they didn't go too heavy on it. Ask Liam Knight how he feels about the cannonball tackle now. Mm. Yeah, I I I don't know. Like for example, like I don't I don't see how six weeks can send more of a message than say three or four. But also, when we make punishments, we're punishing to make society better or we're punishing to make the community better. That's where I think that punishing him for six weeks is going to have less effect than punishing him for two to three weeks plus making a campaign. And if it, you and put the campaign in, it yeah. changes everything. And so, like, respecting referees, I'm not just talking about yelling, you know, cheat or whatever. I'm talk more talking about the broader conversation of we need to create a safe environment for referees to really want to do their job. And, there's, there's again, there's nothing wrong with respectfully talking about a referee's... Um, decisions or whatever there's nothing wrong with saying i feel he got that wrong i feel he got that wrong or this right or whatever there's not we as fans are allowed to say that mm. but some of the rhetoric around like rest even when like a team loses and, and you already know in nearly every single loss there'll be a comment going rest cost us a game or whatever and that's where i think that if we could get cheese to go okay let's make a media campaign of like changing that narrative of you know let's do a campaign that dives into stats or something like that shows that refs aren't the cause for the loss of the game, you know, or, or whatever it is. Um, like some overarching research of game, all games are lost. Um, there's this, the completion rate is lower or whatever the reason is and look for the statistical reasons in losses. Cause I guarantee every, every club has it. I guarantee every club has the stats of when we're doing X amount, we lose. And so I actually think that, we don't really gain anything by sending him, like putting him on the sideline for six weeks. I think that, you know, it's we gain more by doing campaigns, getting out in the public, getting cheese to be the voice of, I made this mistake and this is why it's wrong. I, that's what I, I think the NRL should be more creative when it comes to situations like this. And I think it's pretty evident from Brandon Smith's comments and reactions since that he knows he's fucked up. Mm. He knows he's done the wrong thing. <clears throat> It would be so good to see Cheese get on the front foot and, as you said, be the face of a campaign mm. that has a real impact on rugby league. Because, mm. like, it, it's like we, we, we have a ref bashing culture. Yeah, 100% we do. Like, pe people don't want to call it that, whatever. It's a ref bashing culture. Yeah. I had people message me saying, oh, he could have said something worse. Like, fuck, what? Yeah, I said like to Maddie before, that's like. It's like if I murder one person, you murder two. Me going into court and going, no, you murder two. So I'm yeah, sorry. No, it's stupid. It's it's silly. You can't excuse a behaviour because there's yeah. worse behaviours that exist. That's well, ridiculous. I always say this: at the end of the year, does the best? How often has the best team not won the comp? Like seriously, how often? 
The best team usually wins a comp. And I'll even go as far to say, like, you even go to the Raiders Roosters grand final where we're so hung up on that six again call. And it was the wrong call. No, in my opinion, it was the wrong call, even if, like, it, it was called six again. But look at the 10 minutes before where the Roosters defend, not even 10 minutes, the, the 40 minutes before where the Roosters defended their line and kept them out that whole time. The Raiders had one opportunity to score. Uh, sorry, the Roosters had one opportunity to score and they did and they won the game. The, the, best, the better team in nearly every single year, I can't think of a year where the better team hasn't won the competition. If you think that a referee is deciding games, you're not doing enough. You know, there might be one or two calls throughout a season that genuinely affect a result, but it's not going to affect your season. Like, it doesn't affect your season. And mate, even if they do genuinely affect that game, there's another 80 minutes. If, if you've done everything right, you haven't made a mistake, you've nailed everything else in your game, by all means, mm. go ahead. But you're going to get that call back too later in you the will, year. You will, yeah, 100%. Like, and that's where I mean, like, okay, you get a tough call here or there, you probably get that back against someone else. And so, yeah, I, I think that, I think that, just with this whole like Brandon Smith thing, like we just try to calm down, think about what will we think of it in six months time? What's the best way out of this? I personally think the best way out of this is he gets a couple, a week or two suspension, but he does a camp, like an online campaign um, and it's called respecting refs again or something or bring back respect or something like that. You just know Craig Bellamy will support that as well. Everyone will. Anyone that doesn't like who, who that enjoys rugby league, that's a reasonable person, doesn't want refs respected. And I was shocked how many... Oh, I understand yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I know that there are... So, uh, but even if you sat those know. people down yeah, and yeah. you spoke to them and said, mate, like, look, here's all the evidence. Most of them would be like, look, I, yeah, I was just... I'm passionate. Yeah, I was angry. Yeah. I fucking just... We lost a game. Yeah. Like, sometimes we... Like, it happens to you too. I'll put up a result or, like, like a quote from someone and people get angry at me. Like, I remember I put up a quote of the... Uh, the Panthers CEO, a quote saying that Burton may want to come back to the Panthers. And someone wrote, come on, Kemp, you're better than this. I was like, better than what? It's a Penrith Panthers CEO yeah. quoted saying he wants Matt Burton back, one of the best players in the competition that can talk to someone. And it's like all, all that's happened there is a guy is angry that he might lose Burton, so he's trying to take it out on, on someone. And I think refs fall into that category as they're like the easy scapegoat for people that are, are pissed off about a loss. Whereas as they simmer down, you actually sit down and talk to them. most people will be like, you know what, you know, and you walk them through like, there's a drop ball, there's a drop ball, there's a missed tackle, there's a missed tackle. Um, so I, I, I just think that sometimes with the NRL, um, they could be smarter in situations like this and take a real negative and turn it into a real positive and say to Brennan, look, we can either find you like 20K and miss two games or we will, we will suspend the fine and you do a campaign for us. I think that works for everyone. Which, mate, it'd turn into a positive thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's like, e even in other situations that have happened, you know, over the last few years, I do feel like the NRL could take that moment and instead of it being a black eye for the game, it can be a, a positive for the game. Yeah, for sure. And this can be a positive for the game. This is a, and it can be a positive for Brandon as well. He can learn more about it. He can also help his image a bit as well because there are some people out there that were Brandon Smith fans that saw him do that and was like, bro, and they weren't as happy with him. Whereas he comes out and he goes, nah, I stuffed up. You should always respect refs, does the campaign. There's a lot of people be like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. I forgive you, man. All good. Like, yeah, there's a loud minority that want to carry on like fuckwits, but there is a silent majority of people that are reasonable, mm. that love rugby league. They just want to see the players do well. And I think that that, you know, 
Um, I think that's the case with the Brandon Smith situation. It's absolutely not on. Like, you cannot be calling the ref a cheat. Um, it was the heat of the moment. He, he says it's a mistake. Uh, I think then I should hopefully try and turn into a positive. Geez, it was a, uh, you know, oh, obviously it wasn't great when it happened. Then he went off. Then when the Sharks fans started going at him, and I thought he was going to turn around and come back, and I just thought, oh fuck. Yeah, it looked Brandon like it was about just to turn into. Call it a day. Call it a day, yeah. please. Like, like but uh, see, I'm actually less. Ang- I'm more disappointed with the on-field chat. Yep. The off-field stuff. Um, he shouldn't do it. He's a professional. But I also think some of the stuff that gets yelled out. It's like, bro, you would never say that. Oh, for sure. If yeah, there yeah, was a yeah. fucking but, but, fence But when you him. compound it with what had just happened, it would have been a debacle. For oh, yeah. Like, like, there's like, no denying that. Like, he shouldn't have even said what you say. Yeah. But I do think, like, just like we need to protect refs, some of the stuff said to players. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not just like, oh, lolly legs or Brandon, you suck. It's not that. It's like, fucking. Yeah, apparently it was full on. Yeah. The stuff that gets said is disgusting from the crowd. And that's where I can I can understand where players are coming from. They're like, well, who's protecting us? We get absolutely annihilated. And again, it's not funny banter or just like, fuck you, you suck. It's like hectic, serious stuff. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Imagine being the timekeeper in that moment thinking, I'm going to have to stop Brandon Smith here. Oh, my God. Time. And he can throw him too. He was a boxer <laughs> growing up. You do not want that that's motherfucker. What they, 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 I reckon he was better at boxing than footy. He's, he he's up. Yeah. fucking can throw them. Um so, yeah, you don't want that guy blowing up. Uh, yeah, so, as I said, I, I probably wouldn't go as harsh penalty as you, um, but I can understand where you're coming from. Mm. I can understand your reasoning of we need to send a super strong message because this is getting out of control. What do you reckon, Matty? How long would you, if you, if you were going to suspend? Well, I didn't even consider a campaign. You've convinced me. That's such a good idea. Just on Facebook, I'd probably go, I'd probably give him two weeks. Yeah. I reckon two weeks is... Hopefully... Hopefully a positive comes out of it. It did suck. It definitely did suck, especially with Melbourne struggling at the moment. Surely the positive come out of it. Like it is so obvious for the NRL that you've got a guy like him who is obviously remorseful for what he's done, mm. who's got the sort of pull in the, in the NRL community that he does. I mean, it, there couldn't be a better opportunity for the NRL to get on the front foot with this. I, I, I don't know. When I see the NRL this Wednesday outside Suncourt Stadium between six and seven, I, I'll speak to their um, media manager and just say, look, here's an idea. Maybe give it a crack. Surely. Yeah, I would personally. If I was a media person at, at the NRL, I personally would be doing a campaign for sure. For sure. Like, uh, if they weren't w- working on that campaign on Saturday night, mm. I'm asking yeah. what's going on. I, they are, it's, it's so tough, man. They're, they're, just got, they're such a big organisation. Yeah. There's so many things that need to be cleared off. And also, you've got to remember, like, they're already, they've already got a full-time job. So it's like... They're already busy and then someone comes from, I've got this huge project to do immediately. They're like, oh my God, I've already got my yeah. full-time job that I've got to focus on. Now I've got to do this massive campaign. Um, so I understand sometimes when the NRL are a bit, um, can take a bit, it's like a big ship kind of thing. It's very yeah, slow to fair. turn. Um, but they're open for sure. Like when I've, when I've spoken to the NRL, they're absolutely open to improving and you know, engaging with this this generation of rugby league fan. Uh, now on to Tafua, retires, 164 games, 88 tries, five games for Tonga, three games for Samoa. Uh, what a career. Talk about the boogeyman on the edge there. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, I, I think like because I feel like because he retired when he'd been out of the spotlight for a little bit, we forget there isn't a fullback alive when they're playing Manly, going down that left edge, wasn't going, please don't fucking kill me, Tafua. 
Was it the sorry the right edge going down? Yeah, going because he was on the right, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure most of the time. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I. <coughs> I think I think he was on the left actually. Well, all I remember is that when he jammed Cam Munster, it was Manly's right, Munster's left. Yeah, true. Yep. Yeah, but that, again, he could have swapped sides. It might have been both. Oh, anyway, I think yeah. he has swapped sides. Yeah, he's great. Anyway, one of the good guys too. Yeah, like like I. That's the one thing I, I always notice with him that you know, even though he's not in first grade, you've got, you've you've seemingly got manly boys that are DCE's age, and then you have got manly boys that are Josh Schuster's age that love him equal. Yeah. They all just get around him, yeah. even though he's not in the first grade yeah. team. It's unreal. Uh, obviously, that Cam Munster one, like, yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter. But when that went viral across the world, yeah, that's cool as fuck. That's fucking sick. Yeah, that is unreal. Yeah, um, I, I remember when. I've only been at a game twice where like the stadium's literally fucking shaking around me. And one of them was Dean Young. Or, uh, when Greg Inglis hit Dean Young, now, that was highly illegal. So <laughs> that doesn't count. That was so hectic. But the other one was, um, I can't remember who it was. I think it might've been on Dave Tyrrell. Or was that Matt? Oh, actually that oh, might've been. Oh, that was Matt Iron. Oh, that was Matt Iron. Oh, Tyrrell. Sorry, ignore what I just said. Yeah. But anyway, I've, I remember well, he, watching, he, he learnt from Matt Ice. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I remember watching the camp, the Cam Munster one on on TV, and like literally like jumping out of the couch. He did he did a similar, not as hectic, but a similar one on um, Papenhuyzen as well. Yeah, he's done heaps. Yeah. He's he's had heaps of big hits. Probably the most big hits for a winger in recent memory. Yeah, like, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. like uh, outside of like your, those old school Warriors wingers, he used Francis Millian that used to kill blokes. Um, yeah, look. Incredible career, one of the nice guys, and also a big reason why a lot of these young manly guys that are coming in are playing so well because he's a he's an elder statesman. They respect him and they appreciate him. So congratulations, big Georgie Tafua, on an incredible career, the boogeyman on the edge there. Um, now on to the ma- matches for the round: Sharks v the Storm. Uh, I've got to say, Guru, I think the Sharkies might be back. They just might be, huh? Yeah, they were a bit patchy there, and I I know a few people took issue with this a few weeks ago when we said that although they're in the top four, we don't actually consider them as a form top four side. I stand by that. In the in the last probably six weeks of rugby league, I stand by. I did not think that they were a one of the top four sides in the competition. Yes, they were in the top four, but I don't think form-wise that I would have had them even in front of the Broncos. I mean, we have to remember the Broncos won seven in a row, Cowboys killing it, Storm, and then you've got Penrith. Uh, but I would have to say after the last two weeks, I think that they're back and I think that they're a top four side now in form-wise. Especially without Hines mm. in this game. I and I know they're on. in the top four, guys. I know they're in the top <laughs> four form-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I, I look at the competition right now, and if you said to me who are the top four teams, I would say um, Penrith, Melbourne, North Queensland. That fourth one, I'd probably say Broncos, mm. but I don't know if I put them in a top four sort of team right now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. as in form wise, like, 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 yeah. If, if I had to pick which of the top four teams, like the teams that play like top four teams, I'd probably have those three. Then Broncos are probably the next closest, mm. but I'm sort of, I'm not. Overly convinced. I had Broncos in there when they were like at the back end of their um, run of seven in a row. But as I said, now after the last two games for Sharks and the way they've played, I have Sharkies in the top four form-wise now. And I have Broncos just just dipped out. I mean, pretty much the table represents where I have each team outside of maybe the Rabbitohs form has been pretty good last few weeks. Yeah, actually, the, the, the table right now... Matter of fact, I probably have the Eels a bit lower uh, form-wise 
But outside of that, the table right now is pretty accurate as to where I see form-wise each team. It's crazy to think how far the Broncos and Cowboys have come. Like, mm. Cowboys are sitting second. The Cowboys have, have won one more game than the Storm. Insane. Yeah. Insane. They've conceded 50 less points than the Storm have. Amazing. Um, anyway, back to the Sharkies. Mm. So, yeah, I think they're back. They've had three wins on the trot. Uh, they play North Queensland, then they play Penrith. Holy shit. Yeah, what a cracking two weeks for I them. mean, if you wanted a, a, a tester of where they're at, you couldn't get a harder test. You couldn't get a harder test. To think that they would start off their run of Storm, Cowboys, and Penrith with a win over the Storm. A convincing win, too. Yeah, they looked so good. They looked yeah. so good. Uh, and they, they, they bombed a certain try and could have scored one more a couple as well. of tries. Yeah. They, they, they had um, Ramian drop the ball. Yeah. There was another one as well. They should have scored early when Ramian gave it to Katoa and it was good defense, but yep. uh, Ramian could have scored it. Ramian could have scored about five. Mate, he played really well. I mean, he had a couple of errors, but he, yeah. outside of those errors, he played really well. I'll tell you who I thought played well. Cameron McGuinness. I'll read you his stats. He played 57 minutes in the middle, 150 meters, 68 post-contact meters, 36 tackles. So good. Heaps good. Dale Finucane being back as well. He's so important that side. The yeah. amount of like tough carries he has and gets on his front for quick play of the balls, it's incredible. Um, has he been called into the New South Wales camp? Did I yep. say yep. that the other day? Yeah. And apparently yeah. it was on the Hes- on the the back of the players saying we want Dale in. Oh, hey, talk Fuck. about respect. Fucking hell. Seriously. Um, but yeah, back to the game anyway. Uh, look, I thought Ramian uh, Moylan. Honestly, right now Moylan is his career best form. I honestly think his last two weeks has been some of the best yeah. footy he's ever played. Yeah, some off. Yeah, he's right, right up there with his career yeah. best. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, has I he put re-signed yet? Is he? he? I think he, he re-signed a couple of days ago. A couple of days ago. I don't know if it's official though. Is it? Yeah, no, it's official. It's official. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it is official. Yep. I, I, I just think that like back in the day he had some a big, big mm-hmm. games, but he was playing fullback yep. usually. I just don't know if he was controlling the match the way he was controlling yeah. it. The way he's at the Sharkies. Again, it's a very small sample size. It's been two games. But put it this way. Erase everything else I just said. The game on the weekend was the best game he's played in probably five years. Yep. That, that's like he was so silky, controlled everything. And all the spaces they had on the edge came from Matty Moylan squaring everything up, doing the right plays, getting to the right person. Uh, I'm just so impressed with his ability to bounce back. I, I thought he was done, man. I thought his body was done. At the start of the year, we spoke about it. And I was even like, with the Braden Trindle thing, I was like, you know what? I may even consider putting Trindle there because you don't know with Matty Moylan. You don't want him in and out and in and out. And then all of a sudden, you don't have built connections. Matty Moylan completely proved me wrong, at least, by he's been he's played every game, hasn't he? Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like when we were talking about it then, he didn't play in the trials. Yeah. so they were was, worried about yeah, him. Well, yeah, they were worried about him. That's yeah. how unsure they were about his body holding up. Now he's signed a two-year deal. And as I said, he's playing – if he's not playing the best he's ever played, it wouldn't be far off the best he's played. Uh, I think it's fair to say if he's not playing the best – he's playing the most mature he's ever played. Oh, easy. Easy. By a mile. Easily. Um, you know, great left foot step for a, the Braley try. Uh, another person I want to shout out, Braley. He's been absolutely outstanding. Uh, I, I just He's so developing into such a good footy player. Such a good footy player. So when you got the spine, like Matty Moylan, like I, I get what you're saying. Like some of his games back in the day when he was coming through. Outrageous. And, yeah. You know, were outrageous for sure. Um, 
Uh, but I don't know if it's, he's that far off that. I really don't. Like I, I, I really like his form, especially last two weeks. There was a, probably a patch there where he was struggling a little bit. Like, not struggling, but he didn't have as much impact. Um, but his last few weeks, man, he's just been so good. So no, I also good. think there's a lot of games he's played this year where he hasn't had great impact, but he hasn't needed to as well. Well, he's kind of, But he's, he's done the yards for Nico to do yep. what he needs to do. Because um, Nico doesn't play like a, a regular seven. He really does. Like, sometimes I feel like Moiser is a seven, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I feel like when Nico's got the hot hand, which is just about every fucking week so far this year, yep. Moylan's not about Moylan. Yeah. He's just about his team. And he's happy just to take a backward step and let Hines go. Uh, you mentioned there Blake Braley as well. What a turnaround. No. Like, not, not that he was going poorly, but just... To go to the level that he has is incredible. I'm I'm searching my brain here to try and find the name of that hooker that they signed from Queensland Cup, uh, Jaden Beryl. Yeah, I think bringing him in was a little, was a little warning shot to Braley that yeah. you need to start being the guy that we thought you were going to be. And yep. I think he's exceeded it. Oh, mate, absolutely. I think that last year it was almost a bit like he was coasting along, yep. or not even coasting along, but he was like, I'm a first grader. I go on. I do my job. There's no other hookers There's here. There's no hookers here. And and. It's just, but it's it's more about like when you first get into first grade, you're almost like I just have to do my job, and so there's no one last year that could have said Braley didn't do his job, yeah. but he wasn't impacting games, and I think that as you get more mature, you start to realize realize I need to do more than just my job. I need to impact games of rugby league. I need to be able to offer something that no one else can offer in my position, and this year his service, his pass selection, his dummy half running, his defence. Um, yeah, Braley's been outstanding. Seriously, like, I, and the crazy thing is, is what he's what 22, 23? 23. Young, yeah. As young as anything, he seems to be relatively injury free, um, mate. I yeah, he's in this. He's almost in the same breath as a Reese Robson for me. Where those two guys could be the next generation of hooker for us. Um, for New South in Wales. the under twenties origin, let's say twenty eighteen. I'm just mm. guessing it would have been around then. Robson was the nine and Braley was the fourteen. Oh wow! Okay, so they are quite close in informants in, and yep. um, what they can achieve. I mean, it's going to be unreal to watch him, him and his brother for the next five or six years. Yeah, like, we'll we'll talk about him soon. But I thought he looked great in his return. Yeah, in his return. Well, as soon as he came on, they started to make a little bit of a comeback. His service is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, really impressive. And and the good thing about a guy like Braley is like he's not going to break the bank at nine either. I mean, unless he you know comes out and kills it but he's just just going to continue just getting the runs on the board getting the runs on the board you can you know there's a big window for the sharks yeah. to keep him at the club and win you know potentially win premiership and like he's also like he's a homegrown talent like the, the, they've still got another brother he's in harold Matz at the moment i think yeah wow Braley. so like I, I i think he would ideally want to stay at cronulla mm. as well long term so that they might be able to keep him on a little bit cheaper mm. moving forward i'll tell you the <coughs> other one that i is Connor Tracy the most underrated player in this that's not in this competition at times? <laughs> yeah, like. he's so good. Puck, he's good. Yeah, absolutely. He's got to be one of the in a in a in a group of underrated players. You'd have to have Connor Tracy in there. He's like I, I, I think it's fair to say he was their best back last year. He's right up there for sure. Probably for with Will sure. Kennedy. I'd yeah. say he was their best back. Yeah, he's absolutely. not in the team this year. You know, as much as. You know, people want to bag Talaco because he doesn't have highlights every week. He runs for 170 meters every single week. Tracy jumped in there this week. Nothing changed. I know. I know. It's uh, the the depth. He ran for 173 metres, 66 post contact, four tackle breaks, a line break, 11 tackles, one offload. Look at his Sharks profile. They've still got him listed as a halfback. <laughs> yeah, wow. 
You know what else I love? The wingers for the Sharkies. I th- honestly, I honestly think the wingers for the Sharkies, you could make the argument that they're the best combination in the comp outside of Toto and Taylor and May. But them going toe-to-toe with Toto and May, I'd back them in. Maybe not, they not, handle their own. Their own yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know if they'd win, but I'm just trying to think like some other wing combinations that you feel are as strong as Mulatalo and every single game Mulatalo and Katoa do something special every yeah. game I, th- I think it'd be them the Penrith boys and then you probably have Swali and, and Tupu yeah but, Tupu, uh, yeah. Tupu yeah but then you I think after that I think it's these two clearly well I, I honestly would have those two in with them like yeah. in the sense of like I don't know who's the best one but if there's a tier of wingers they would be in the tier one of, of the competition for sure um, Katoa is criminally underappreciated like he had a good get, like he constantly has a bunch of tackle breaks um you know like every second game he might have like nine tackle breaks and if he doesn't have nine tackle breaks he's got to try a try assist far out he's good and i feel like mulatalo we all sat up and took note of him last year around the origin period mm. but katoa just like and I, I would also say like like jesse raymond inside him and, and you, you want raymond to run first yeah. not pass first but like if, if he had a, a center inside him like a Stags or one of these guys that's a real draw and pass guy, Katoa would score. Even more. Even more. Yeah. I, I really think Sharks' backline is one of the most underappreciated backlines. Like every game they're running for big numbers and breaking big amount of tackles. You, you could have two to three injuries in this backline and then you'd have to make the decision do we bring in Tracy, Ikevalu or Lockie Miller. Arguably one of the best debuts we've seen. In like, a long time. Yeah. Mate, it's just... um. Sharky's looking so good. Um, another bloke who I think really benefited by going back to reserve grade and playing in the halves, Trindle. Yep. And and I I, I think um, I think quite a bit. I don't know if we still, but I think at the start of the year we, we disagreed quite a bit of me saying I would rather than be in New South Wales Cup. And you were again, correct me if I'm guru. You were more like, no, no, I want them playing first grade, even if it is off the bench. Yeah, it wasn't about Trindle. But, but yes, we but have that idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I was pushing back on it for sure. And can you see the benefit now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. I think Trindle's a cracking example too. That yeah. When he was coming off the bench, it was poor. It wasn't working. Yeah, it was not it, it working. It was making. It was. He was lacking. It was making his confidence worse every yeah. single week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I, and to be clear though, I, I think it's just in key positions where yeah. I think it's important that they go back to reserve grade, take a team around the park, because Trindle was outstanding. It was like, who is this bloke? He, well, it was a Trindle we saw in the last five weeks of last season when yeah. his confidence was sky high. Yep, absolutely. But to think that they did this without Nico Hines, oh, my God. It's so impressive. Um, outside of that, uh, I thought uh, Hamlin uh, Ueli, you know, he had some really good moments. Uh, just just the energy that he brought. I know he had the head high in that, but I, I personally don't think it was a head <laughs> high. Um, just the energy that he brought. I know he didn't play for a, a mountain of minutes, but when he did come on, he's flying out of the line. Yeah. He's getting through his work. You know, they're looking good, man. They're looking really good. The, Shout uh, out to Andrew Fafita too. I thought he was great. You know, yeah. he's not playing. I think he played probably 25, 30 minutes around mm. that mark, but he's just managed to, like, I think he's a lot more important to this side than what he gets credit for. Yeah, agreed. I, I think that the role he plays, the experience that he brings, I think just the sort of character he is. I mean... Like, listening to him talk about the, that injury last year, like he's not dead. I know. It's and he's back incredible. in the Sharks team who, are they are they the most stacked forward pack in the comp? 
They'd have to be up there. When you yeah. think about the guys that aren't making, I mean, fuck. If I, I, I think you posted it. Like Franklin Pele ran a hundred meters to score a try on the weekend. <coughs> They'd he be, can't even get in their twenty-five. I would say that their um, their pack is underappreciated for sure. I would say Penrith, Eels. Penrith Eels probably have the most stacked. Board Keep in packs. mind they're playing Talakai in the centres. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it, for sure. Like, I mean, they're in the Hamlin top four. only just coming back. Like, they, we still haven't really had a game where you've got Hamlin, Dale, Cam McInnes, like the entire band, Wade McGinnon, everyone, to, uh, yeah. Wade Graham, everyone together yeah, at the same point. time. That's a good point. And Rudolph wasn't there. And Toby Rudolph. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, Rudolph was their best forward last week, I thought. Yeah, he was really good last week. Yeah, you know what? You'd put him up there. Put it this way. It definitely can go toe-to-toe with any forward pack yeah, in the competition. Sure. And I don't think they're light on paper, at, at, le- at the very least. Um, so, yeah, Sharkies fans, get back excited. Like, there, again, there was a few weeks where I was going, I think we, it may be a bit too soon for them. I think that maybe they need another six months to get everything together. But after watching them the last couple of weeks, maybe they can make a push for it. I mean, yeah, the, the, the next two weeks I think will be – I don't know if it – if it'll be telling, like if they do get shown up, at least the Sharks will know where they're at mm. and then they'll have another five weeks to really get themselves sorted and primed. Um, once they do get through those two games, it's a pretty good run. You've got Dragons, Tigers, Manly, Bulldogs, Knights. I, th- oh, I think we spoke about this last week, but mm. if they can get an idea of where they're at over the next two weeks. They can they go two from three in the, this three-week period. Fuck, that sets them it's up. Huge. Not many teams will go two from three in this Like. Run. This little period, if they go two from three and then go on to win pretty much every game, they basically guarantee themselves top four. The only teams that could go two from three in this period, I think, are the teams that are on top of them. Yeah, Cowboys and Penrith. Because even Storm clearly can't. They lost. Yeah, It's also not the worst time to play the Cowboys two days after the State of Origin. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a really good point. Um, so, yeah, really exciting for the Sharks. I, I, again, I thought that they maybe just needed a bit longer, but after watching them last two weeks, we just... Who knows, man? Who knows? And they're, they're, they're both in North Queensland and Penrith, so that will that'll, that tough, yeah, tough couple of weeks. Maybe maybe Fitzgibbon has has tipped them up on that. I've looked at that four week period, and the reason why they've been so up for these first two games is knowing that you know they may drop those last two. So let's get those wins early. Would you be more worried about going to North Queensland to play the Cowboys this week, or going to Amy Park to play Melbourne? Oh, Amy Park, Melbourne. I think still, yeah, with a full strength Storm team. Okay. Yeah, still, but... It's, it's closer than we've ever thought it would be. Yeah, well, definitely this year, for sure. Yeah. I mean, fuck, I didn't think that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, yeah, exciting times, Sharkies. Very exciting times. Uh, Matty Moore, like, Nico Hines didn't even play. It is incredible. And I know the Storm were missing players, but that's the Melbourne Storm. We expect them to be incredible. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll get to the Storm side. Um, look, we have to remember that they are missing Christian Welsh, they're missing Remus Smith. They lost Nico Hines last year. Um, they're missing Cam Munster. Who else are missing? Harry Grant. Harry Grant. So, like, it's not like they've Felice. got this. Felice Kofusi. Kofusi, yep. So it's not like they're not. Yeah. They are decimated with injury. And, and I think it's outs. also worth noting that, you know, like a guy like Xavier Coates, uh, missing mm. him. Yeah. A guy like Remus Smith, who Remus might not be a superstar, but... You realise how valuable Remus is when he's not there yeah. and when he's there. Well, their, their edges were getting decimated. Their edges are getting smashed at the moment. Smashed at the moment. Their that, defensive that, that's decisions. my worry with Melbourne, that yes, you bring Munster and you bring Grant in. It doesn't really solve that issue. Mm. 
And now Remus Smith's out for the season. I think he's gonna. They're gonna really miss him. And then you've got Jennings that's also injured. All these guys that yeah. fringies that could have come in that that would have solved a problem. Um, I think Grant Anderson he got injured on the weekend as well. So that depth is going to be tested again there. Yeah, really interesting times. You know, I, I do I do say though that even though all those injuries and that is a reason for the loss, uh, Melbourne definitely are going through a bit of a a period right now. I kind of bring it up last week and, and said, basically, I felt like something was a little bit off, but I trusted the fact that the Melbourne Storm proved us wrong every single time. Um, I do believe that their depth probably isn't what, it, it's not the same as it was yesteryear. Mm. Um, and I think that may be due to like, so the big three, they had the depth and they built that perfectly with like Hughes, Munster, Pappenhausen, they build it perfectly, but then like the depth underneath that, that's still got to take time to grow and and to to I guess recruit and and develop the players into what they need them to be, um, because yeah, they just just don't seem to have the same energy as an, a, a Melbourne Storm team usually does this period of time of the year. Yeah, I think it should also be noted that obviously they have come out of that period with the big three. Mm. And we said it last week, as much as COVID has definitely hit the Warriors the worst, I think the Melbourne Storm have been the second worst, mm. realistically. Like, you think the whole 2020 season, they were in a hotel room the entire time, and that's where normally they'd be in Melbourne and you'd have the Queensland Cup players flying down there mm. to train with them during the week and guys would start to get experience. I think they've missed a lot of those opportunities over the last few years. Mm. And I, I personally think that that has played a role in it all because their depth, their depth right now, despite their injury run, if they had this injury run three years ago, That'd still be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas they, now, I mean, they just got done by 22 points against Sharks without Nico Hines. Mm. Coming off a loss. <coughs> like, traditionally, Melbourne, mm. they lose the week before you're in for a hiding. Yeah. Well, at the very least, like, they, they, if they come off a loss, they're coming out super aggressive and you're earning that win, you know. And maybe, maybe the Sharks were just so good, but just on the edges there, like, they just seem so brittle. And it's, I just have never seen a storm side edge defence be this not that great at no point did i ever think melbourne as soon as this game started mm. at no point did i think they, i was i thought they'd win before it started yeah but once we got five minutes into it it was it was all cronulla and yeah mm. I, don't, I don't know if that is cronulla just playing an unbelievable game but melbourne just coming out of their own end they just didn't look like themselves mm. yeah no it's um look I, I i think that they still absolutely are a premiership threat i don't think that that's under any concern i think once they get all their players back when they get you know, pretty much everyone except for Smith and uh, is Coates out for the whole year? I think he's going to be back late. I, th- I think that. it was like a ten to twelve week injury. Okay, so once late. they so they only lose Smith and Welch for the whole Welsh season. Man, yeah. I think once they get everyone back, Munster, Hughes, Pappenhausen, they'll absolutely still Jennings be Jennings is the other one, but he yeah. probably wouldn't have been in there starting. Yeah, mm. NRL.com has Coates round twenty two return. Okay. But yeah, Smith is a big loss, and I think it's it's proven over the last few weeks is they just on the edges there. He was so important to them. Um, but I, I think that once they get everyone back, they'll be back to their <laughs> scary because that because their top tier team is still super scary, yeah. super scary. So I think they could still go on a massive run and blow every team out of the water. But it's just about building that depth for the next few years. They play Canberra this week. Who do you tip there? Assuming Munster, pl- you assume Munster plays. Yeah, you know? surely. Um, I tip Storm, sure. Yeah, yeah, Storm. I reckon. Um, so, growing pains at the moment for Storm. Growing pains. They're human, human, and yeah. they're going through a. Would you say it's an injury crisis? 
I think it's fair to say that. It's close. I mean, they've got fucking fair people out, fair few people out, plus Origin as well. Yeah. <coughs> and I, I think when you have got so many guns in your spine, your, your key guys that don't get paid as much, in, like your Remus Smith, your Felice Cafusis, mm. when they're not there, that's mm. when you really start to feel having so much money in your spine. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, in saying that, like, it, just, it really just depends, like, were the Sharks just so great? Because, like, then you look at the Broncos, they had, like, 10 players out. And they managed to get the win. Mm. And yeah, Sims got sent off ten to the win twice, but that's all part of a game of footy. Um, uh, yeah, you know what? Storm, they had Brandon Smith sent off, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. the game was done by then, yeah, that's by, true. in my opinion anyway. Yeah. I think they'll bounce back though. You, you think they bounce back? Uh yeah, I, I think I, I don't they're gonna stay the way they are right now. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm worried they're not going to be able to bounce back to the level where they can b- beat a Penrith, to yeah. be honest okay. with you. Okay. I think I think they'll bounce back, but it is slightly concerning that I can't remember the last time they conceded 64 points across two weeks in a row. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point. Against two teams that aren't in sensational form. <clears throat> That's what I'm, I don't know. Cause you got last week's loss and this like Sharkies, like were the Sharkies just great? You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see you next week. But I mean, it's also like for years, like we've seen teams play great against Melbourne and they still lose. Yeah. That's the, oh, I know. You don't want to doubt them, mm. but yeah, yeah. Um, now onto the Knights v the Rabbitohs. Uh, there was a period there where the Knights looked like they were going to maybe run away with it, and the Rabbitohs just came charging back in. Um, mate, Rabbitohs just look like a different side with Latrell there, a different side. Uh, we'll quickly talk about the Clement situation. Um, look, I'm I'm glad nothing came of it because when you watch the replay, the elbow didn't really land. And so I think like suspending people on like may or may not have landed stuff is, is hectic. It's that's way too far. Um, but it was dangerous. It was absolutely dangerous. Um, I probably would have been maybe 10 in the bin, but again, it doesn't matter. It was the end of the game. Um, and yeah, like uh, people complaining about Latrell, like I'm like, what if you see a player drop an elbow on your teammate's head, do you not want that player to run in and get him off? Like, it's just bizarre because, like, in some players we praise he's he's standing up for his mates. He's sticking up for it. Like, for example, Clemmer, when he was, like, talking to Lomax after the game and, you know, doing all that, we were like, bloody oath, like, you're standing up for your mate. You're the enforcer. You're the big fella. And yet when Latrell comes in and pulls Clemmer off after he literally did an illegal play, people have an issue with that. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? Like, why is there a double standard? I don't get it. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people that – or anti Latrell that if he was playing for their team, they'd, they'd love, love him. him sick. They'd love him. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If you just come into that not liking Latrell, whatever. But is there a world where a front rower tries to throw an elbow at one of your young guys, and you don't want your fullback to come in and sort him out? Like if you're in a situation where that can happen, mm. why wouldn't you want it to? It's bizarre. I would. You would want every day of the week. You'd want your players standing up for your other players. And, and the perfect example is Clemmer. Like I love when Clemmer stands up yep. for his players. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Is what he should do. What do you reckon, Manny? I don't understand how Latrell's. Like I love Clemmer. I love Clemmer, but I don't understand how he's the bad guy in the situation. When like imagine if Latrell's dropping elbows. Like what people would what's say. What's crazy is like nearly anyone else that runs in and pulls that player off, like Latrell did. We're not even talking about him. Matter of fact, you could probably you could probably go to most fans and say who pulled him off, and most fans say I can't even remember who pulled the player off. It's it's just so strange that we're talking about Latrell. And some people will like say, well, what about early the game where 
he he flipped that player over and and the player got knocked out. It's like contacting a tackle. Like what what do you want him to? I, I got a good example, and this has literally happened last week, and it's the same player. Last week, um, Clemmer was defending his mate, gave Jared Wallace a punch to the head and got sin bin and people were like oh fair enough he's just defending his teammate yeah. the same thing happened last week and Clemmer was the perpetrator mm. and everyone's like oh fuck Latrell's a grub Latrell didn't throw a punch Latrell didn't throw a punch and also if you look at the footage it looks worse because he hit his own player out of the way yeah like oh it's oh. bizarre to me and then they tried to start pointing out like you know the guy that tried to tackle him and Latrell like flipped him off him and then the guy was injured it's like Bro, do you really think that, like, okay, so now he's not allowed to flip players off him and, and land in an awkward way? Like, come on. It's just, it's bizarre. Anyway, what I am glad is I'm glad that neither player really got in trouble. We move on. That's the way I think it should be. I did love, though, like, just watching it on TV. I just love Clemmer and Colmatungi going at it. Yeah, that was it's sick. It's just so fucking sick. So that's, alpha. That's another thing. No one's talking about Keon. Yeah. Nah. Keon was literally squaring up with Clemmer. Yeah. Like, no one's talking about Keon. But he came closer to fight it. Like, anyway, um, it's bizarre. It's it's bizarre. Oh, I love that moment with um, with Coleman Tung. I mean, like, I feel like if this would have happened this time last year, he's still sort of finding his way in first grade. But mm. I feel like the other night I looked at him for the first time and going, oh, no, like you're... Established. You are an established <coughs> first grader. Mm. Like going up against... I mean, we can still call Clemmer a test front rower. I think he's a premier front rower. I think he is too. Yeah. Like, I think he's him, in career best form. He's killing yeah. it. Going fantastic. To go toe-to-toe with him. And then you even saw as he was walking back, he was still talking to him. Yeah. Like, he wasn't. Mm. Like it, it was only the clock that stopped them from meeting again. Yeah. All right, look, to be honest, like, obviously, it's, like, dropping elbows and that. Like, I get it. It is not a good look or whatever. But the the stuff before that, like, the Keon stuff, that's what rugby league is all about. Yeah, the big fellas going at it, you know, squaring up. That's great. That's great. It brought so, – like, that was a nothing game that turned into, like, a great game because yeah. we're all going fucking oath. The boys are going at it. Um, yeah, so and that's why I do appreciate. We have to give credit where credit's due to the uh, match review committee. You know, they often get hammered, and the NRL often get hammered. But I think we need to say appreciate that they said, you know what? Let's not make a big deal out of this. Let's move on to the next week, and that's what they did because they could have easily, you know, gone down the route of, oh well, he did drop the elbow, and if it had landed, he could have got in trouble. Instead, they just said, didn't land. Let's move on. So I thought it was good. What about the eyes on Clemmer? Oh. Crazy eye. Crazy eye. It's one of the craziest eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's screw loose eyes. Definitely got a screw loose up there, the big fella. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I think as well, it's, this is a good example of how, like the fine, the fine system working. Like give Clemmer a little bit, of, like a tiny fine. Yeah, give him a fine. That's means it. nothing to him. Yeah. Move on. We all just, to be honest, I think most fans enjoyed the scuffle. Oh, it's the best. Most fans loved it. We move on. Um, but anyway, back to the game. Rabbitohs, yeah, they just look like a better team with Lich- like. I know that's an obvious thing. So, oh, of course, a better team with Latrell in it. But but I would say yeah. better team with Latrell, but 40% of our cap was out. Sorry, yeah. 40% of South's cap was out. 1,200 yeah. games experience. So, like, Latrell coming in to that team and improving it that much is massive. Yeah, it's all the stuff that you can't measure with Trell. Like, it's, yeah, okay, he's silky. His ball running is strong as anything. But everyone stands a little bit taller with Latrell around him. I mean, Cody Walker's... In particular, Cody. Cody has gone to another level because he has someone that he can trust, that he knows is going to be there, that's going to help him when he needs him. Um, Yeah, look, I'm I'm stoked for Rabbitohs fans. And to be fair, if they continue to play this good footy, Demetrio deserves a massive rap. 
when when six when I think like four weeks ago, most fans were going, "Oh, oh, Demetrio, this may be a disaster." For them to make the eight and maybe even you know be in the top six, I, was, I think I was that'd about be a big say, win. What, what do you think the ceiling is for the bunnies? Like, can they get to a prelim? Can they get to a GF? Like, what's the probably a prelim? prelim? Maybe yeah. prelim. I can't see GF. I can't see a GF. Um, in saying that, you get everyone back: Cook, Murray, Walker. Because I mean, to, to, to make a prelim, they're going to have to win two games in a row. They're, mm. they're not going to finish top four. We all mm. yeah. all in agreement there. So mm. they're an interest. They're a side that you don't want to play, though. You do not want to play. Latrell Mitchell just like doing. That, you know yeah. what I mean? Like out of nowhere, you can just create whatever he wants. Um, yeah, really, really good time. Uh, interesting times for the Cowboys. Um, also, like Lachlan Ilias went off in the first what? Second tackle of the game. Yeah. Second tackle of the game. Nikarima comes on, does a job. It was a really good win for the, for the um, you know, I know the Knights were missing uh, Ponga, but outside of that, what? Ponga, Pong, Gagai. Ponga, Gagai, Frizzell? Ja- Jacob. No, Frizzell was playing. Frizzell played. Uh, Jacob, Jacob Saifidi. But outside of that, it wasn't, whereas you look at the um, Rabbitohs, they were missing Cam Murray, Damien Cook. Ilias was injured in the first, the second tackle. Campbell Graham. Campbell Graham. Um, AJ. 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 Marky Nichols. Mark Nichols. Uh, there's another one that I'm trying to think of. Anyway, a substantial Jai Arrow, Jai Arrow. Um, so the halfback yeah. goes down early. There's a lot. So yeah. Um, yeah, really, really good win. Um, and what's crazy is like, I still believe that their outside backs aren't sorted. The the, the Rabbitohs. Some of the decisions made by their outside backs, like I, I I felt there were periods there where the Rabbitohs, their their key players, their good players, were being let down by some of their maybe their edge play, like not their edge players, their fringe players. Just, just some errors, some bad decisions. Um, I, what I'm surprised at with the Rabbitohs is that you don't necessarily have to be a world beater, but it's just the errors. Like, I, just instead of going out and worry about like breaking the game, just get through a game without any errors. Just, just make your tackles, do your runs. And a lot of their errors, well, and Matty, you can probably talk about it more, but to yep. me, I watched our Sydney, and a lot of their errors, they're not when they're trying outlandish things. Like It's just basic shit. It's, yeah. You know, just like dropping balls. Yeah, like, like if you're making a heap of errors trying to put points on the board, I get it, but it's like they're, it's like they're making, the vast majority of their mistakes just come from trying to get through their structures and just get to their spots yeah. on the field. It's, like, it's really surprising. It's And I, and I just... Yeah, I don't know. That's if there is an Achilles heel at the moment for them, it is probably their edges right now, where just too many, just too many um, mistakes that are unforced. And when your your key players inside you are, you know, making, you know, put it this way: basically, you've got Jet Carwright that had two errors, but then outside of that, it's essentially Tane Milne had one, Jackson Paulo had two. Um, and Cody Walker had one. So for outside backs, for them to have essentially, as a group, the most errors, it's like it doesn't help you. And that's they just they were just key errors in key moments of the game. Like it's not a dramatic amount, but again, that's just this week. If you go back to the week before and all yeah. those others, and like a key indicator is they had eighty six percent completion. The Rabbitohs. So imagine. Imagine the Rabbitohs with Dane Gagai and they're not making errors. All of a sudden, they're back to being a premiership threat at an 86% completion rate. We've talked about it all year. If the Rabbitohs completed 80% or more, they'll win a match. They'll win pretty nearly any match of footy outside of the top, top tier. Um, so, yeah, look, outside of the, the one or two errors in crucial situations, 
um, it was a massive game. I also thought um, the two front rowers, Tom Burgess in the... T- he, he, Burgess he was incredible. He was great. Yeah. He, he, he missed a fair whack. Did you notice that during the game? He missed 10 tackles. I didn't... Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed he was like shooting up out of the line, okay. line yeah, speed. Because yeah. I, I, I saw the stats and thought, fuck, I didn't really notice that yeah. live. Yeah, yeah. but like he, he, he ran for 200 metres, which... I think as fans, we get so used to watching Taumalolo do these mm. unbelievable things that you underappreciate <coughs> how hard 200 metres is yeah. for a front rower. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is incredible. Uh, and um, Totola was huge as well. He's been yeah. massive for them this year. But yeah. I thought, you know, you got to remember Tom Burgess. And you know, we spoke about two weeks ago. He got hooked three games ago. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that long ago he got hooked. He played 71 minutes on the weekend. Fuck. For a, he's a... Big he had fella. an offload to put Latrell through a hole as well. Yeah. He, he Four got tackle breaks. a heap of work. Yeah. Like he missed 10, but he made 32 tackles. He ran for 200 metres. Yeah. Yeah, Some like the missed tackles, like, yes, it is a measure for sure. There is no denying it. But not all missed tackles are equal. Yeah, it doesn't tell the full story. It doesn't tell yeah. the full story. Like, sometimes you, like, the amount of times I see, like, little hookers, like, screaming up out of the line and they miss the tackle, but they stop the run. And, and it stops them dead in their tracks. That's like a good thing rather than just getting up and allowing the player to come to them. Best example was James Maloney. He missed like eight or ten a game. But they were, yeah, consistently. But they were, yeah. But, but they weren't like, they weren't leading the tries and stuff. Yeah, usually. Like sometimes they sometimes, would. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, some a lot of them were just him jamming in and, and shutting a play down. So yeah, not not all missed tackles are equal for sure. Like even Appy Korosau last week, guess how many tackles he missed? He, he normally has he normally has six or eight in a game. Twelve. Twelve, yeah. What? And yet he was outstanding. Yeah. And wow. also, I don't think anyone was watching the match going, Appy's not defending very well. Yeah. Um, well, I agree. Like, I didn't realise Tommy Burgess missed 11 tackles yeah. until yesterday. It definitely didn't stand out. Yeah. Um, you know, you only really see, like, Cookie, who made, like, 100 tackles, didn't miss any, which is incredible. Um, so, yeah, look, I think Cody Walker played incredible. Two tries, three tries this. Yeah. The other one I thought was good was uh, Richie Kenner. Who's, he's been playing down there in reserve grade. He's been doing really well down there. Good to see him come in. Obviously, you're playing left edge. It's pretty damn good real estate for South Sydney, but yep. oh, I thought he was strong as well. Mm. Um, Tass was okay again. He 124 metres, 46 post contact. But, yeah, just that outside backs just need to get sorted a little bit. I, I think Tane Milne is actually probably a forward now. Seeing him play international footy in there, I thought he was really good. Mm. Um, I, would, I would give Tane... A, a, um, a crack in the forwards if I'm being honest well when you have a look at their side over the next once they get everyone back it'll be interesting to see who does get that 17 jersey whether it's mm. Cartwright Tane mm. Havili like there's a couple Cheekham could, could be another yeah. option like, I thought uh, Saluka Fafita was good yeah, as well very good super yeah. aggressive I loved like people don't understand the guts it takes after a, a bust up for you to pick the ball up and go I'm going to run it straight at Clemmer fuck that's that's a hard man. That's a fucking tough man. That's the other thing I loved even more about Latrell. The bloke's been there for 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. He arrived during the week. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, Fafida, he's a big, big body. Only played 32 minutes. He ran for 107 metres, uh, 18 tackles, only one miss. I think he could be exactly what the Rabbitohs needed because, like, sometimes size-wise, they do get a bit dominated through the middle. Mm. Um, but Saluka Fafida, I thought it was a great first game. A great first game. Um, Keon was outstanding uh, Yeah so look Exciting for the Rabbitohs they, at, that, at the very least They look like They'll play finals footy Whereas four weeks ago I probably had them out Out of the eight uh, At the end of the year But Latrell Mitchell Has just brought so much energy Back into that you side You just feel like This Buddies team Is going to ruin Someone's season Yeah I can see that for sure For sure 
Uh, Latrell Mitchell, two try assists, six tackle breaks, a line break, two line breaker six, six tackles, zero misses. That's another thing like that gets uh, underrated with Latrell is like his contact in defense, like he never gets steamrolled. Mm. Every time he makes a tackle, it's like either a don't one. Like it was one where like he, I think it was a front rower he took down. Like he is a front rower. That's how big he is. Yeah. Um, now on to the Knights. How did you see the Knights going, Guru? Uh, yeah, I sort of I felt like South Sydney was sort of always in control of this one. I never really felt like Newcastle, except for that twenty minute period where Knights got ahead. Yeah, but I even at that point I didn't I didn't overly feel like I don't know my, my, maybe it's easier in hindsight, but yeah. I never felt like South Sydney were going to lose this okay. game. I just always felt like that they'd find a way to win it. Mm. Um, mate, shout out, and I, I I'm, I'm sure you'll want to talk about it. I, th- I, th- I think you posted about Dom Young. Mm. About that that play where, and, and I'll, I'll let you talk about that in a minute. But you just go back eighteen months ago, whatever it was. He was a nineteen year old coming to the NRL. Mm. How much balls and ticker does that take mm. to take yourself out of your comfort zone to come here? And let's be honest here, when he arrived, he was looking pretty bang average. Oh, I was bro. thinking he will be back in England within a matter of weeks. This is not going to work. Yeah, this is not going to work. He doesn't have the. It was almost like you have all the physical attributes. You should be dominating. Yeah, but he just. Just didn't have the the, the footy IQ. Yeah. Whereas and now, teams were showing up to Newcastle with a game plan. Just go at this kid. Go at we'll him. Get him. And Don't they go at him every now. Every single week. I wouldn't be going at him now. No, nah, he's. He, I think his improvement's been incredible on that. He's been one of their better players, seriously, for sure. Um, you know, obviously made the try saving tackle and then went up the other end and scored. It's. It's those little things where you'd love just a camera on that player yeah. for that, mm. for those two or three minutes. Yeah, I, I thought he was very impressive and has been for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, I agree. And the good thing about a guy like Dominic Young is that physically, he his ceiling is whatever he wants to be. He's yeah. a giant. He's super athletic. Um, yeah, that play runs back, makes a try, a, a, short, a short try. Latrell does an incredible break. It's a sure thing. It's done. It's dusted. Then he comes flying out of nowhere manages they get the ball on the next play go the length of the field he manages to get to his wing to score the try an incredible play um also i just want to i feel sorry for clemmer because his incredible match has been overshadowed by that last thing this is what his his match was a try 169 meters 66 post contact three tackle breaks one offload 39 tackles zero misses he is killing it at the moment. And you know what? Like, it's been overshadowed by the Simbin, but it's also been overshadowed just because he does it every fucking week. Mm. Like, that, this season is almost becoming a bit of a stock standard game for Clem because he just does it week in, week out. And, you know, I, I, I'm guilty of it as well. Until you pointed it out to me a couple of weeks ago, I didn't notice it or see it or anything as well. Like, it's, it's incredible. Start, yeah, start of the year, I was like, mate, Clem is the man. Yeah, and I, the I, man. I sort of, yeah, I... I honestly didn't even really take you seriously when you said it the first time. Yeah, really. Yeah, Far honestly, like, yeah, I can just see that. When you watch him and then you you keep track of the stats every week because, yeah. Hey, I, he I just doesn't get the raps. I no don't know why. No one talks about him. Yeah, yeah, no one does. But you compare his front row stats to anyone. And I honestly, I challenge you to anyone. It's not that much work. Isn't it bizarre though how no one talks about him, but as soon as Freddie doesn't pick him, everyone goes, what, the f- what about Clemmer? Yeah, yeah. Why isn't like, yeah. it's, it's strange how it's played out with him. Yeah. It's... um. Yeah, I, I really rate Clemmer. And we have to remember, this is a front rower and a team getting constantly beaten. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's not like he's getting fast play the balls constantly. He's the one 
doing it. He's yeah. the one trying everything he can to get the boys up. Uh, and look, there is there is a small uh, well, there's some people that say yeah, yeah, but he doesn't get quick play of the balls, and he's you know too slow off his feet. But it's like not everyone can be super fast and explosive. There are certain people that are meter eaters. Mm. He's a meter eater. This, so it, like not like I, sometimes I, I get frustrated because I feel like some some fans at all some it, like they expect to be the best player. You have to be perfect. If you don't have everything. You know, you, you're just you're not a good player, but it, every every player offers something different. You know, for example, you could nitpick Payne Hassett's game. You could say line speed's not that great because he's a fucking giant. That's why. Um, but also, when Clemmer was playing Origin, he didn't have an offload, and now yeah. he's got yeah. four or five a game. Well, that's what's so important: gelling a team together of guys that have all got different aspects that work together. Yeah, like yes, there might be some stuff that Payne Haas can do that David Clemmer can't, but. You know, how much are you going to pay for Payne Haas compared to what you're going to yeah. pay for Clemmer? And then you compare him with other guys. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. Absolutely. So I'm glad people are... And, and another thing with Clemmer is like, okay, yeah, he's been sinned in the last couple of games and you don't want that. You do not want that. But that part of his game is clearly why he's so good. He's aggressive as anything. So it sucks to overshadow. Um, interestingly, uh, Sai Fidi I thought was good. I actually thought the Knights played some pretty good footy, if I'm being honest. I just think the Rabbitohs really, really turned up. Um, again, any any time the Rabbitohs are completing at a high rate, they're almost impossible to beat because because you know they have points in them. Eventually, Cody Walker or Latrell Mitchell is going to get some points together. So I, I didn't think it was too bad, but just quickly, recent reports Anthony Milford is going to be offered a three-year deal by the Knights. Again, all reports, no uh, confirmation. Uh, with the recent report that the Dolphins are going to match that offer, if you are the Knights, are you doing everything you can to keep Anthony Milford? I think I would be. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be selling the farm to keep him, mm. but I'd be doing everything that would be a reasonable amount and whatnot mm. to try and keep him because not many good halves around. Yeah, really isn't. And I mean, like, if if I'm a half somewhere else in the NRL, I don't know if Newcastle's my ideal situation. Realistically, mm. they've, they've had a good team for three and four years, but they don't really. I haven't really performed off the back of it. Mm. It helps that you know KP's going to be there now, but, I mean, are we confident that Adam O'Brien's going to be the coach for the next few years? Yeah. It's a really interesting spot. It really is. Like if, if they were to lose their next three games in a row and Adam O'Brien got sacked, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm. That's the sort of club that I think they are at the moment. Yeah. I just – I feel like I've said this uh, a million times, and but I think they're paying the the – they're paying the price of not taking care of their juniors for so many years because they constantly have to go on the market to find someone to be their six or seven. Like how a footy heartland doesn't have a young six or seven. Think about it. Clune was brought in. Milford was brought in. Clifford was brought in. Mitchell Pierce was brought in. Phoenix Crossland, is he the only junior? Oh, I'm pretty sure he's a junior, but like he was meant to be the next big 7-6. They've turned him into a hooker. They played him at 13 last mm. year. Like, So I, I beg the question of, is that not really strong evidence that their juniors have just been completely neglected? Who got man of the match in the under-19s game the other day? Pizette, who's from Newcastle. Who's from Newcastle. He's in the Melbourne system now. Four tries Yep. And so... Even someone like Jock Madden, I know he's not playing heap of games, but he was a Knights junior. Was he a nice? Yeah. yeah. Look, you know, they could do with a Jock Madden. Seriously, he wasn't that bad at all. Um, it's just, it's just strange. Like, how can a club 
with Joey John's history, not have a new six or seven coming through. So I don't know how they get themselves out of this. In in I know oh, well, I do know how they get them out of it. But uh, what the problem is is the fix. We're not going to see the results for another five years. Yep. And so I don't know. Are they going to be that patient with a guy like Adam O'Brien? I think they should be patient with Adam O'Brien. Look what's on the market. Look where your club has come from. It's come from 11th place to 8th place. Yes, this year they haven't been great. Um, but at the end of the day, they have played finals footy every year since he's been there. He's also managed to put together quite a, a good roster. Yes, I know Nathan Brown had something to do with some of it. But, yeah, it's just, it's just so, so surprising that a, a, a rugby league heartland has struggled to bring through, you know, a six or a seven that is at least solid. Yeah. At least solid. Just on Adam Clune too. Just that ball that he threw to Edric was unreal. Yeah. His right to left pass is one that's of the it, That's his, like, where he was killing in Q, uh, New yeah, South Wales Cup. He had one season where he had about 25 try assists. Mm. And I, I think it was Piera that was playing left wing in that side. And just that ball would just hit him on the chest every single time. Yeah. Like he, he's a um, touch football background, Clune. Uh, and it's taken him a little while to find his way in first grade, but he's more and more important to that Newcastle side. I just – is he the guy going forward for him? I, I don't know if he – uh, he might not be the guy going forward, but he's the best guy in the building at the moment, I think. Mm. Yeah. Would you – you, when you look moving forward, is it him or Jake Clifford? Is that what we're tossing up? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Do you feel any more confident with Clifford than Clune? Probably not. I mean, I do think Clune's probably the best they've got at the moment. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, do I think that? I don't know. I because Clune and Milford, like when on paper they should be good enough to you know stick mm. it to a few teams. Uh, to be fair, they didn't have Pong on the weekend. And put it this way, I just want to see them with Brayley, Clune, Milford, and Ponga to play three or four games together. That's the other one, Brayley. I know we mentioned him earlier. He looked unreal. Mm-hmm. He looked great in this game. I think his service is fantastic around the ruck. I think he set a try out for Mitchie Barnett, who, by the way, a try, 42 tackles, another very Mitch Barnett performance. But I thought Braley in his return game, considering the injuries coming back from, in his first game to be playing the way that he was, I think he played 45 minutes, a pretty good whack. Yeah, 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Uh, and he had a line break assist, 24 tackles, zero misses, um, and 36 run metres. In 40 minutes? Yeah. I could be wrong, but I don't think he's played cup the last few weeks either. I think yeah. he's come straight into first grade. So mm. it, there are positives. There are silver linings there, and it will get better. But, yeah, long term, I don't know what the Knights' direction is. I mm. really don't. Because all these really good forwards they've got, your Frizzell, Barnett's leaving, your Frizzells are getting older, Clemmers are getting older. I don't know what their direction is. Mm. Yeah, really, really interesting, but... I think Newey Knights fans, you just need to see Braley, Clune, Milford, Ponga together for four weeks. And at the end of that four weeks, if we're still sitting going, I don't know, then clearly something needs to change. What would you pay to keep Milf there? Because uh, you, you you know the Dolphins are going to come with a bag. So what's the most you'd be willing to pay? <coughs> oh, to keep man, there? I honestly do not know. Maybe... See, are the Dolphins going to come with a bag? I feel like Wayne's going to leave. Well, they're going to, they, you know, they're gonna, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, Five, the, 500, 600, yeah, 500 yeah. around there. Like, I don't think the Dolphins will pay astronomically for him, but I think they'll pay more than what Newcastle would be happy to. Yeah. Well, I think they've been forced into because they've got no one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they may as well just, like, they've got a certain amount of money to spend next year. There's no point in leaving, you know, yeah. cap space. So, so, so sorry, if you're the Knights, you have it, if you sign him on a three year deal to keep him there for fives? 500 each year would be a, a good deal, in my opinion. Because yeah, okay. I actually think Milford's done some really good things since he's been I think there. He's been good there. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just been in a team that just hasn't seemed to be able to click yet again though like we have not seen braille like, like literally have not seen a single spine play for longer than a week together and and i i feel like i know knights fans are going to say then you're just making excuses for the knights and fair enough i like there's i'm not denying the knights are nowhere near where they should be i'm not denying that at all but i am just saying that like Put it this way, I will have a much better idea of where the Knights are in four weeks when we see Kalen and those guys all play together. Then we can really judge of, are these four guys going to gel or uh, or is it something where we need to just blow up and start again? Do we just need to go blow the it'd whole be, thing It'd up? be crazy if you could go back in time and if the Knights knew that Pierce was going to leave, if they could have gone into the market for Chad or Reynolds. Like if they had one of those two. Totally different ball game. Yeah. Re- can you imagine Reg- Reynolds in this side? Even Chad. Yeah, like Chad. They, like that's all they need is just direction. But that's what's crazy about the, the Pierce situation yeah. is because you go, I think a lot of people would have Pierce ahead of both those players. Last year, oh yeah, I, I would have had him in front of Chad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so like, but I think there's some people that would say Pierce is better than Reynolds. Yeah, potentially. Now, I'm not saying that I feel that way. Mm. Um, I'm just saying that I think that some people would. And so, yeah, I just would love to know what happened there. My understanding is he, he wanted to stay, but he just couldn't get the, yeah, the long commitment. Yeah. But there are some people that feel that that is not the case, that he wanted to leave and the Knights did him a favour by letting him go. Um, but, I mean, look, this side with Pierce, Milford, Ponga... <laughs> anyway, apologies, Knights fans. I know it's hard to... It's annoying to hear that. Um, so, look, I reckon, yeah. Well, no, I think, I think Adam O'Brien deserves another season after this. Um, and I think that he deserves at least some time to have his spine playing together for a long period of time. Then we can make a decision on, on where to go from there for the Knights. Uh, Tigers so first. quickly, breaking news. This shouldn't come as a shock, but Paul, uh, Junior Bolo is going to start and Saifidi is going to be on the bench. Good. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. So it'll be Trevojevic, Bolo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think that makes, I think sense. It makes sense. Yeah, yep. makes sense. Because uh, Junior played like 62 minutes or something in the other origin, so maybe he's just going to go... Mate, go skits for the first 30. We'll get you off, and then we'll put yeah. you back on for I last season. pain, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, now, on to the Tigers versus Eels. The game ended closer than what I probably reckon it actually was. Um, with Tigers, I think they got a couple of late tries. Yeah, 70th minute, 74th minute, whereas the Eels kind of just seemed like they put the cue in the rack. Um, but let's get to the Eels. Uh, look, was it, was it convincing? Probably it was convincing in the sense that I always felt like they were going to win, but uh, they're definitely not where they were uh, probably six seven weeks ago. Uh, but a win's a win, and that's that, that. At the moment, the Eels just need wins. They literally just need wins because I think that we've all kind of, I guess, given into the fact that they're going to be inconsistent. But they just need to give themselves as much opportunity to get into the eight mm-hmm. so they can go on a run in finals footy. It, I would say, though, it is would be disappointing from an Eels perspective where in a year where you probably should make the four, you didn't, and you're, you're robbing yourselves of a, a real fair good run at the finals. Yep. Um, 
But in saying that, a win's a win. Um, I thought Dylan Brown was outstanding again. I think everything that happens really good just happens around him. Mitchell Moses, he, he warmed into the contest and eventually was, you know, really, really good. Um, you know, like, it's just... They just don't have that same oomph they had at the start of the year, though. So I'm, I'm really unsure as to where to put them. Um, but, yeah, the good thing is is that their spine is gelling uh, really well. Um, but outside of that, what would you get out of that game? I mean, I, I think it's easy to sit back and say, oh, Parramatta won by eight against a, you know, a bottom four side. Mm. I mean, it was 28 to 10 with eight minutes to go, mm. something like that. I mean, I personally thought the Parramatta's first tries were tries. Mm. The Sean Lane one and the oh, yeah. one. I did as well. I mean, all of a sudden, it could have been Parramatta 12-0 after 10 minutes. Instead, instead, it was Tigers 12-0 after 20, where they scored one try, they scored another one off a kick that Gutho just dropped into the in goals. Like, I, there's also, there was the one that um, Reed Marnie, he dummied out a dummy half, he addressed that they were screwed. It was mm. I thought it was lucky that Luke Brooks got his hand to knock that ball out. Mm. The Sevo one where I think mm. he got a toe on the sideline. Like, yeah, that you could even say, like call that a try. Mate, this this twenty eight twenty, it could have quite easily been forty eight to twenty. If yeah. a couple of things go Parramatta's mm. way, I think, which I think they they should have early. And, and I personally think that if Parramatta would have led twelve nil after ten minutes, just would have been a blowout. I think it would have been a blowout. Mm. So I, I think it's I think when you look at the scoreboard, I think it's easy to say that this is another you know, of those typical Parramatta games where they play down to opposition. But I, I thought that they attacked pretty well, and I thought they deserved to have more points on the board if it's. You know, if if Marnie would have got that ball down, if Sebo wouldn't have gone out, all of a sudden, you know, it's it's thirty eight to twenty, and we're going, mm. oh, okay, mm. that's pretty convincing. Yeah, well, the only concern I have is like, take score out of it. It's just like that twenty minute period there where the Tigers came in, scored a few tries, mm. and then the Eels came back into it, and that's that's where I just get a bit worried with the Eels. It's like you're seeing inconsistency within a game. Yeah. Like they just all of a sudden they'll just drop off. Yeah. and then come fighting back into it. Yeah, and the, the other side of the coin is that you know, you're going to have ref calls that are going to go against you. Mm. Tough shit. You have to deal with it. The Tigers led 12-0, and then the sin bin happened, mm. and then Parramatta got back into it. So there, there are t- t- two sides to it, as you said, and it is that 20-minute period where, like, if you're going to concede 12 points against the Tigers, what are Penrith going to do? That's, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, and fair. it's just I, just I worry that in a, a normal match, the Eels come out firing, a couple things don't go their way, and then Penrith just go fucking bull. See you later. I think Parramatta are one of the greatest teams of all time of playing to their opposition. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. pending who they're going up against seems to be the the mind frame that they're in almost. Yeah, like, I, they could lose their next six games in a row when they play Melbourne round twenty five. I'm so confident they're going to win that game. <clears throat> That's why I say I honestly think they can still win the premiership. Yeah, I, yeah. I know you're not on the ball with that. I actually, I just think... I think they can give it a really good shake. I just... Because, like, we, they've proven that they get up for games. And so I wonder whether that last four weeks they just go, boys, four weeks, four fucking weeks. And that gets them up for the four-week period. Mate, over the last two years, they haven't been able to go two weeks. Mm. Let's put on the same performance for two weeks. I yeah. Just, I think it's a lot to ask to get to finals and get four weeks. But, in. you know, in saying that, they were two points off beating yeah. Penrith last year. Like two point, like mm. one call goes their way. That you know the trainer doesn't stop the game when they were had all that momentum. All of a sudden they're bloody in a prelim. Um, but you know, again, I'm not like certain on it. But I, I just yeah. there's, there's a part of me that thinks you know what they could probably go on a run and do something special towards the end of the year, even if 
they struggle for the rest of the year. Um, See, they haven't been out of the eight <clears throat> since 2019. Brad Arthur brought this up after the game. Yeah. So, like, they're consistent enough and they can put themselves in the position. But I'm with you, Denon. Like, even though they are just so, so annoying. So inconsistent. and so annoying to watch. And, like, you'd, a paraffin, you'd pull your hair out. But they proved it last year. They, they can... They can beat people. In saying that, you guys talked about the start of the game. I thought it was disappointing how they conceded two right at the end. Yeah. Like that was and that's, again, these little periods, like at the start of the game, they just concede two, and then at the end of the game, they concede two in the last 10 minutes. And that, they were the same two tries. Yeah. I thought my KO had skipped. It was the exact <laughs> yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, and I, I feel bad because, like, they got the win. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, they fucking got the win. Um, they're such a hard team. They're a hard team because I, I love them. I, I flip like a fish this yeah. entire segment, working out whether I'm happy with them or not. Happy uh, yeah, I'm the same, bro. I'm, I'm absolutely the same. You like you look at Mitchell Moses' game and you go, fuck, like, he did some such good things. He had nine tackle breaks. Um, but then you're like, yeah, but they were fading in and out of it. And I don't know. I don't know. But I what I will say is I hope they kill it because I'm a big fan of uh, Eels. I think they're so... They're so good to watch when they're on. When yeah, they're, they're on, they are so good to watch. So it's going to be one hell of a bottom bottom four of the top eight. Yeah. Those, those, those two weeks are going to be insane. Crazy, crazy. And I, I, what I do like about the game at the moment, like, yes, obviously Penrith are out and out the best team right now, but the middle of the table has just hardened up so much yeah. compared to last year. And at this point last year, we were watching Melbourne win their 19th game in a row going, well, no one's going to catch them. Yeah, yeah. I can turn very quickly. Yeah. Absolutely. So, look, good win by the Eels. Um, yeah, just just a little fade in and out of games. Put it this way, oh, I think that the Eels, at their best, it's 40 to 6 or something like that. Um, you know, 28 to 20, regardless of calls or this, that, yeah. the next thing, against a, a Tigers team that's been struggling. It's, you probably want a bit more than that. But a win's a win. A win's a win. And I mean, like, you can even look at it and go, just regardless of how the Tigers are going, it's never easy going to like up. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Again, I don't know. <laughs> fucking eels, no honestly. I got no fucking clue. Um, now onto the Tigers. Look, I actually did think the Tigers looked a lot better. They had a way more energy than they usually have over the last few weeks. Um, you know, it was it the de- debutante, Pole? Pole? I think it's Bowl, it's pronounced. Pole? Yeah. Or Bowl. 167 metres, 92 post contact, 70 tackles, zero misses. He's the goods. Fucking fair effort. Mm. Fair effort. How old is he? I think he's young. Like I, I, I think he's. I think this is his first year in New South Wales Cup, so I'd say he's nineteen twenty. I would that. guess. But yeah, they like. I think the thing that stood out for me with him was that that they looked different when he wasn't on the field. Mm. He 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 sort of had the similar impact that Stefano was having last year. Yeah. Okay. When he wasn't on, they didn't have much go mm. forward. I will say their outside backs errors really hurt them. Um, you know, whereas their front row and their so so. Their forward pack, Joe Offen Gower made one error. Outside of that, no other forward made an error. Whereas their backs, uh, two errors fullback, one error for uh, winger, two errors for the centre, one error for the other centre, two errors for Brooks. So you're looking at like two, four, six, eight errors for the backs, yeah, and you're looking lot. at one error for the forwards. That's as backs, you always want to try to make as little errors as possible. Um, I will say, and I'm going to stick to it, I really, really think they should just go with Dewey and Hastings in the six and seven. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, 
it's hard to work out what's going on there, isn't it? Like, it, like if Brooks, if the writing isn't on the wall, like Brooks coming out last week about he's basically saying I'm going to be selfish this time and and you know with contract negotiations and everything, like it is, it's going to be better for Brooks's career if he finds another club. Like like if I'm Brooks, like why would I want to be under an admin that clearly like don't. I guess appreciate me because they're leaking stories and shit all the time. And mate, like respectfully to, to Brooks, if if I'm the West Tigers and I'm going, okay, I'm either going to piss off Luke Brooks or I'm going to piss off Adam Dewey. Yeah, I'm not pissing off Dewey. No, no. I, I think it's a bizarre. Like it's and, and you know the last few years they haven't had a halfback to replace Brooks. Mm. I would argue they've got a better halfback now in Hastings mm. to lead the team around. And then you let Adam Dewey, who was your best your best five eight over the last few years. It just, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. And now, you know, they're trying to turn Brooks into a nine. Like, what's the point? you got Appy coming next year. I know. What it's the fuck is the point? you got another three hookers in, in on your books that you don't use. If it's I, not working with Brooksy, let him go. There's so many teams that need a halfback. And also, like, pay some of his contract if you have to. Just put Dewey in at six. Dewey and Hastings, they are the future. If anything happens, you've got Jock Madden. You're really that much better off with, with like, with, with Brooks. He's obviously not happy in this situation. Yeah. Over Jock. I think Brooks I think Brooks will be so much happier at another club. Like I think it will be a breath of fresh air into his team. I think it's best I really, really think it's best that they just part ways and just move on. I don't, I just it's just so surprising. I, I at times I feel sorry for Brooks and then I'm like, well he's on a million years, so it's like can't feel that sorry for him. And then other times I'm like, mate, it's best for your career if you just go somewhere else and rebuild. Rebuild Happy somewhere. Just yeah, because I I think that regardless of what people want to say about Brooks, I still think he's got more to offer in the NRL. I think so. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind, at a high-quality system, he would flourish. I was, that's what I was going to say. I, I would hope he wouldn't go to the Dolphins, though, because I wouldn't oh, want that, no. that burden on him. Jesus. No way. No way. Um, you yeah, know, he'd have to be selective with where he goes. Yeah, for sure. Oh, look, if I'm, it, look, he's, he's been on the massive wicket, so he'd have plenty of money saved up and plenty of real estate, all of that stuff, if he's been smart with his money. Take a pay cut, go so, like a massive pay cut. Go somewhere with a great system, you know. Learn your trade, all that kind of stuff. Not learn your trade, you know your trade, but get better at your trade. At the very least, you'll learn in a good system, and then go to another. Like just develop again. Um, I mean, surely if you're Luke Brooks, you must like you must be so like for him to come out and say in the media, he must be so week, sick. He of must it. be so off it. Like, go to Catalans, mm. go to hey, enjoy yourself. You, you make good coin over there. Yeah. Like, and he'd kill it in Super League. And like the reality is, you know, fair or unfair, whatever, wherever Luke Brooks goes, if it isn't a success, it's going to be Luke Brooks's fault. Now. Yeah. The media is going to pin it as his fault. He's mm. one of those guys now, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Don't yeah. forget, he's 27. Like Cody Walker made his debut at 26. I know, he's got so long. Yeah. So, I, mate, just, yeah, I would just go. Anyway, we've spoken about it quite a bit. Dewey at six, uh, Hastings at seven. Um I want to talk about Luke Garner. Like, I I really, really think that they've got something special on their hands here. And I, and he didn't do anything to me that was like, wow, like crazy. But it was just like little things. Like, the amount of times he was shot in RCG in defense. And I was like, he clearly ha- athletically is really, really strong. I don't know. I think the Penrith Panthers may be able to develop him into an, a really high-quality uh, wide-running forward. I think he's one of the best line runners in rugby league now. Mm. Tigers just don't know how to use him. Yeah. Once he gets to Penrith with Jerome Luai, like, it's going to be interesting because he is a very different player to kick out. Like, obviously, he's not as He reminds me of Kate Well. 
Yeah, he's like... He's in closer he, to Kate Wall than he, he used to be. He yeah. actually reminds me a lot of Kate Wall when he was younger. Before Kate Wall actually came into first grade at the Sharks, he was mm. playing up there with the Walker boys, and he was very, he ran a really good line. He was a little bit quicker, a little bit faster and whatnot. Mm. I, I think he could explode at Penrith. Mm. I agree. And the thing is, is like some people might say, well, what do you mean? Look at his stats at the Tigers. But wide running forwards are all about like what their halves give them. Yeah. And if you're outside... Cleary or Luai, you're going to get good ball. Like, it's that simple. You're going to get good ball. I'd be confident that when teams are playing the Tigers, he's one of the guys that that they talk about. Yeah. He'd be on the whiteboard. Whereas when he arrives at Penrith, it's going to be Luai, Tungo. Like, it changes everything. I Mm. I think he'll do really – I think you you said the other day, Origin – like, he'll be in the It was a hot take. So my hot take was – and again, hot takes, guys. I'll explain a hot take. They're supposed to be outrageous. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that hot, to be honest. I right? think in the next 24 months at Penrith, there's a really good chance that he will be in Origin conversations. Yep. Not selected, but when you're to- like, for example, are you telling me that this guy doesn't have the potential to put pressure on um, Liam Martin? I think, yeah. I think he could. Like, I really do. Um, doesn't mean he's going to get the spot, but I do think he'd put pressure on him. Um, and and look, I understand uh, New South Wales are stacked. They've got Tyson Brazell, they've got Keon, you've got Ola Kawatu. I, I understand all that. But when you look at Freddie's selection and the way he likes his wide running forwards seemingly to play, which is Cam Murray, Liam Martin, Garner is he of that similar. Mold. He yeah. fits that mould. Um, also, a shout out to uh, Joe Offengawe. I, I really think that he's been so good this last probably six to seven weeks. I think, I know we spoke about it. I think he's found a home at 13. I know you kind of feel like he probably doesn't have enough ball playing for it yet. Mm. I think he's been great there. Um, you know, aside from whether he suits 13 or whatever, just by just playing ability and form wise, I think he's playing the best footy since he came to the club by mile. I think he's been their best player for the last six weeks mm. easily, without a doubt. Yeah. I'm not overly convinced he's going to be a 13 long term. Yeah. Um, but you could do much worse. Yeah. Oh, for God, sure. you could do worse. They have been doing worse for a mm. long time. Mm. So, yeah, credit to him. He's getting through so much work. I, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how long he can keep up this much work for mm. because it is – must be taking a toll on him. Oh, mate. 140 metres, 73 post-contact, four tackle breaks, an offload, 38 tackles. He's there been doing that like – Yeah, doing that every week. standard for the last two yeah. months for him. Yeah, he's been doing that. So, yeah, massive shout-out to him. Uh, I think he's been really, really good. But Tigers – Unfortunately, I just I think it's going to be a tough next twenty four months. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't yeah. even have a coach yet. They don't have a coach yet. Hopefully, like IPAP and Appy coming in can help the situation. Mm. But if it doesn't, I won't be it's just. Who's the coach? I, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. who's the coach? And I mean, who? I mean, I I think it's safe to say that one of Brooks, Dewey, or Hastings won't be there next year. It's got to be Brooks, surely. You'd have to think so, but. Like because they're playing Dewey out of position and they're leaking stuff he's saying at training to the coach. Like yeah, they're doing a good knock of trying to let him go. They oh. just let it go. Of Hastings may may man the coach. Like mm. it's like it's like they're saying who they can piss off the most. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Um, yeah, you're right though. Papali'i, Api Korosia could change everything. You know, we saw he could change everything. He really could. He changed everything at Penrith. Yeah. Before he went to Penrith, uh, Nathan Cleary was struggling. Yeah. And then boom, and you totally yeah. exploded. And I mean like. Hastings has done incredibly well this year, but once you get him a real nine as well, the influence on him could be massive. Yeah, for sure. My my just concern is like, who's the coach? Yeah. Once I see who the coach is, I'll have a better idea of how Appy's going to go, because if if the if the coach isn't right, like, anyway. well, there's a good chance the coach won't be right. Let's be honest here. Oh, right. who, who could they sign today that you'd go? Ah, oh, that's the one. Mate, I don't know. 
Um, we'll talk about quickly. Warriors, they signed uh, Andrew Webster. Thoughts? Yeah. Uh, good guy. I don't know a heap about Andrew yeah. Webster, to be perfectly honest mm. with you. I won't pretend like I do. Um, I think whoever gets that job's in for a tough gig. But I also think it's an exciting time to be coaching the Warriors. Look, great challenge for him. Yeah. And it'll be, you know, they'll be going home. I think the fans will put their arms around him. Mm. Uh, hopefully they do for the entire season. And, you know, they've got but they have got talent there. Yeah. They can get SJ back to where he was. You've got Volkman. You've got Chans. Uh, there's, they've got Barnett arriving there. Like, mm. Matty read out that list before. There is talent arriving there. Yeah, for sure. Sure. I, uh, yeah, I, I can't comment on anyone's coaching, but I know Webby through New South Wales. He, he's done all the... Credentials. He's got all the credentials from a junior perspective. He's been in all the New South Wales rep teams as a, not as a head coach, but just, you know, assistant coach to like Bedsy or Freddie at different points. So, yep. yeah, good on him. Is yeah. he at the Tigers right now? No, he's at Penrith at the moment. Penrith, right. But he was. So he he was the Tigers interim coach a couple of years ago for about yeah, two okay, games. Okay, yep. um, now, on to Broncos v the Dragons. Um, thoughts on the first 10 minutes sin bin for Tarek Sims? This was uh, the shot on Adam Reynolds, mm. yeah. Um, I, I sat there and watched it and thought, I can understand why they sin-binned him. Mm. If it was Ezra Mam, do you think he would have got binned? Yeah. No, like, I, I think I'm so torn on this because I think unfairly, Sims obviously has the reputation, but not even just Sims. I think unfairly what they've done is he's like – that's how Reynolds got the injury. Remember against the the, yep. the Raiders, it was a late shot to the back, and I don't even think he got a penalty. And so I think what's happened is, is the refs have gone and gone, mate, this bloke just broke his ribs and he didn't even get a bloody penalty for it. And I think Sims has actually been, even though you probably shouldn't, I think the refs have gone, mate, you've intentionally gone for his ribs there, and it's obvious what you're trying to do. And I think that's played in the decision. If it was Ezra, I don't think that he goes. But even if, like, let's say, let's say there'd be no history with broken ribs, mm. and he wasn't a key player, and that, like nothing wrong with his ribs, I think that it may have turned out a little bit differently. Where, but because there was something wrong with his ribs, I think that the intent yep. behind it was like didn't help Sims's case. Where it definitely didn't help. Exactly, because yeah. it looks like you're intentionally trying to break his ribs for, by hitting him in a dangerous position. Yeah. So I can understand the argument of like, bro, you've just hit him in a dangerous position and he has broken ribs and you know he has broken ribs. But I can also understand the argument of, mate, it was pretty much as the ball was let go. And so what, what are halves going to do? They can just back into the line and never get hit. So I don't know what the answer is. I really, really don't know what the answer and is. And I also think it's really hard when we, the referees have to make these split-second decisions and then we sit down and we slow it down yeah. on replays. Like yeah. that, that doesn't give you – that's, that's yeah. bullshit. That well, it's the same when we, when we always complain about, oh, you know, it was, it was uh, or a slow-motion replay and you've seen it over and over in slow-mo so it looks worse than it is. And it's in the reverse of that. Like yeah. we get all this time to go, well, it actually wasn't that late. And rah, rah, rah. If pause it here, that's when Reynolds released Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, just it like he doesn't get like that. that. Yeah, He's going to make the call yeah. pretty much as it's, you know, within – 10 to 20 seconds of it happening. And I, I, I think you got to back referees vibe at the time mm. of what they felt. Yeah. And as you said, I definitely agree that I think because it was Reynolds and there's history there with his ribs, mm. it played a part. Yeah. Also, you, like you talk about how in, we have a slow-mo replay and we can analyse it. You can't look at a, sl a late shot in slow-mo anyway because mm. it looks way worse. Yeah. yeah. No, it's... um. I didn't think it was a simbin, personally. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was... 
But you could argue from, let's say, from Reynolds' perspective, it's like I literally broke my ribs because I got hit in the back. When you contextualise like that, that actually that makes a lot of sense. Mm. But if I'm taking it on... And then, like, like, for example, from the Broncos' perspective, it's like we lost our key player because you allowed a bloke to hit him in the back for no reason. Like, and so, yeah, it, it's a tough one. I, I don't know what the right answer is here. I, I just... I understand the argument of, okay, well, then halves are just going to back into the line, but I don't think halves actually are going to back into the line. You know how hard it is to back into the line? Like, I don't see that happening. I just think that we, we, we may just have to accept gone are the days where you can rough a half back up as he throws the ball. Yeah, and I, in some ways, I don't mind that. Mm. Like, you look at... What's like, the back stuff? I, yeah. I don't mind. I think it was like, like, I don't mind some hits front on like that rough the fullback or uh, the halfback up because it's like as long as the timing is good I'm sweet with it I just don't know where I stand of like hitting someone in the back like that it's especially, just so dangerous especially because if his back's turned into it he's kind of relaxed himself as well so he's Absolutely. not bracing for impact yeah and I mean like halfbacks and five eights that's, that's what put asses on seats as mm. well like we just spoke about Munster's out ball player we just said oh Incredible Cronulla one without Nico Hines. Like mm. These are the guys that you need to protect. It's the yeah. same in the NFL. They've changed all their rules. Like You can't go near a quarterback anymore because mm. they understand the entertainment <coughs> value that you need those guys out of the yeah. field every single time. But, like, I can understand people that are frustrated and say, like, protected species. Like, mm. uh, you know, what, is there a bubble around halfbacks now and you're, like, not allowed to rough them up? Like, if they don't want to get hit, don't go into the line. So I, I get that argument as well. That's why I say I don't know where I land yeah, on this. I really, balance. really don't. Yeah. The next 10 in the bin was absolutely 10 in the bin. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Yep. <laughs> he was honestly probably lucky he didn't get... If that was done magic round when it all got cracked down, he's getting sent. Well, <laughs> I, I personally thought that after the first in bin, he was going to get yeah, sent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, wow. Um, I'm, I'm glad he didn't get sent, to yeah. be clear, because it's not like he intentionally did that. I'm yeah. just saying, like, when the crackdown happened. Um, so, look, I can understand why Dragons fans felt a bit dudded by that first 10 in the bin. Um, second one, though, jeez. That was, that was definitely 10 in the bin. Um, and to, to be fair, even before the crackdown, I felt like that's 10 in the bin. Like yeah. contact like that to the, to, to the chin. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, uh, what did you guys think of the, the match? Mate, I thought Blake Laurie was massive mm. for St. George. I, I, I don't know his stats in front of me right now, but he, he ran for an absolute heap, got through a heap of tackles. I think he played pretty big minutes too. Mm. Uh, I thought Blake Laurie was very impressive. I think uh, Jack DeBellin's just... Loki found form over the last few weeks. No yeah. one's really talking about his form. I think he's. he's good. I actually think it's like because he's changed his style a bit. I think he's just going to a more of a run and uh, like a mm. a bash forward. You know, just run it hard and straight um, rather than worrying about ball playing. Which is so interesting because we spent the whole preseason going. Is it Jack DeBellin? Is it Jack Bird at thirteen? Yeah. Seemingly neither of them playing thirteen yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially like this, when you have got these these young halves when Ben Hunt's not there. I would have thought one of them would have played a more prominent role. But yeah. Jack Bird was good too. Far out, he's a competitor. He never stops. Yeah. Like, never, never stops. Uh, Jack DeBellin, 127 metres, 30 post contact, three offloads, 22 tackles. Yeah, so it just seems like he's gotten a very clear instruction now because he's been named at eight again. So it must really be, don't worry about ball playing anymore. I just want you running hard and fast because Hook is that kind of guy as well. Like, he just loves his forwards just fucking running hard. Um, so, well, yeah. I didn't realise fucking Cody Ramsey has a bit of toe on him. Yeah, he's quick, eh? Didn't he's quick. did not realise that. Um, and yeah, Moses Suli becoming one of my one of my favourite players. I know I'm not the only one there. Yeah, look, I know Stags probably won the battle in the end, maybe. But I tell you what, Suli was in that battle. 
I, I reckon it would have been a different battle if Ben Hunt was on the field giving Sully clean ball. He, he didn't point. get as many opportunities as he should have. As yep. soon as he got his first one, I mean, Jack Bird turned him under. Mm. Well, Steamrolled three blokes. Steam, yeah, absolute havoc. <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, look, oh, Dragons, it's it's hard where to put this performance. You'd actually, I'd actually consider it quite brave because they did have bloke in the bin for 20 minutes. That's mm. so long to be a player down. And you could make the argument if they didn't have 10 in the bin, at least for the first one, maybe they win in the, or get close to winning the match. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those games, the Dragons, if they miss the eight, they're going to look back on this one and go, fuck. Mm. Brisbane, we're missing so many troops here. Yes, we were without Ben. We had things going against us within the game, but mm. I still thought there was a heap of times. And, you know, the halves are young. It's going to happen. But I think they put three or four balls dead. Their fifth play options. i got to hear in the notes. Yeah, Their fifth play costly. options were really, really poor, unfortunately. Especially like, right at the end when they were trying to get the game back. Like, they got yeah. caught on fifth a couple of times. So many times. And that's just inexperience. Yeah. That's just – and that's where, like – I do, you know, I've, we spoke about it earlier, but, like, I want them playing Q mm. Cup, uh, New South Wales Cup to just make sure that they've got the reps under their belt. And not to say, because I think Sullivan has been playing New South Wales Cup. It so has, yeah, yeah. It's just, um, okay. yeah, yeah, unfortunately. I, I, I think the first 10 minutes are in the second half, I think they, they, they kicked two balls dead yeah. from, like, the red zone. And then they got caught with the ball so many times as well. So, yeah, I actually really respected... Dragons energy. They came out super aggressive. Their forward pack was, you know, almost taking it to us, really. Um, so, yeah, it's probably one of those games one of them got away. Cody Ramsey, he's been great, man. He has been great. And this is coming from a person I did not think he was a fullback at the start of the year. I thought he was an out-and-out winger. Yep. And I was like, he's just. I just don't know if he has the ball playing to be a fullback. But the energy that he brings to that side is immense like he's becoming a vital part of the puzzle for them he, he definitely is yeah and mm. i was telling everyone that had listened and even those that wouldn't that he wasn't a fullback yeah um yeah i <laughs> i think you gotta say it like i couldn't think of a world where i pull sloan back into this side now yeah and because gotta give hook credit because we did not agree with him pulling sloan out we, we did keep saying that sometimes Hook does things that we will never understand and it'll work yeah and even in saying that i was still so confident that he'd made the wrong call I was, I was super confident that he'd made the wrong call. I was like, nah, Sloan is such a gun. Cody Ramsey is not a fullback. How wrong I was. Cody Ramsey is proving to be a fullback. And Anthony Griffin absolutely got the right call. Yep. Absolutely got the right call. Um, two tries, 145 metres, 17 post contact, six tackle breaks, two line breaks. And it's just his energy, though. It's, it's his energy. Like, even little stuff. Like, I think there was, like, a tackle after a bomb. He catches the bomb. They, the ref blows the whistle for a penalty against the Dragons. He throws the ball yeah. away angry. Like, I love seeing that shit. It means he's so in the game. Like, he cares. Yeah. Um, so, look, yeah, it's great stuff for Cody Ramsey. Like, really, really good stuff. Uh, Faye guy, he's so fucking sharp, Faye guy. Something about him, Fuck mate. me. Just, he just needs more ball. He needs more opportunity. His footwork is fucking outrageous. Um, 136, 35 metres, 30 post-contact, seven tackle breaks. Like, this is their back... This is their fullback, wing, and centers tackle breaks. Six tackle breaks for Ramsey, seven tackle breaks for Fagai, six tackle breaks for Suli. These guys are all young, all young. Yeah. Then you've got Zach Lomax, who's, you know, killing like a not killing it lately, but he is a gun center as a youngster. And you get Ravalawa, who's a beast. Like, there is something to build on at the Dragons. I think that uh, the key is obviously all around Benny Hunt. I just think they get Betty Hunt back and... 
who knows? I, I really didn't mind what I saw from the Dragons yesterday. Honestly, I really didn't. I know it ended up being 32-18, mm. but I really did not mind what I saw. I, I, just think, I just think that the Broncos are in a much better position than people realise. And I think that all of that talk a few years ago about all the greats in the game were going, Broncos young pack, it is fucking the best young pack in the competition. And it's this, that. All that chat, we're starting to see what they were talking about and what they could see. Yep. in this young Broncos forward pack. Um, so, look, Dragons, bring Benny Hunt back into that side. They probably, yeah, it's a different, it's a, it's, I don't know if they win, but, I mean, it's a different ball they game. They go damn close. They go damn close, close it, absolutely. Because, yeah. um, like, the amount of fifth tackle sets, Benny Hunt would have just iced them. Yeah. To the Broncos, um, what an incredible performance. Missing 10, I think, of their starting side uh, or of their squad at the very least. Uh, and they were absolutely outstanding. Uh, Tessie knew, yeah, he had a few errors, so he's a little bit rusty, but outside of that, what a comeback. Wow. And to be honest, I think if Tomato Martin was to come back next week, I would probably still keep Tessie in that starting fullback position until, like, just to give him an opportunity because he was that good. I think off the back of that game, mm. yeah. That, I, yeah. I, Tessie came, like, I, I felt sorry for him when he came into first grade because people were calling him the next Lockyer. Like, it was doesn't so even unfair. play like Lockyer. It doesn't, doesn't even look. It, yeah. There's nothing about him that resembles Lockyer. Yeah. Nothing whatsoever. The way he plays, not at all. The way he plays, no. I mean, if anything, yesterday was the closest he's ever looked. Mm. Still a long way away, obviously. Mm. But I just, I, I remember watching him last few years, and it's always annoyed me because I think that he, he quite often takes the wrong decision. Mm. He passes when he should run. He runs quite often when I think he should pass. And. Early in that game yesterday, I think he, he was a bit rusty, a few mistakes, and I think there was a, there was a three on two on the left and the right. He ran on both of them. Mm. I sort of thought, oh, Christ, no, here we go. Yeah. Uh, but then his ball playing yesterday, I, I don't know if, if they got a word down to him. I don't know what changed, but all of a sudden he just clicked. There was a cutout ball that he threw to Piera that was an absolute <coughs> cracker. The, even the pass he threw to Stags, like well, it, w- it wasn't a tremendous pass, but normally he wouldn't pass it. Mm. He would just take the run and just the timing of when he let go of it, it was just perfect. And the it pass left. to Mam for the try? Yes. Yeah, like yeah, that was that. not an easy pass. Yep. Most blokes throw that forward because it's the angle they have to hit is has to be perfect because otherwise it goes behind Mam yep. or goes in front of him. And I would be confident saying nine times out of ten last year, he wouldn't have passed that ball. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So I thought I, I was very impressed with Tessie. I think that's by far and away the best game I've seen him play. Mm, he was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. A try, two try assists, seven tackle breaks, two line breaks, three line break assists. What a what a performance. Even the try that he scored, like, I don't know what on earth Jack about. I don't know if he was caught offside. Mm. He just stood still. And if so, Tessie's obviously heard that call. Yeah. He's gone bang, it's on. on. Straight into him. It's just, it's just good eyes up, awareness. Mm. Yep. No, he was outstanding. And, like, the depth that we have, I mean – to think that we got, so one, two, three, four. You could make an argument four out of the back five are not starters. Mm. So you could make the argument Tomato Martin, Hoida, Lee, and Pereira are not starters for the Broncos. Um, and yet they put on a performance like that. Incredible. Hoita. Hoita, mate. <laughs> He's a find. Far out. I mean, he debuted in the Tigers like five or six years ago. Yeah. Comes in for his second game. I think he scored in his debut for the Broncos as well. Comes in this game. He was outstanding. He brought a bunch of energy, some good finishes, 127 metres, six tackle breaks, two line breaks. Mate, then you got Pereira on the other side. He, every, he found his front every single run nearly. He was honestly so good. 
Um, Katoni Staggs, he was a little bit rusty at the start. I thought Suli was getting the better of him. Yep. And then, boom, just clicked into gear. The last 60 minutes of his game was absolutely outstanding. Um, two tries as well, 136 metres. He got involved. He had three line breaks. Like, wow. Yeah, when he made, I think he, his first touch, he knocked on. He mm. went into contact and he lost the ball. And then the next tackle, they turned him under and he got tackled. <coughs> the third one, he made a line break. And as soon as he just gets into space, you know he's on for the rest of the game. Yeah. If he starts well, it's over. Yeah. yeah. The other thing with Staggs is too, I was having a look at some numbers. Like his numbers when he's playing a day game. Oh, really? Are wild. But Brisbane never play in the Arbor. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's and crazy. It's their last day game for the season too. Yeah, wow. Um, so, yeah, really, really good stuff by the Broncos backs. Ezra Mann, fuck his quality, man. He is something special. Something about him. Like yeah. we're talking about a teenager here that's just come straight into grade and he looks like a mature six. Like, this bloke has only played four or five games. This is his fifth game of NRL or something like that. I remember us watching the highlights in the preseason. I think we both agreed that he looked like he was going to be raw for another two years. Yeah, for sure. For All sure. of a sudden, he, he looks like an experienced six. I'm pretty sure when I watched his highlights and I did, like, a reaction to him, I, my one takeaway was like he has all the attacking ability. Like he is, it's it's obviously there. He just needs to make sure his defense is is yeah. really good. His defense, the amount of times like he stops them in their tracks and goes low. He's got a very old school technique of chopping through the middle. So so good. I'm just so impressed with him. And and you all, all see on social media, Reynolds and him are they're very close. Reynolds has always yeah. got him under his wing, and you can see the dividends it's paying. Holy For shit. Sure. Holy shit. I think Ezra Mann has absolutely cemented his six spot now. And I think for the next couple of years, you're going to see Reynolds and Mam as your 6-7. Well, I think, like, the, the emergence of Ezra is a big reason why I said before they don't need Walsh. Yeah. It'd be good to have him. That's crazy. You've got I, Tessie. you got Tomato. Yeah. you got Selwyn. Fuck. Amazing. Amazing. Um, also, Zach Hosking on debut. Really, really solid. Really solid. Um Super promising for the, the Broncos. They've also they've got TC Rabadi. They've got Ricky's also young. Like, think about the, how young this team is. Like, it's just incredible we've got this depth. I also want to give a shout-out to Kobe Hetherington. Oh. He was, it was arguably the best game he's ever played for the Broncos. But I, I honestly think it puts forth the argument, Kobe needs to be our 13 and Paddy needs to be one of our front rower. Paddy can still do everything that he does at 13. Mm. I just think that when Paddy Carrigan comes back and Huss is back, that they say put Kobe on the bench. But I think Kobe needs to play 80 minutes or at least, you know, long minutes, 70 minutes. Um, I, I prefer the Broncos forward pack with Paddy and Huss starting and Kobe Hetherington at 13. Hetherington's got a bit of a cotter about him, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a battler. That left foot step, yep. you could see at the start of the game, he was making little half breaks, little half breaks. And I think, it, I don't know if it was left or right, but by the end of the game, boom, he makes that line break. I think he hits Tessie, who hits um, Ezra Mam on the inside. Uh, Reese Kennedy, he had his best game in first grade, I think. Uh, what an, it's an incredible performance. Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for Reese Kennedy. He's already signed to go to, to England next year. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised that no club... Very surprising. Punt on him. Very surprising. Dolphins. Like, I guess they've got a heap of forwards, but I just seems very. He's young. played some good games he's in first some grade. Really good games. Yeah. So I'm I'm also surprised. Maybe it was just too good a deal to. Uh, like I can understand the Broncos not being able to keep him because they've yeah. got so many forwards. But yep. I'm surprised no one else in the comp. And you know, I, I hope I hope for his sake mm. it's just a cracking deal. Yeah. I, like, I, yeah. I surely. You're Must telling be, me another yeah. fucking four pack couldn't use a guy like Reese Kennedy? Surely. Yeah. 
surely. Um, look, great signs for the Broncos. Really, really good signs. Like, we truly could be a top four side this year. You know, I know we're going to have to fight Sharks for that four spot, or Sharks and uh, the rest of the teams. But, yeah, at the very least, I can see us finishing top six. At the very least. Yeah, Matter so. of fact, going forward with the standard that we've set ourselves, anything less than top six would actually be disappointing. Yeah, I think based on how you've gone this year, seven and eight would be disappointing. Yeah. So drop to there. Now, obviously, seven and eight compared to last year is great, but we've set a standard for ourselves yeah. now that we can be a top yeah. six side. And so. you, if you are going to have to be in that bottom four or the top eight, you want that home final. Yeah, you for want to sure. You want someone to Suncorp. Absolutely. So, massive win. Uh, now, just quickly, I asked the, uh, the bloke community to l- answer some um ask me some questions or ask us some questions about uh what we speak about on the show so we've got some questions here that we can answer the the bloke community um have storm made the right this is from henda yes son have storm made the right decision signing hughes grant and x long term and not monster Oh, it's a tough one. I, uh, from, from what I've heard, it sounds like Munster. That there's probably a bit more to this than, than just football. Okay, I, I believe his missus is is from up Queensland or something. Oh, so, really? uh, I don't I don't know whether that's true or not. That's what I've heard, but I don't know. I, I think Munster's a great player, but so is Hughes. So, so is these other guys as well. You I can, can I can understand where they're coming from. Oh, I can. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it. I think it makes sense to build. And Melbourne have always been about a team. Mm. They've never been, like they've always had superstars. I, I will say though, I, I kind of like if you already had Hughes locked in, you didn't need to upgrade him, and you did. And Fair. yeah, that's where I'm kind of like if I'm if I am Munster, I am a bit like well, hang on a sec. Like Hughes just signed a deal, mm. then he got upgraded so much that now I'm getting yeah. told to downgrade by a bit. So I can understand that would be a bit frustrating, but I can also understand. With Hughes, how good he's going, why the Storm were like, ran the risk of, we may piss Munster off, but we've still got a substantial offer for him. It's around yeah. 750 to 800K, and hopefully we can convince him to stay. And I mean, if Munster would have had this change in his lifestyle and game and everything to the point he's at now last year, it's probably a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Maybe they thought, you know, we can't afford to risk you know, a huge yeah. deal on a guy that... Whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Serenity Now, 2022. Why yeah. so late on YouTube? Keep Hubs hanging beak. Seinfeld fan. Seinfeld, yeah. Se- Seinfeld fan. And the reason why it's later on uh, YouTube, bro, is because we have to edit and render it. Rendering takes at least an hour. Editing, editing it takes quite a while. And then on top of that, it takes an hour and a half to upload it. Um, and that's why audio, it literally takes... We could have the audio up to you in 20 minutes. Um, whereas the the the, vis- the visual it literally takes three to four minimum four hours minimum four hours yeah, and so you that's should what. come in here and try and have a conversation with Matty whilst he's doing it yeah he's working he's his working dick his dick off. off you don't exist around him um, right <clears throat> uh, which two teams playing this year's grand finals from Nicarito? Uh I think you're going to look at Panthers at the moment I'm going to say Storm yeah I was going to say Panthers Storm uh, Penrith someone anyway mm. yeah exactly Penrith someone. But uh, uh, we've spoken about that. Spoke about that. Um, Kenda Bueno says, uh, origin outs are even. Turbo, Trell, Haas, McLean versus Munster Coates, Kota Taolungi. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I was kind of alluding to before, for sure. Um, what effect will Walsh have at Red Hill next year? Will it push Cobo? We've already spoken about that. This is from Odom. Should Roosters look at moving Kiri on? 
no, I don't think they should look at uh, moving Kiri on. But I do think that they will be assessing how can they, what can they change to make this click quicker? Because I, I think they probably thought it was going to click quicker a bit, uh, a bit quicker than they it has. Okay, yeah, oh, I agree. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. You know, if Luke Kiri is out for a few more weeks, and all of a sudden we get Manu with five weeks next to Walker, and they win five games or whatever, if they go on a run, mm. it could get interesting. Like, oh, I, I don't think the Roosters will let go of Luke Kiri, but. Mate, they're no strangers to making a ruthless decision. Oh, mate. And if something happens that a monster appears, that they could maybe get their hands on him, if it's possible. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it'd be... I, I, I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility for them to let him go. Mm. Just because of how they are. And they're about. They're not about friends. They're about winning It's a friends. risk, though, because like you're not bringing him in... The only reason they got rid of Pierce is because they were bringing in... Mm. One of the goats, pretty much. Well, yeah, yeah, I think you'd have to be bringing in a quality football, and you're not going to find one like Cooper, obviously. Mm. Who would you, who would you bring in that could uh, justify such a ruthless decision? Munster would be one. Mm. But do you think Munster and Walker could work? Don't know. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying though. Like, yeah, it's such an unsure it thing. Is a, it is a yeah. Whereas you know Cooper Cronk's going to work. Yeah, I, I would say that if they do let Luke Kiri go, I think that'd be a pretty good indication of where his hat, where his head knocks and stuff. Yeah, unfortunately. Be interesting, like, yeah, I I can't see him going. He just has, seems like he has such a good connection at that club. Be sad that like oh for sure, and like I think he's won back to back comps. How close him, Teddy, and Radley yeah. are in particular. It'll be yeah, um, yeah. I I think they'll keep him. Like the difference, like he won back to back comps only three mm. or four years, yep. three years ago. So I can't see them getting rid of him. Um, thoughts on the Warriors not going ahead with Stacey as coach. We got to ask ourselves: Did Stacey want to be coach? You know, we don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, you know, mate, for the last six years, Stacey has looked like the perfect guy to me. I think, I think there, this must be a sign that Stacey probably doesn't think he's up for it mm. or he's ready for it. Realistically, which can you hold that against Stacey? Mm. It has to be one of the hardest jobs in rugby league. Oh yeah, it? yeah. Um, should the second ref be brought back in? Vlandis has said vehemently, not going to happen. <laughs> I think it probably should. Oh, I think it couldn't hurt. I think it couldn't. I think it's hurt. worth trying and seeing what. I think if you keep the six agains for rucks for ruck penalties, then you have to, you have to, right? Well, I just think that it, to expect these refs to just exactly. like so much going on with the six agains and every and we're getting like like the amount of forward passes that are let go is f- mental. Um, I think though, if they have two refs, they have got to have one guy as the guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Plus, they kept switching and just inconsistent. Yeah. No, there should be no switching. There should be, I reckon, there should be a ruck ref. Yep. And then, like, just the ref. And basically, he just lets the ref know. Six again, yeah, six like again. And he can, he, the ref can choose to go or not yeah. choose to go. So, so the ref that you just said, he would always be in the defensive line, obviously. And then you would have. Yeah. Just to, uh, 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 the other ref in the, obviously, the attacking line, but looking at the ruck, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, just yeah, focused yeah. on the ruck. Yeah. And that's his job, is just to focus on the ruck. Um, <clears throat> And they have very clear roles, very, very clear. Like the, the other ref can still focus on the ruck, but, you know, we just see – I think it would just alleviate a lot of pressure on the refs because some sure. of the, the calls that get wrong are like – I don't think they get enough appreciation for how hard it would be to ref, like yeah. far out. You've got, you've got blokes that are trained in disguising holding players down. Yeah. They're trained in it. And you're just this ref trying to – you know, you're trying to get your 10 right. You're trying to get – you know what I mean? Like it'd be tough. It'd be super tough. Um, is Fittler telling Porkies in regards to RCG, did uh, New South Wales change the way they play from game one to game two? I think they did. 
I think they did. Yeah, I think it's pretty evident that they did. I yeah. think you can just tell by the selections that he brought in that they have changed. Mm. Um, should the uh, should NRL post twenty minute highlight vids for Inglis and Benji? Why don't they already exist? Um, I don't know. Good question. Maybe they should. One of the best things I've ever seen was on Fox Sports once, and it just had a show of all of Inglis's tries. Mm. His first one to his last one. And I was just in heaven. They've got a they've got a thing on car at the moment that's like they pick a like <laughs> a, a legend, and it just goes through straight highlights of them. Like mm. I, I watched one on Nigel Vungana the other day. It was unreal. Mm. Vungana. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't put together more like singular. I think just, it's something that we need to do better in rugby league. Like, like you look at the way that the NFL and other sports do it over in America. Like yeah. how they how they document whatever's happening or mm. highlights, whatever the hell it is. Like we've got so many good stories to tell. Yeah, we don't tell any of them. Yeah, no, nah, agreed. Uh, this is from Jaime uh, Jaime Jaimea. Uh, do you think Fogarty staying at the Titans this year would have put them close to the eight? Absolutely. We <laughs> speak about it every week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You mustn't listen to the podcast because uh, <laughs> we speak about that every single week. Uh, Broncos premiership threat next year are adding Walsh to the spine. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think you could, uh, you could make the... Oh. I would say yes, as a neutral. Another year of Carrigan, another year. If they stay injury-free, they, they get lucky with injury, then they could be a premiership threat next year, yeah, in my okay. opinion. Yep. Uh, is Garrick a better wing, a better at fullback or wing? That's another bloke I want to shout out. Garrick has been absolutely outstanding this year. Outstanding. Yeah, um, yeah look, I think he's a better fullback, but obviously you've got Tom Travojevic there. I mean, I tell you what, if he ever does want to get more money and there is a club looking for a really solid fullback that can do a similar kind of job to Dylan Edwards, it's Ruben Garrick. Yeah, like, for sure. They don't play the same, but they get through a bunch of work, minimal errors, uh, deceptively quick. Garrick would be my man if I'm trying to find someone for not not too cheap, but like won't break the bank. Goal kicks at eighty percent. Yep, absolutely. Uh, why not? Not getting picked for game three. I'm still yet to be convinced, and that is from uh, Unquenchies. I'm still yet to be convinced that he will not be on the bench. What do you think, Guru? Yeah, I don't think he will be. But <clears throat> if he is like you, I really won't be surprised. Mm. Yeah, but I, I think they're going to go with Siffer. Uh, who finishes top four? Uh, I think it's almost – if Sharkies keep this up, you can lock in what the top four is, what it's going to be at the end of the year. It's pretty much Sharks or Brisbane, isn't it? Yeah. The, the I mean, look, the other ones could come out of nowhere, like we, as we know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just think – because, like, right now you've got Sharkies on 24 points, Bronx on 22, Eels on 22, Rabbitohs 20. So, look, Rabbitohs, Eels and Bronx could make a push. Rabbitohs draw – Tough. It's insane. For yeah, okay. Home. If they manage to get to the top four, they've done incredibly well. So Eels could push for the top four. Yep. So, yep. yeah, it may change, but I, I think right now, the top four that it is, that's what it's going to be at the end of the year. Um, can South make top four? They can. I don't think they will, though. Um, but if they do, how good? Uh, what else we got? Penrith are 10 points or more clear of every team outside the top four. Can anyone stop them? I mean, right now, it is... Uh, it is not looking like anyone will stop them. But seriously. you know what? You know what? We said this last year about Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here we got a question. Why was nothing said about Latrell going third man into a stink? <laughs> oh, God. Are you serious? Oh, my God. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, bro. Fuck. All right. You can just drop that elbow on his head. <sighs> Sweet. 
My God. Mm. Anyone else runs in there, we're not even talking about it. It's a Latrell thing. Oh, mate. Far out. Has a premiership window gone for the Raiders? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty evident. I think so. Yeah, absolutely, unfortunately. Um, doesn't mean that they can't fight it back. They've got a really good young roster. Um, you know, Fogarty hasn't played many games with Whiten at all, really. He's for like one or two. Uh, Savage has got... Seal, Savage's ceiling is, you know, incredible. But I think for them to be premiership threat, it's going to take at least 24 to 36 months. Yep. At, at the least. That's as in best case scenario, in my opinion. Um, retro round jersey, shoulder charge, Biff, five men in the bin, let the boys play. <laughs> Dang gross. <laughs> Would be good. Would be good. Um, should Sheens take the coaching role? We've spoken about that. Are the Dragons now a one-man team? Ben Hunt, Lord and Saviour of the Red V. I would say I will... I tell you what, they're not going anywhere without him. That's for sure. Yeah, that's. I wouldn't say they are a one-man team, but if you came heavy in the paint with that argument, it'd be hard to push against. <laughs> yeah, you. seriously. Uh, prettiest Bronco in two thousand twenty-three: Reese Walsh or Jordan Ricky? Uh, gonna have to say Reese Walsh. Those eyelashes won't quit. <laughs> won't quit. Um, most underrated, underhyped player at each club. Jeez, each bro. Each club. <laughs> <laughs> How much work you want us to do, bro? Um, <laughs> Hey boys, besides Penny, uh, what do you, what do the other teams in the eight need to show to win the comp from Reese Bond? Again, that's a lot of work, bro. It's a lot, but I think the big difference between Penny and the rest of these sides is their defense. Yeah, line it's speed just is just crazy. Way. And you look at who's the most improved defensive team: the North Queensland Cowboys, probably the team we've spoken about the most today. So defense, yeah. I'd say. Um, do you see Tom Dearden being a target for New South Wales Blues to score points on? Not really, to be honest. I mean, I think they'll test him as a rookie. But his defense is outstanding. He can handle himself. I think we all know the target's going to be Nanai DCE. Yeah. Um, they're both, you know, well, Nanai's a rookie and obviously DCE's edge. Um, should Latrell get six weeks for Clemmer being sent off? <laughs> <laughs> that was from heavy conditioning. It is, honestly, that's what it's getting to. It's getting to, to that point. It's getting yeah. to that point. Um, where do you think Will Kennedy rates as ball playing fullback? Mate, he is slick. Will Kennedy... When we talk about underrated, he's right up there. Right up there. He's so yeah. slick at the fullback position. Top 10? Ball playing, just ball playing. Just ball playing? Yeah. Top, top uh, five? I was going to say seven. Seven? Yeah. It's like I'd argue he's got probably better ball playing than Teddy. Uh, I reckon he looks better as a ball player than Teddy. I think Teddy just does it. Looks, yeah, okay. Looks a bit unorthodox. Would you rather Reese Walsh or Will Kennedy as a ball player? Probably Re- well, Kalen would be probably my number one okay. ball player. Yeah, Reese Walsh. I'm trying to think who else? I think I'd have Drinkwater probably. <laughs> yeah, Drinky, Drinky would be up there. He'd definitely be top seven. Yeah, top two, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I could get him in the five. I'd have him in the seven. Yeah, and we're specifically talking about ball playing. We're not yeah. talking about the rest of the game as a fullback. Um, Kyrgios's Wimble achievement, incredible, incredible. Um, do you think Matt Burton would make the Australian squad if it was named this week? I think he'd make the squad. Um, I think he'd definitely make the squad. Not the team, though, I don't think. Wouldn't be surprised if he jagged like a, a bench spot, potentially. Hmm. Yeah. Because like we're obviously gonna, there's gonna be like you've got Harry Grant over Harry Grant. Yeah, I guess yeah. But but you'd also have a number of guys that like like your um, Toto and these sort of guys that aren't going to be there. So th- there will be a few spots there. Mm. He's the sort of guy that if Penrith win a comp this year, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he manages to find a way into that mm. kangaroo side. Sorry. I think you'll get in the squad. I don't think you'll get in the side. Mm. I, th- I think he might make the squad for sure. If I was picking a kangaroo's side tomorrow, I'd still have Ben Hunt as my 14. And Grant at nine? Or Cook at nine or Appy at nine. Probably, I'd, have Grant. I, I, I'd definitely have Hunt though. Oh, actually, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to this one. That's a tough one. Tough one. I can't wait until we do get an answer to that. Yeah, I know. The season's going to be What a tough... Who's slaying nine for Australia for you? Harry Grant. Who's slaying uh, nine for Australia still, for you? Still, still got cookie. You still got cookie? I still got cookie, yeah. Yeah. You know what? This game three could really decide it for me. Yeah, it probably will. It really could s- decide it. Um, I, I'm still unsure. Are I'm still we unsure. Fig- like, could it not be Ben Hunt? I was going to say, Ben Hunt at nine, Harry Grant at 14. I also think that if Penrith do win a con, I think, I think Appy's getting close. I think people are starting to... I'd put... Look, a Ben Hunt at nine with Munster Cleary, that's pretty fucking hectic. Mm. That, is, that is hectic. I'd, yeah, you know what? I'd even consider putting him at nine, eh? And then what, Grant? And Grant at 14. So, yeah. so Cook not on the side then? I'd consider him. I'm not saying I'd do it. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that it's, it's not as crazy as you think. I, I think Cookie's an 80 minute player. Like yeah, I, but, and yeah. that's the thing. I, I, but, but I think you're, I think we're better off having two nines. I think Origin's been pretty evident for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Um, all right. I think that's us done. I think it's, we've got anything, anything else going on? No, I don't think so. We're Dunsky. Dunsky's, guys. Uh, make sure next Wednesday, 6 p.m. 10 hoodies are dropping. 10 hoodies and trackies. Limited amount. And we've got bloke beanies dropping as well next Wednesday. Make sure to grab a case of bloke in a bar from your local. We're in every single Liquor Legends. The, the bloke midi is in every single Liquor Legends. Uh, and the OG bloke is in every single Bottolo. Uh, celebrations, IJ Plus Liquor and Porter's Liquor in New South Wales and ACT. Plus it's in every single Celebration Superstore in Queensland. Plus a bunch of other stores as well. So go to blokeinabar.com. You put in your postcode. It will give, us, give you your nearest stockist. Uh, Guru, got anything going on? No, not so much, mate. Just excited for Origin this week. All right. Uh, that's a week done and dusted. As usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. <laughs>